You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Monday, September 25th, 2017. Hello again, everyone. I'm Ariel Hawani back inside our New York City studio. So great to be back here with you on another lovely, scorching hot afternoon here in New York City. Hope you had a wonderful weekend like I did. A happy new year to all my fellow Jewish brothers and sisters out there. I was in Montreal for Rosh Hashanah. It was a great time. It was a fun time. It was a hot time. It was a lovely time as far as the temperature was concerned. It was also a lovely weekend in the world of MMA. It was sort of a quiet one as far as the buildup to it. But in the end, one of the more enjoyable weekends in the last few months, at least in my opinion, you had the UFC in Japan on Friday night. You had LFA with some great performances. You had Bellator with one of their best shows of the year, in my opinion, on Saturday. Some fantastic performances. Aaron Pico finally gets his first professional win. An amazing KO. One of the best of the year. Gokan Saki gets his first win in the UFC, his first pro MMA win as well. OSP with his third Von Flu choke, or is it the Von Pru choke now? Uh, we also had Jessica Andrade and Claudio Gdalia with a fantastic performance by both. Great win by Jessica Andrade. What else? Andrea Lee, victorious again. Paul Daly with a fantastic knockout against Lorenz Larkin. Roy Nelson successful in his Bellator debut. Patricky Pitbull successful. I mean, all kinds of things went on this past weekend. There's so much to discuss, so much going on, as always, in the world of MMA. We have no time to waste right off the top. Let me run down today's lineup because we have a lot to get to and we have a guest standing by as well. He is very kind to be joining us at a very late hour. So 4.05, we're going Rick's Picks. We're going Aaron Pico at 3.45. Talk about his first pro win. Can't wait for that. Mickey Gall is going to be joining us in studio at 2.45. Where's Mickey Gall been this year? Completely under the radar. Matt Brown announces retirement after his next fight late last week. He'll be joining us to talk about that at 2.25, 2.05. Kamaru Usman will stop by for the first time ever on this program. Rising welterweight star. 1.45, Ray Borg will be on. Can't wait for that. Talk about 2.16, pulling out a 2.15, all that stuff and more. Luke Rockhold will stop by at 1.25. Looking forward to that. And of course, at around 4.30, we'll be taking your questions, answering your questions and comments. Also put up a poll earlier today over at MMAfighting.twitter.com, the MMA After Hour. Hit us up all show long using the hashtag, the MMA Hour. There is so much going on. No time to waste, as I said. But before Ariel really kicks off the show, it's your old friend, New York Rick, checking in with a word from NatureBox. We all want to eat better, but when it comes to snacks, sometimes it feels like delicious in a billion calories is put up against boring and tasteless, and there's really no in between. But it doesn't have to be that way. Up your snack game with NatureBox. NatureBox has over 100 snacks that taste good and are actually better for you. All snacks are made from high-quality, simple ingredients, which means no artificial colors, flavors, or sweeteners, so you can feel good about what you're eating. Last time we talked about NatureBox, I was mentioning my preference for the spicy, salty kind of snacks. This time, I've been on a bit of a sweet kick. Blueberry nom noms, white cheddar caramel popcorn, 
Big Island pineapple, the dried pineapple slices, delicious. And there's something for everybody. You're sure to find your new snack obsession at NatureBox. They add new snacks every month inspired by real customer feedback, the latest food trends, and professional chefs. Who knows better than the customers? Who knows better than the professional chefs? You're getting the best of the best. And it's so simple. Just go to naturebox.com, choose the snacks you want, and NatureBox will deliver them right to your door. And there's no risk. If you ever try a snack and you don't like it, don't eat it. NatureBox will replace it for free. Plus, right now, you'll save even more. NatureBox is offering fans of the MMA Hour three free snacks with your first order when you go to naturebox.com slash MMA Hour. That's naturebox.com slash MMA Hour for three free snacks with your first order. Up your snack game. Pack lineup today, but first, let us go to the phone lines. Standing by right now, one of the big stars of the weekend. Everyone talking about the successful debut of one Gokan Saki. I mean, this was amazing stuff. Highlight real stuff. Everyone buzzing, including UFC President Dana White. And Gokan Saki is so kind that he is joining us right now, still in Tokyo, 2 a.m. right now over there. And he is kind enough to stay up and join us on the program. Can't thank him enough for that. He is on the phone standing by. Let's go to Gokan Saki right now. Gokan, are you there? Hello, how are you, my friend? Everything okay? Everything is great. I really appreciate you you staying up. Is this is this weird for you? Like, are you really tired? Are you struggling considering it's two a.m. in Tokyo right now? Yeah, it's two a.m. and uh, I was uh, I was waiting, but uh, no problem, man. Always, uh, always open uh, for a nice interview with you. I I appreciate that very much. Um, so there's much to discuss. First off, right off the bat, congratulations on a great debut. Looking back now, a couple days later, I know you got the win, but are you are you happy with the performance? Are, are you is that kind of the way that you you wanted your first fight in the UFC to go? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I see the fight uh, many times back, and uh, I am uh, I am one hundred percent happy with the fight after two and a half years. Uh, uh, not fighting, uh, coming back in uh, octagon on this way for myself. I'm uh, really happy with what I show. And uh, for me, the most important thing was, uh, we all know stand-up is good. But uh, I was waiting for the moment. He was uh, trying to take me down and I proved myself. And uh, yeah, because of uh, these two, three situations, I'm very happy with the fight. You know. Were you surprised, Gokhan, that he didn't try to take you down sooner? Uh, no, I was. Uh, I was not surprised. He was also waiting for his moment, and uh, I was not giving him uh, his moment because I was uh, moving uh, good. So uh, I was I was showing left, I was moving to the right, and then opposite, you know. So it was for him uh, to uh, to try to catch me in the beginning. Later, uh, oh, yeah, he he gave me a right hook. I think it the first time he missed and uh, he, uh, he come uh, for the clinching, and he came in the situation and pushed me to the cage and. That was the first moment for me, and uh, I think I did a good job there, you know? Uh, you are no stranger to big fights. Uh, you, you you have 
close to a hundred kickboxing fights under your uh, under your belt. You've been around combat sports for a very long time. That's pro kickboxing, of course. Um, did this one feel different? Did you feel like you were kind of you know a young guy starting out? Did you feel a little more nervous in the back as you were preparing to make the walk to the octagon for the first time in your career? You know, uh, uh, I had, I was nervous, but there was the there was the feeling you need to have before a fight, and I really miss this feeling in my life. This last two and a half years, you know, this feeling was back, and because of this, I was hundred percent sure for myself, like I'm ready and uh, I'm sharp. So the the feeling was back, like. When I was beginning with kickboxing, this is a new book for me, and it really felt like this is something new. And yeah, I was shot, man. I was nervous, but good nervous, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked a little bit about uh, the cardio, and 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 that was a topic of discussion afterwards. Do you chalk that up to being away for two and a half years, or just the fact that MMA is a different sport than kickboxing, you have to use your body in different ways. It, it just, you know, the, the, the rounds are longer, or maybe is it both? Maybe both factors came into play. Why, why do you think that you got a little tired towards the end of the round? Look, I stopped like, uh, uh, my last fight for glory was in 2015 or 2014 with time and and then after that, one year later, I fight. So in the last three and a half years, I only fight one time. And uh, after my last fight in Dubai, I really stopped training also. So I start training again, like in February. And when I, uh, before I signed with the UFC, I was busy already training with the Jiu-Jitsu, with the wrestling. So I really start this year again training, and uh, even if it was a kickboxing fight, I'm always ready for three minutes. And now it was five minutes, and like I said, I, I start training this year, and this MMA condition, you cannot build up in a couple of months. This is really something... Uh, after every fight, you need to keep training and build up your muscle condition and your strength condition, you know. And even if it was a kickboxing fight, maybe I will get tired because I didn't train all this. I didn't train for a long time. So uh, if I see the fight back, the first three minutes I was good. And then after three and a half, four minutes, I start to get a little bit tired, but also the wind rust was playing again because normally if I, if I, uh, if I, uh, like the first time I uh, give him a knockdown, he go down and then he stand up. I, I only give power punches, you know? Normally with kickboxing, when I was training all the time, I keep thinking in the fight, faking combinations, but this time, because of the ring rust, also I was only giving power shots. Mm. You understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. And and now, now I start training again. So there was the first time. There was the opening fight. There was not even fifty percent from 
what is inside me, you know? This is the beginning. And I am, like I said, I'm really happy to be back uh, on this big stage, and I am ready to show many, many more things, man. Did he hurt you seriously at any point in the fight? Again? Did he hurt you at any point in the fight? Did you feel like you were rocked at all? Did you feel like you were seriously hurt at any point in the fight by Enrique De Silva? No, only uh, only uh, a moment I was uh, uh, hurt was the moment. Hurt is a big word, but I mean uh, he catch me with the elbow. And after the elbow, he gave me a left knee. It was the only moment I, I feel, I feel, I see, uh, I, I feel it. You know, I feel the elbow, and then it was, I'm a fighter when I, um, uh, when I get in the situations for me, it's all or nothing. You know, mm. and he hit me that moment, but I also put my hands down because that moment I want him to punch me, so I can conquer him. You know, ah, yeah. yeah, he catch me with the he catch me with the elbow that time, hundred percent, because I was trying to block his knees, and I was looking down to his knees, and that moment he gave the elbow, and I didn't see the elbow. Huh? You mentioned the power punches. Do you get the impression that your punches, power punches or not, are just that much more impactful wearing the four ounce gloves? Watching you on TV. I mean, it, it. I I felt the pain of the punches. Like you, you, you throw with such bad intentions. It seems like you are so powerful when you're throwing your punches, and of course, when you're landing them. Do do you, do you, did you kind of sit there and say like, wow, this is a whole other game for me now? Not having to punch with kickboxing gloves on, I'm punching with four ounce gloves. Every time I throw, it's just that much more impactful. Did you get that impression as well? Yeah, hundred percent. But still, uh, if your opponent. If, if you punch me and I see the punches coming, then you can take them, you know? In a combination, if I give you like a jump, left, right, left hook, if I give the left, right, so I block your eyes and I give the left hook, that will hurt you more. When I, uh, the first time he go down, after that I was throwing a lot of left hooks and uh, uh, single right hooks, you know? He, he knows what was coming. And this is what I mean with the ring was. If you keep combinate in a fight, that's the most difficult uh, thing what is for the opponent. There is a chaos coming from, you know. So the power was there 100%, but like I say, in a combination, there is more opportunity to knock your opponent out, you know. I feel the difference, 100%. Almost as impressive as the win, as the knockout, as the debut, was the celebration where you kicked your mouthpiece into the crowd. I loved it. What timing there? What precision? Is that something you've done in the past, or was that just in the moment? Yeah. Is that going to be a staple of your UFC victories from now on? That was just a feeling, man. I I, I watched this... uh, this uh, this uh, uh, situation also, I I, I spewed the mouth got out without looking. I touch him and I throw it and I kick. 
everything was there, you know. So it was a strange moment, and uh, there was something that just came out, you know. I was happy it was finished, and that's it, man. It was beautiful. Um, what about being back in Japan? I believe this was your first fight in Japan in, in five years. Did that kind of make the debut seem a little more familiar to you, to be in that arena, to be around those people? It almost kind of feels like, you know, if you're not fighting in maybe Turkey or the Netherlands, that was the perfect place for your UFC debut. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. Uh, it where everything starts for me with the K1 and um, I love Japan. Japan have a uh, Japan have a big place in my heart. And uh, uh, I used to fight in Holland, but there was a, there was a, too short, you know. This extra two three weeks I really needed, and uh, uh, I'm very happy it was in Japan. It's very nice here. The people love fighting. The people show a lot of respect, and for me. Uh, yeah, like I said, I open a new book and uh, I can write in my book everything starts again in Japan, you know. So this was a really special moment for me, 100%. By the way, I don't know if this is a crazy question, but would you consider going down to 185? Do you think that that would help you or do you feel like 205 is the perfect place for you? Honestly, I, I really don't think about that. Some people say this to me, but, you know, I fight heavyweight, and uh, I just need a couple of months to get uh, back to power. Yeah. To do a good uh, power training, and uh, then I think I'm uh, I'm good for the 205, man. This okay. is my weight. This is I, I always fight heavyweight. I fight heavy guys. And uh, okay, with K1 there was no clinching, so it was only uh, stand-up fighting. And uh, with MMA there is a lot of clinching and wrestling, so there you can feel the power difference. But I know what power I had before, and I am coming back, and I just need two, three, four months for this, and you will see a different uh, sacrament, more powerful and. Uh, much better condition. Just give me a couple of more time. Fair enough, fair enough. Yes. Um, does that mean that you want to return at the end of the year? Do you want to take the rest of the year off? Do you want to come back sooner rather than later so that you can, you know, keep the conditioning up? What's what's your plan now a couple of days after the fight? I am waiting. We are planning already uh, uh, to fight. We are uh, talking for a new date and uh, we can wait to fight in the U.S. So uh, I fight already one time before in uh, uh, Chicago and uh, I really like U.S. So I'm planning also to move into the U.S., start training there for a while. So I I hope to fight this season one more time. Where will you train in the U.S.? Uh, I really don't know. I, I think uh, I'm going to go to uh, Miami because uh, I am uh, training together with Salman uh, Darisha. He's, uh, he's uh, a trainer of Ilya Latifi also. And 
he lives in Sweden and in uh, Miami, so we have good contacts over there. I'm thinking uh, to go to Miami in the beginning and see what we're going to do there, where we're going to train, and uh, everything uh, is open uh, still, you know? But your plan is to move to the United States full-time? Yes. I okay. really want to move and uh, train there. Has the, uh, there is the place to be and uh, to train. There is uh, everything much better in my eyes, you know? Mm-hmm. I will be more busy there with the... Uh, with my uh, uh, career and uh, yeah like I said I think that is good man has the UFC already approached you or your management about the next fight is there anything more you could tell us about when you might return uh, not yet but I hope uh, ASAP you will uh, know what's going on what we're going to do next step do you have a perfect scenario, a, a date or a place or an opponent? Is there anything that comes to mind? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, I'm open. I'm ready. I don't have injuries and uh, I'm ready to uh, shop the world again, man. Uh, I, I was told that you actually stayed in, in Tokyo a couple of extra days. You've already started training again. You're not really taking any time off. Is that accurate? Yes, I uh, start training today again. Tomorrow I'm traveling. I uh, start the day a little of weights and uh, 30 minutes cardio. So uh, no injuries, like I said. And uh, still hungry, so I can't wait man, for my next fight. Uh, you also seem to get UFC President Dana White very excited about the victory. Did he reach out to you? I know he wasn't in Japan, but I'm wondering if, if you spoke to him after the fight. No, I didn't speak with uh, Dana yet. I didn't speak with nobody yet. Okay. Uh, honestly, no, I didn't speak yet. Um, I'm getting a lot of questions from your fans in Turkey, and they want to know when you're going back to Turkey, and if you have any plans of trying to get the UFC to put on a show in Turkey. Is that important for you? Yeah, that will be great. Uh, I mean, uh, Turkey is... Uh, uh big country with a lot of uh, a love for fighting with a lot of love for, uh, uh, for me also they always supporting me and uh, uh, I fight uh, four or five times in Turkey and it was always an amazing event and always sold out so I know the Turks they're 100% willing for the UFC and they will be amazing man why not um, last thing for you, Gokhan, and again, I really appreciate you staying up and, and coming on the show today, or I should say uh, late night over there in Tokyo. Um, when I had you on the show in May, after you signed with UFC, you said within a year you'll be you know, in the mix for the title shot. Do you believe, after your first UFC fight, that that is still the case? Have, have you changed your plans at all, or do you think that you're, you're, you're right on the, the proper course to being in that discussion in a year? Well, next year, this time, I'm fighting for the title. And I'm the champion. Wow. 
Next year, this time, you're already the champion. You're already the champion. Yes, next year. Next year, this time, I'm fighting for the title, and I'm going to take the title. I'm really happy, man. Um, I just want to say, give me more time. Next time, you're going to see already. Every fight's going to be big, man. I promise you. Are are you disappointed that it seems like John Jones is going to be away for a little bit? That he won't be in the mix at least for now. Honestly, this situation—it's uh, a weird situation for them. And, uh, uh, I was surprised. Honestly, I was like, I didn't believe it, you know, and. Uh, uh, I hope still for him that I would love to fight him. He's uh, he's, uh, he's a very good fighter, and uh, he's shown he's shown everybody again. You know, he's a very technical fighter, and people love to see him fighting. And uh, I would love to fight the best fighter in my life. You know? Yeah. All right. We'll see if it. If it comes true, if the prediction comes true for now, of course, Daniel Cormier is the champion. Some might say that that's not the best matchup for you because he's a wrestler. Uh, you don't seem to to care. No matter who's the champion, you think you'll be the champion in a year in a year's time, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. That's what is in my mind, and I know myself. I know I proved myself so many times. If I want something. And I love to do that. I will make it happen. This is something I see ten times in my own career, and now at this moment, this is this is my point. I want the title, and I'm gonna take it no matter what. Go Kentucky! I really appreciate the time again. Thank you so much for staying up. Thank you for coming on. And of course, congratulations on a thrilling debut. It was a real yeah. pleasure to watch you in there for the first time and, and, and to see you come out on top and the celebration. Everything about it was a lot of fun. So I tip my cap to you. Congratulations. Enjoy it. And looking forward to the second fight coming up later this year. You're welcome, brother. Thank you very much. And uh, we talk soon again, man. All right. I look forward to that. There he is. The Turkish Tyson, Turkish Tyson himself, I should say, Gokan Saki, with a phenomenal debut on Saturday. He addresses the cardio issues. He addresses getting a little tired, but in the end, he picks up the victory, and it was the perfect kind of matchup for him. An opponent who stood and trade, traded with him, an opponent who wanted to, for whatever reason, go toe-to-toe with him, and the UFC, especially considering the thin light heavyweight division, would be wise to continue to book him in those fights for as long as possible until he gets to the title fight, right? Until he gets to the big fight. We'll see if his prediction comes true. We'll see who's the champion in a year's time. But so far, so good for Gokan Saki. A lot of people in the UFC are very excited about his debut. All right, let's move along. Not this past weekend, the previous Saturday, Luke Rockhold returned. He looked phenomenal against Dave Branch. Bit of a maybe slow start, you could say, but ended very strong. He's back in the mix, reasserting himself as one of the best middleweights, you can still make the case that he is the best middleweight in the world, and he is kind enough to join us on the Skype machine. Mr. Luke Rockhold, hello there. How are you? Good to see you again. Good to see you too. Where are you today, Mr. Rockhold? 
I'm back home. Uh, my mom just got married this weekend in Santa Cruz, so uh, oh. I've uh, I've come back for for a minute, and uh, we'll see we'll see what's next. Mazel tov to your mother. Mm, thank you. Were you the best man? Were you uh, the ring bearer? What was your role in the wedding? <laughs> I uh, <laughs> me and my brother walked down the aisle. And oh, that's very nice. It was, it was a small wedding. It was just it was nice. Okay. Um, so you're back, you won, back in the mix. Would you agree with the assessment that Branch won the first round, that maybe you needed some time to feel him out? Maybe he came out a little more aggressive than you thought, and then, of course, you figured things out in the second. But would you agree with someone who said, including myself, that you lost the first round, that he actually did better than most expected? I, I'd say that I, I gave him the first round. Okay. Oh, you gave it to him. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Branch, Branch, you know, he, he had a lot of nervous energy. I think he did what he, you know, he fought his only, the only chance he had was to come forward and swing for the fences. Uh, you can tell he just, there was a lot of nervous energy and I was just like, I was, I was overwhelmed by uh, how, how hard he was committing. Um, he left himself open. I didn't exactly, you know, think that was his game plan, but, you know, he listened, he listened to his coaches. They could hear him. Every time his coaches would speak up, he would, you know, engage and, and just click into gear. Branch is a, he's a tough guy, but he's a bit of a puppet. You know, I think he listens. He needs, like I said before, he like, he really needs a motivational speech and his coaches are, they, they, they work with him well, I guess you could say. So you could tell that he's kind of listening to every word that they say and is reacting based on their instructions. You can feel that from him. I can feel it. Yeah, I can, I can hear it. I can feel it. Wow. Uh, he was just, you know, I could feel his energy kind of, you know, slow down at the end of the first round. You can't keep that pace up for five rounds. I don't care who you are. Right. Um, that, that's just not, that you leave openings, you leave holes and, and you know, you know, the calculated, the best people in the world, they don't fight like that. And uh, I, I just, I obviously over, <clears throat> over committed my last fight and I was, I was very set in the mindset of being patient in this fight and waiting for the opening and being precise. Uh, so I was, I was, that was my game plan. He, you know, tried to obviously run with it. Did he rock you towards the end of the first round? Like, were you seriously hurt? No, he didn't rock me at all. He didn't. He hit me. And if you could actually see, he hit, he, he hit me, uh, I, I overshot my uh, right hook and then uh, he rolled with it and hit me to the right. I actually posture up mid after like about a couple of shots and um, you can see me posture up, drop my hands and then he hit me a couple more times and I was like, all right, come here, <laughs> pull them in. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, then obviously I, I waved off my coaches. Everyone was a little, a little hyped up, but I, I felt fine. I really, yeah. I was very aware of the whole thing. Yes. That was a great scene. A great tweet by you afterwards saying, yeah, everything's under control. I got this in your mind on the stool going into the second round. Did you know that you could finish him there? Like, were you like, okay, this this has been fun, but it's time to get out of here? I could, I could feel him break a bit. I could feel his energy kind of get sucked out, you know, at the end of the first round. Um, it, it was definitely, I settle in, I get better as the fight goes on. And he was rushing so much. You know, I, if, if he wanted to play the distance game, I was happy with that. I was, I was content there. I think I would I would have picked him apart easily. But he was just rushing in, and he'd always rush to the clinch. And once we started clinching, I realized how weak he was. And, and so he, he just he kept that pace and that pressure, and he just kept rushing into the clinch, and I couldn't help but just 
take advantage of it, really. Uh, at that point, I told him, if it hits the ground, I'm going to make you look like a white belt. And I believe I did. Did you notice that he tapped due to strikes? Or did you think it was just a TKO? No, I noticed. I was aware. He was, okay. he was covering up. I was trying to find room to legal shots, you know, where I could, I could put him away. And, you know, he took a lot of punishment. And, uh, not many people are going to survive underneath me. Uh, I've seen his hand come up, and I think he took all he could take. There was a debate that it, it comes up every time something like this happens. Um, for some reason, there's like a stigma attached to tapping due to strikes as opposed to just tapping due to a submission. How do you feel about that? Like, like people have used as as an insult. Like I remember BJ Penn insulting, or at least in his mind, insulting George St. Pierre that he tapped due to strikes against Matt Serra. Do you think that that is a sort of a, a cop-out, a cowardly move? Do you think less of an opponent if you see that he taps due to strikes as opposed to tapping due to a submission? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not one to uh, judge too much. It depends on how much you talk. You know, I mean, if you if you run your mouth and you say this, you say that, and then you and you go out and tap. You know, that's kind of why I looked at him. I was like, did you just tap? You know, after you know, he he tried to beat me down pretty pretty hard on the build up, and then to tap out in that fashion was you know, I just wanted to let him know. You know, in a so, way, w- uh, go ahead, please go on, go on. I'm no, no, no. You're good. <laughs> um, in in a way, was this the perfect opponent for you? Like, did you feel this was the perfect way to ease back into things because you had been away for you know a month or I should say a year and what like three months? I think it was the perfect timing. I mean, timing was everything. I, I got to put myself in position in case something happens, and I couldn't right. wait any longer. I, I was waiting since June, July, August. Uh, no one would sign the contract. No one would step up. And I knew that obviously there, there are title fights coming and there's opportunities ahead. And, and if something were to happen, I want to put my name in the, in the, in the mix and, and make sure I'm ready. And so I, I got a fight. I got a top 10 opponent. I put him away and like nobody else had. Um, he hadn't lost in five years. I mean, before that was a, was a decision with Anthony Johnson. So I put this guy away in the second round. I'm thinking, you know, my, my thing is I go out there and I try to beat people like nobody else had. Did you feel rusty at all? I just wanted to be patient. I mean, that's that's my thing. Patience is everything. Patience, you know, leads to being precise. You know, if you find people's timing, and that's how I that's how I fight my best. This guy just just ran forward like an like an idiot. You can't do that. You you leave openings, you leave holes, and it's just it's not a smart way to fight. Uh, mm. But like I said, maybe this is only chance, and so obviously. He did it, so I felt fine, really. I just like to naturally you know, get that timing before I really engage and start putting it on. You had to spend uh, you had to spend a couple extra days in Pittsburgh, right? Because you had to beat the the hurricane. Was that that wasn't the original plan, correct? No, Hurricane Irma was a was a real threat at that point. So yeah, um, we were not going to hang around to see. I'm a Californian. I'm not going to. I'm not trying to experience <laughs> my first hurricane let alone the most powerful one in history, which they had built it up to be. So we jumped out uh, as soon as uh, when it was necessary. Not not just I, any I kind of... I Friday. Yeah, yeah but uh, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong, we, we went private plane to Pittsburgh, right? PJ? Hmm? PJ, come on. Wow, I didn't know you rolled like that. We, we find uh, opportunities. It wasn't too bad, you know, there's... 
got to be more well-connected these days. It's not sure. that bad. I'm doing pretty well for myself. So afterwards, so I, I thought, you know, obviously you got the win, you reassert yourself. Again, I think that you can make a case for you still being the best middleweight in the world. But I have a bone to pick with the post-fight interview. And it's not what you think. I had no problem with the intensity. I know I, I love the fact that you took things, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, under control. And, and, and it was like your message. You didn't really want to answer questions. You wanted to, you know, say what you wanted to say. But I had a problem with targeting GSP as opposed to Bisping. I felt like Bisping should have been the one that you should have been targeting, that he's running for you, whatever the case may be. But GSP is just the guy, you know, the opportunist taking advantage of a situation. You were trying to get him to pull out of the fight saying like, there's still time, you know, you're, you're, you're getting involved in something that you should not be getting involved with. Why not target Bisping? You never even said Bisping's name in that whole little spiel. He doesn't deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) GSP. So GSP is, he's, he's overstepping his boundaries. He's jumping into a world that he's not, he's not ready for. I mean, even if he were to win this fight, he's not gonna, he's not prepared to fight any of us. That's not going to happen. There's a, this this just doesn't make any sense, uh, and it's and it's annoying. It's is what we all work for is to to get to that title and to have that thing held hostage is uh, is frustrating. What you know the direction of the company is going, you know just feeding the people this bullshit. It's uh, uh you know I fight to get the title. I fight to be the best, and so there's there's two of them out there, and uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to hunt one down. So. Obviously, Bisping is is my first priority, and uh, if not, Whitaker Whitaker is there. So GSP said on this show uh, just a few weeks back that it's in his contract, and he signed off on this that if he wins the fight, he has to defend the belt against Robert Whitaker. You don't believe that he's actually going to do that if he wins? No, and I don't. I don't believe Bisping will either. I mean, he's ran this far. He's finally going to come up and get a payday. I mean, either way, I don't think any of them. Either one fights any of us. Uh, Bisping so, said last week on the show that there's a good chance he retires after the fight. So you think he he does that before fighting one of you guys? Of course. Did you hear those comments? What do you make that. of that? You know, it's, it is what it is. I've spoke my mind on it many a times. He he's not going to fight any of us. He's been running from the start. Uh, it's it's uh, he's scared. He, he really is. But you know what's funny is on the build-up to this fight, uh, Henry Hooft had noticed Bisping stalking his uh, Instagram stories and checking up on us and then made me kind of aware of it. And I checked, and of course, yeah, the guy's, you know, he's not thinking about us. He's, he's been all over our social. He, he's nervous. He's scared. He knows, you know, he, his time is limited. He's going to have to run. Like I said, I'll, I'm going to be there. I'm going to put myself on on that stage, on that doorstep. You're going to have to make a choice. Um, Bisping was on the show last week. As I said, I asked him about your performance. Just want to play a quick clip and have you respond to it. Here's Michael Bisping talking about your win last week. He's got to stop it in the second round. I thought, thought he looked very sloppy, if I'm honest. You know, uh, he has a problem with people that can box, people that can get inside. You know, I mean, he landed some good shots, uh, the other guy, David Branch. And if he had a bit more pop, you know, he, he could have taken Luke out of there. So, uh, yes, you know, this congratulations, job well done. He got the finish in the second round. But, um, you know, he needs to be careful because, uh, you know, a lot, there's a lot that could have been improved upon, let's say that. But as I say, well done. Good performance. So somewhat critical. It said that you were sloppy, a lot to be improved on. 
Uh, some advice from the champion. Your reaction. You know, he can think what he wants to think. I, uh, when a guy rushes forward and runs forward like that, you know, there's not as calculated as, as it should be. Um, I, I did what I had to do. I found my timing. I landed my shots. Uh, if he wants to think <coughs> that, that uh, I'm vulnerable in, in that realm or any of those realms, please, you know, sign the contract. I'll be ready to go. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, if Bisping were to sign a fight with me, I would promise you in the world, I would, I would, I would bet on it that I will not shoot for one takedown. This would be a purely a stand-up fight. I'd give him every opportunity to get back in and implement his boxing, get in the inside, try all you will. I fucking guarantee you I will finish you on the feet. With all the holes in my game, I will pick you apart. Would it feel like a hole almost in your soul if you never get another crack at him that you don't get to right that wrong? No, I told it. I mean, I've, I've been outspoken. I'm ready to just get back to the top. I like I said, you know, he's uh, he's been running from the start, and he can run to the finish. Uh, I'm gonna do my thing. I'm gonna you know reestablish myself. The best men don't always win. That's the sport. There's too many variables in the sport. This is not boxing. We don't have a 10 second count. It's just things happen, you know. And uh, I fucked up, but. I'll go. I'll go reclaim my position and put myself on top. So, what what is the plan now in your mind? Are you just going to prepare for November fourth as if you're fighting and hoping that something happens there? Um, have they opened the lines of communication about maybe a fight on that card where you're fighting, you know, a Romero or someone like that? What what is going on right now, or at least what is your plan and hope? My plan is to get healthy. Obviously, first of all, I've got French checked me one time, and I, and I might have a little fracturing my foot from another kick I threw. But, um, so I'm waiting on that, trying to stay off my feet and let that decompress. Uh, so we'll see what the time frame is on that. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to stay sharp, stay healthy and, and be ready just in case something happens. And I'll be ready to step in on, on any notice for that fight. Uh, if that's the case, see what the case is with Whitaker too. You know, if the timeline is, you just don't know what these guys are doing right now. Yeah, and then the fact that you know, probably you know either one of those guys won't fight any of us after November, so uh, everything's up in there. So I'm just gonna try to stay healthy, and uh, and I have some obligations in the meantime. Some things that you know keep me busy. So I'll like what? Like what? What do you got? Uh, we'll see. I just got some. I got some paychecks to collect. Oh, modeling. We doing the modeling thing. There might be a couple things. I don't know. I'm just okay. Just taking taking paychecks, buddy. Yeah. You know, I, gotta, I, feel I gotta I gotta sell my house. I got I got a property I'm selling. I got a, a lot of different things. I'm kind of in between on right now. So I'm just catching up with life. I put everything on hold and and, I'm, and uh, got a lot of catch up work to do. Uh, you say you're selling your house. Are you moving to Florida full time? No, I'm selling a property next to my house. I have a couple properties here in Santa Cruz. So selling one, I'm, I'm probably after another place i'll be out in florida here and there back and forth so considering how it went um two saturdays ago is it fair to say that you'll be doing all your camps in florida now no no i mean it it just 
it's about playing it by ear and seeing what the what the circumstances here are in town. I'm going to go over the hill here in a minute and go into AK and, and get some training and do what I can. So uh, I'm going to go see what see who's there and, and what the you know the timeline is for. I mean DC. I don't, who knows what he's doing? Is he fighting soon? Kane's still injured, and I just got to see what the environment looks like in, in the gym. Really, it's it's about I got to. It's an iron sharpens iron world, like we always say. And, yeah, uh, you got to have the the right tools in the in the gym. Any blowback from those guys? I mean, this was your first time not doing a camp there in a, in a very long time. Maybe the first time in your career. Was there any blowback? Was it awkward at all? Did you see Javier was in my corner? Bob Cook was in my yep. corner, and Daniel Cormier said he loved me on national TV. So <laughs> I think <laughs> I think our relationships are very well intact. All right, all right. Wasn't he supposed to be there? Wasn't he supposed to come out for the fight? Yeah, you know, he's uh he's got a lot of obligations these days, obviously, with all yeah. his with commitments within your world. So uh like I said, he's not always in the gym. He's got a lot of podcasts and T V shows and things and, and uh some some things came up and it wasn't it wasn't right. He couldn't make it, so would you be interested in Romero? I would be interested in Whitaker. I want. I want the title. Okay. That's. I want. I mean, everything is gauged to get to the title, to get the money. Yeah. I want money fights. And of course, that's what I'm here for. I'm 33. I'm. I'm 33 next month. I'm not. I'm not getting any younger. I, I want to set myself up, and and I'm not fighting for. There's little change, you know. I'm going for the for the real money. And that's right. what I want. Everything is structured. To, everything is structured to be there, and I'm not gonna. Like I said before, I want a path. I want. I want a direction. And with both with both titles being held hostage, it's there's no point in fighting anybody until they straighten things out. The UFC is so, they put up a title. right. The it's so wacky these days that I can even see a scenario in which Bisping fights GSP November and you fight Whitaker in December. Like it, it, there really is no rhyme or reason to anything sometimes. Exactly, and that's why you know let let things air out, iron themselves yeah. out, and, and we'll see. Do you feel like you're in a good place with the UFC these days, after everything that went on over the past year? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just fine. <laughs> that's not very convincing. I, I don't. I don't think we have any problems. Okay, you're in a good spot. Good enough spot. We're, yeah. We're, we're good. We're good enough. We're good enough. We're gonna see what what's to come. Like I said, I'm not ruling out light heavyweight either. We'll see. We'll see what direction I go in, depending on you know what direction DC goes into. Yeah. Do you think if DC wasn't around at light heavyweight that you would actually go up there at this point, just because it's so wide open? You're such a big middleweight. I mean, is he the only thing stopping you at this juncture? Obviously, I'd, I'd like to uh, finish my business here at middleweight, but I. I'd, I've been thinking about it for a long time, and uh, you know I'm a lot more explosive. Um, the weight cut is, is definitely affecting me. Uh, in there, it takes time to kind of shake off that that nerve and get your get the feel back. Um, but, uh, so I, I feel good. I light heavyweight. I feel great. I do just fine. Yeah. How bad was that weight cut? Uh, never easy. Like I said, it's never easy. Was this one of the worst? Uh, yeah. No, um, I wouldn't say it was one of the worst, but like I said, it doesn't get any easier. As you get older, your bones get thicker. 
Yeah. And it's, it's harder to cut the weight off. So you think at some point you will be moving up? Uh, yeah. At some point I definitely will be. Okay. Um, all right. For now, you're still at middleweight, right? The next fight would be a middleweight, I would imagine. You're not fighting DC for the belt. That'd be wild. Imagine. Could you imagine that? You versus DC for the light heavyweight title? Our minds would explode. Not happening. How about your warriors drawing the ire of President Trump? I wasn't aware. I didn't catch up on that, actually. What happened? You're not aware of this? Where have you been? No, I've been on a bit of a whirlwind the last week. I've been pretty consumed. Well, Stephen Curry said on Friday that he's not really interested in going to the White House. And then on Saturday, President Donald Trump said, guess what? You're not invited to the White House. We're taking back the invitation. And this caused a massive firestorm where LeBron James called the president a bum on Twitter. Now all the NBA players are uh, sticking up for the the Warriors. And of course, the NFL players are kneeling down because he called them sons of bitches and said that the owners should fire, should kick them out if they kneel down. As, as a player on your favorite team, the 49ers, um, last year, Colin Kaepernick started the trend protesting yes. police brutality yeah. and uh, racial inequality. And so it's turned into this whole thing. But the, but the Warriors, you know, he specifically referenced Stephen Curry in a tweet. Oh, said, I think I've seen that. I didn't, I didn't understand the, the stimming from the Warriors. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The Warriors sticking up. Steve Kerr, Draymond Green, sticking it to the man. Yeah. How about that? Wow. Good for them. Good for, Good for them. <laughs> Things are pretty chaotic these days. You know, I'm yes. not a big fan of where we're going. Yeah. Well said. Luke, I appreciate it. Welcome back. Congratulations. And uh, I hope it all works out. I hope you get what you want later on this year. Something. Something will happen, I'm sure. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Luke Rockhold stopping by. Thank you very much. Yeah. Him. All the best. Still, in my opinion, one of the very best middleweights in the world. You can make a strong case that if he fought for a title sometime in the near future that he would regain the title. I, I still, I, I think back to Luke Rockhold fighting Lyoto Machida. I think back to um, Rockhold fighting Chris Weidman. Uh, that Luke Rockhold, the Rockhold who fought Michael Bisping in Australia, remember saying to myself like that guy if healthy and injuries have have played you know have played a role in the past especially more earlier on in the strike force days if healthy that guy there's no stopping him he is without a doubt the best middleweight in the world and then of course he slips up against michael bisping uh, that has been talked about ad nauseum comes back year and change off a bit of a slow first round against david branch but as he said, he kind of let that happen. He let him shoot his shot, felt a lot of nervous energy, and finished him in the second round. So Luke Rockhold is back. I'm very curious to see what happens. Bisping versus GSP is set for November 4th. Robert Whitaker said after his win over Yoel Romero that he would be ready and willing to return to action in around December or so. I could definitely see a scenario in which they go back to Robert Whitaker and not wait for a title unification bout and just do a Robert Whitaker versus Luke Rockhold fight. Would anyone A, hate that? And and honestly, would anyone be surprised if that happened? I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised with the way things are going these days. There really isn't, when it comes to like the biggest fights, when it comes to the title fights, 
when it comes to the fights that they think are going to generate the most amount of money, there isn't much rhyme or reason. That's the way the UFC is is kind of operating these days. They're trying to make the biggest fights possible. Uh, rankings be damned, everything else be damned. You know, that 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 old UFC model, you know, where Yushin Okami is getting a title shot against Anderson Silva isn't really in play these days, unless there's no other option. But if there is an option that could sell more than the guy who is standing by, or if they need to do something quickly, if they need to headline a show, you know, with a title fight, a la UFC 216 before the flyweight title was moved to that, they'll make an interim title fight. Now we've seen that time and again. And and by the way, since we're talking about December and since we're talking about, you know, a potential end of the year fight, let me just quickly address the 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 Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz stuff. I woke up on Sunday morning to a flurry of tweets, a flurry of questions, a flurry of 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 people a, f- a flurry of people um asking me whether or not a report out of Europe stating that Conor McGregor would be fighting Nate Diaz on December 30th was a done deal. Asking me if this was true. And I wrote a bit about this on on Twitter on, um, on Sunday night. Long before Mayweather McGregor happened, I told you, Adi Attar told you, John Kavanaugh told you along the way that the plan was for Connor to come back, there was some some questions as to whether or not he would actually even come back. The plan was always no one ever said, ah, we might not come back. Ah, we have to consider it. No, they always kind of said unequivocally that he would come back. And that the plan once he did come back was to fight Nate Diaz. Again, as I just said, that's the biggest money fight. That's the fight that can make the UFC the most amount of money. That's a fight given Connor's popularity and Nate's popularity, that's a fight that makes around, I don't know, it generates around like 2 million pay-per-view buys. I think at this point, I think that's a, I, I, I would set the line at 1.5 easy, if not higher, maybe even 1.7, 1.8. That is without a doubt, regardless of weight class, regardless of belt, any scenario out there, that is the biggest fight that the UFC can make right now because of who Connor is and of course because of who Nate Diaz is. Any fight that Connor is in right now does over a million. But because of that rivalry, because that fight seems to have transcended the MMA bubble and gone into the regular sports world, like every time anyone talks about Connor, they just reference the Nate Diaz fights, like right off the top. They reference the submission by Diaz, they reference 202, the win. In five rounds, the decision win for Conor McGregor. So that's the biggest fight. There's no question about that. Now, fans may say, oh, you know, Nate Diaz doesn't deserve a title shot. Again, in this day and age, like we're not playing by the same rules. That's the biggest fight that the UFC can make. And that's the fight that they had sort of earmarked, penciled in for December 30th, if they could get all their ducks in a row, if they can get the stars to align. All right, it's September 25th. The clock has not run out, but the clock is certainly ticking. To address it right off the top, any report stating that that is a done deal is way too premature. I mean, it is not even close to that. Again, that's what the UFC wanted. That's what Conor wants. And there's no question about it. That's what Nate Diaz wants. I mean, he's just kind of chilling. He's made a lot of money. He's just waiting for his time to come back. His number gets called to fight Conor McGregor because that's the most amount of money he can make in a fight, a Conor McGregor fight. So that's 
That's the fight that everyone wants, but the stars need to align here and they have not aligned. There is no deal. Uh, you can rest assured that Nate's going to try to, you know, get the most amount of money possible. You can rest assured that even though Connor has four fights left on his UFC contract, he's trying, I mean, he's in a much different tax bracket now than he was when he signed that deal prior to UFC 194 against Jose Aldo. I mean, you, you, you might as well just rip up that contract. He is on a whole other stratosphere. And so they need to figure that out. Can they get it done? We'll see. Uh, if I'm them, I wait until the Tony Ferguson, Kevin Lee fight happens. I don't think that the winner of that fight gets Connor, but you know, crazier things have happened a long way. So let that situation play out in less than two weeks and then kind of assess the situation. I still feel like the Nate Diaz fight is infinitely bigger than any other fight that they put for Connor. Um, and, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if they get it done and, and it happens December 30th, or if it happens in early, you know, uh, 2018, first quarter of 2018, maybe uh, Super Bowl weekend, some card like that. Who who knows? You know, I mean that that's you know Connor could fight on any weekend. It doesn't have to be a special one. Just witness the 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 Mayweather fight was not on some kind of special weekend. It was just a random weekend, and 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 you get him back in the mix. But that's the fight that they want. Again, to reiterate, any report stating that it's a done deal is false. I mean, we all knew that that's the fight. We all knew that that's the fight. We all knew that that's the fight that they all wanted. I mean, everyone's been pretty clear. Everyone's been pretty open about what they want and what they think is the biggest fight possible. Um, Dana White went on Twitter, I believe. I can't read it myself, of course, because sadly I'm still blocked, but I did see you know, the screen grabs and the reports and all that saying that it's not true. Uh, sometimes he doesn't tell the truth. This time he is, in fact, telling the truth. Um, the, that fight is not, is not done. So I, I'm assuming that some report was just made, you know, knowing that that's the fight that they want and just kind of shooting their shot and hoping for the best. And, and, and maybe when the fight, this, this happens a lot with these reports, maybe, you know, in three months when the fight gets made, they could say, ah, oh, I told you, you know, I was the first one. As of right this second, there is no deal in place for Conor McGregor to fight Nate Diaz on December 30th or any other date for that matter. Would they like that to happen? Would, would, would Connor be open to it? Would would Nate be open to it? Yeah, of course. We've we've said this already, but there is no deal in place. So everyone was freaking out. Um, I, I was I was in Montreal and, and driving home um, with my family, and I check on Twitter, and I have like you know a billion messages. When are you going to address this? When are you going to talk about the 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 McGregor Diaz report? I'm like, what report? What, what? There's there's nothing. We know that that's the working plan. Now they have to get the deal done. And something tells me that if they thought getting 202 done was a little tricky, this one might be even trickier. Just given where Connor is, given how successful that second fight was, given where Nate is. I mean, he's in no real rush. He made a lot of money for that fight. And, and we all know how much money Connor made. And Connor made a hundred, let's just say he made a hundred million for the Mayweather fight, give or take. And I've asked Showtime, you know, what's going on. I've asked them, you know, is there an update on the numbers, the pay-per-view numbers and, and and nothing back. But let's just say you made a hundred. Why rush back into things? Like why come back within, you know, four months or now it will be three months. It's amazing. It's been almost a month since Mayweather McGregor. You don't really need to rush back into things at this point. So that's the update on that. Hey everybody, it's New York Rick once again. This time I want to tell you a little bit about Dollar Shave Club. By now, everyone knows that Dollar Shave Club ships amazing razors for just a few bucks. What you might not know, and I didn't, 
is that Dollar Shave Club also has products for pretty much everything else I need in the bathroom. From body wash to shampoo to hair gel to lip balm, everything under the sun. As soon as I heard Dollar Shave Club had that other stuff, I was sold. When you go to the brick and mortar stores, there's too many options. You don't know the difference between one thing and the other. If you have any questions, the people at the store don't usually know the difference between the two things anyway. Dollar Shave Club makes it easy and convenient for you to upgrade your shave in your bathroom because they are experts in everything that they produce. Now you don't have to step foot in the store to get a high quality shave and grooming products. They'll deliver them right to your door. Just like with the razors, everything is super high quality and leaves you looking and feeling amazing. From premium ingredients to sophisticated scents, Dollar Shave Club is changing the game. If you're like me and you're sick of the nonsense at the store, now is the time to try out Dollar Shave Club. For a limited time, Dollar Shave Club is basically giving away their starter set to new members. For only $5, this starter set features their executive razor and three trial size versions of their most popular products that help you stay fresh and clean. In your first box, you'll receive the shave butter, body wash, and one white Charlie's butt wipes. You will also receive their executive razor, which includes the premium weighty handle and full cassette of cartridges. After the first box, replacement cartridges are sent for only a few bucks a month. This offer is exclusively available at dollarshaveclub.com slash MMA. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash MMA. Dollar Shave Club's high quality products will have you covered from face cheeks to butt cheeks. There's no better time to try the club. Do it now. Dollarshaveclub.com slash MMA. Now back to the show. Speaking of UFC 216, I mentioned the Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson fight I reported right before we went on the air that the Paige Van Zandt versus Jessica I fight has been scrapped. Paige Van Zandt suffering a back injury. In fact, our own Guilherme Cruz had an update from her team. Let me see if I can pull that up. Um, yes, here it is. It is, uh, da, 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 da. it is an intervertebral disc injury. Disc moved and doctor aligned it again, but it's sore and can't train for a few weeks. She can't train for a few weeks. She got her training in jujitsu, won't need surgery, but they decided to pull out. They informed the UFC late last week. So that fight is off. I was told that there was some talk of getting Jessica I to fight someone else, but that's not happening. So now UFC 216 proceeds with 12 fights. That was without a doubt the best fight um, well, I won't, no, sorry, I misspoke there. That was one of the more intriguing fights. I don't know if it was one of the best fights. I, I don't think that that's an accurate statement, but one of the more intriguing fights on the card, it was the flyweight debut for Paige Van Zandt. It was Jessica Eyes, UFC flyweight debut. It was, uh, it was certainly an intriguing one considering the fact that Paige hasn't fought since December, considering the fact that Jessica I, um has lost her last four in a row. And I think she hasn't won in around two years or... um or so, what, what is, I don't, so that was an intriguing fight, but now it's off. And so UFC two, um, 216 will proceed with uh, 12 fights. Unfortunate, was really looking forward to seeing how Paige would look after we heard from her just a couple of weeks ago, she moved to Oregon. She's um, changing up her life a little bit. She's training with a new team, but unfortunately that will not be happening. So UFC 216 uh, proceeds with the main event. Interim lightweight title fight. 
Kevin Ferguson, excuse me, Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson for the interim lightweight title fight. And 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 and, and interestingly enough, the flyweight title fight, the official title fight is in the co-main event, Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg. And I asked uh, you guys on Twitter, I, I put out the question of the week, do you agree with the decision to put an official title fight in the co-main event under an interim title fight? And we'll go to those results a little later on in the program. But for now, let us go to the phone lines and welcome in our next guest, the man who will be fighting Demetrius Johnson on October 7th for the flyweight title. Ray Borg is joining us right now. Ray, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate it. Um, really excited to talk to you. So first things first, how are you feeling? How are things after, you know, you obviously fell ill in Edmonton a couple of weeks later. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. You know, I, uh, I, I came home, took some time off, uh, you know, let my body, you know, took, took like about a week off, you know, let, let the sickness pass and, you know, not try to jump into training and make it worse. So, uh, you know, I feel really good. Could you tell us, I, I believe this is your first interview since everything went down. Could you tell us what happened in Edmonton? What led to you having to pull out of the fight? Um, you know, um, what, what led me having to pull out, to the, pull out of the fight? <clears throat> I felt sick, uh, you know, going into the fight. And, um, you know, as, as the days passed, you know, my sickness just kind of got worse and worse. And, you know, it, it came down to the point where it wasn't one of those sicknesses that you kind of just tough through, especially in a championship fight you know, as a high caliber as this fight was. So the UFC doctor came in, um, you know, saw how sick I was and deemed me unfit to fight. What exactly was the issue that you were dealing with? I, I heard that your girlfriend had some sort of viral infection and then you got sick and you were throwing up. Is that accurate? Is that what you were dealing with? Um, it, you know, it's not that intense. You know, it's not like, you know, my, my wife gave me something crazy, but you might, uh, Everyone at Jackson's, even, you know, Greg Jackson himself came up to me and told me he didn't know, you know, he don't even know how I made it to fight week because Greg Jackson was sick as well. And, you know, my wife caught it before I did. And, uh, you know, it just everyone at the gym was just catching. You know, it was just a, the, the flu was going around. You know, a lot of people were, uh, were staying home sick. You know, I think what really intensified it is a lot of people were also trying to push through it. And a lot of people were, uh, were training sick. So, you know, it was just, uh, the flu was going around here in Albuquerque, you know, with the weather changing everything, it, uh, just so happened to be a bad timing. And by the way, I apologize. I said your girlfriend, of course, you're married. So we're looking at a picture of you right now wearing the wedding ring. So I apologize for that. Um, at what point, like when you when you did this stare down on the Wednesday when you went to the media uh, day afterwards, when you went to the open workouts on Thursday, like were, were you just struggling inside? I mean, uh, from from our appearance, it looked like you were just kind of getting ready for a fight. But how crappy were you feeling internally? You know, it, it started off like, you know, the plane ride over there, I was just kind of feeling like shit. You know, my, my body was aching really, really bad. And, uh, you know, it was just really, really hard. And it was just kind of things like, all right, it is what it is. You know, I'm probably just getting over, you know, a tiny cold or, you know, just, uh, the, just, the the atmosphere change. And then, you know, um, open media day wasn't too, too bad. You know, it, I was feeling a little, little uncomfortable and then it was it wasn't until open workouts that you know open workouts i felt like i was having to push through a hard hard workout like I, I felt like i was having to it was one of my hardest training days of fight camp and i was having to push through it so you know it, it, it was kind of on open workouts where i was really like hey you know this isn't this isn't quite right i'm i'm, I'm feeling absolutely horrible so after the open workouts, that's when we spoke. Um, what what happened then? Because it was just a few hours later that the word got out that that you had to pull out. What exactly were you dealing with? 
You know what I did, man? After open workouts, after I talked to anybody, I went to my hotel room and I slept. That was the key thing on on why I knew I was sick because I know my body very well. And I on fight week, I'm active. You know, I like to walk around. I like to hang out. And just whole fight week, I just slept. And, it, you know, it was unusual for me because I've, I've never been like that. I've never just been so dead tired on fight week, you know. And so it, it was like, I, after that, I went, I went to my hotel room. I slept, woke up, you know, started throwing up a little bit, feeling like shit. And it was just, you know, it was then when I was just, it was one of those things that had to be called. Um, were you at all thinking like, I can't believe this is happening to me. This is my big opportunity. This is my title fight. You know, what, 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 please, can you help me? Someone up above the MMA gods. Like, are, are you thinking that way while this is going on? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, for people to say, oh, Ray pulled out of the flight, fight, blah, blah, blah. People of the outside world need to riddle me this. Why would I spend five weeks day in and day out? Everyone knows here at Jackson and in Mexico how hard I work my ass off. Why would I spend day in and day out, you know, nearly, you know, just spending so much money on fight camp, you know, working my body to the bone, training nonstop, not being able to see my family. Why would I go through all that just to show up to fight week and not want to perform? Why would I want to show up on fight week and not get paid? for myself, my family, and, you know, and, and my future children. Like, why would I, why would I do that? So it was one of those things like, you know, shit, please, you know, please let this sickness pass. Please, you know, let them, let me fight and get me medicine, you know, something like that. It was one of those situations because I would not go out there all the way to Canada. I had all my family fly out to Canada just to pull out the day before. There was some talk, of course, uh, I'm sure you heard this, that it was a weight cutting issue. Was weight cutting involved with this at all? Not even a little bit, not even close, man. Weight cut was not even an issue. I have done way, way worse weight cuts. Any like, you know, that this was going to be my easiest weight cut. This weight cut, I went into fight week lighter than what I did when I went to Brazil. When I fought in Brazil and I made weight piece of cake, I went into fight week lighter by two pounds this time around than I did when I went to Brazil. And, you know, I've done, I used to do huge weight cuts back in the day when I first started, uh, you know, when I first got into the UFC, you know, people don't remember, I had no problem cutting weight when I first got into the UFC and, you know, they have it on record. I'm sure that they have it on record on what I showed up. I used to show up at like 138, 137 on fight week. My first like four, I don't know, my, my first four to five fights, you know, in the UFC and I made weight kick. Like nothing. I, I never looked depleted. I never wobbled on stage. So, you know, it, it was far from a weight cutting issue. So if that is the case, and, and I certainly believe you because everyone around you said the exact same thing. Why did you put out a statement saying that you were parting ways with perfecting athletes? If, if weight cutting wasn't a part of it, why, why even put that out there? You know, with, uh, with perfecting athletes, it, well, one thing people don't realize is it was far more than a weight cut. You know, me, you know, my statement, letting go perfecting athletes had absolutely nothing to do with the weight cut. You know, the women of perfecting athletes, they know their shit. They are so good at what they do. And, you know, they made weight cutting easy. It was far more in depth than what people really know about that. I would not like to make a statement uh, at this time about. Okay. So you don't want to clear the air on that because when, when your team and you said it's not a weight cutting issue, but you got rid of your, you know, nutritionist, your, your, your team that helps you with the weight cutting it seems like there's a connection there. Yeah. You know, that's that, unfortunately that's how it seemed because it was right after that yeah. we had parted ways, but you know, 
people are just going to have to watch for UFC 216 to, you know, watch me make weight, make weight to show that it wasn't a weight cutting issue. You know, like I said, the issue was far more in depth than in depth than what it what it seemed like. You know, people to the outside world, only myself, my camp, and my manager know what really went on and why that decision was made. So, you know, I, it's something I would really like, I would really not to like to touch base on, you know, at this time, maybe later on in the future. But, uh, you know, just UFC 216, just watching, you know, you guys will see that it's not a weight cutting issue. Um, will you be working with perfecting athletes for 216? No. Will you be working with another nutritionist for your weight cut ahead of the 216 title fight? You you know, I, I, I found uh, I found myself in a weird predicament. I, I, I found myself wanting to uh, just do what got back, what I did to get to the show. And, you know, when, when, I, when I got to the UFC, UFC fights prior, you know, I, I, I knew my body more than any nutritionist did. You know, no matter how many nutritionists I've worked with, I know how my body reacts to certain things. And I know the way I can cut weight the easiest, the best, and the fastest. And I tried to complicate things by adding in too many people just to make things easier throughout my career. So, you know, as of right now, I'm just doing, doing what got me to the show, doing what I used to do with a little bit of guidance uh, under Clint. Um, I, I can't pronounce his last name, but he is actually the nutritionist for the UFC Performance Institute. So, you know, just consulting with him, he's going to just kind of monitor everything, make sure I'm, you know, doing everything right. And, you know, I, I make sure I stay on my foods, you know, make sure – the biggest thing is recovery after training, things like that. But other than that, you know, right now where my weight's at, I don't need a nutritionist. I'm just going to do what I've done before. Um, my understanding was that the UFC doctor was the one who said, you know, this fight isn't going to happen. going to happen. It's it's you're 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 not fit to fight. You're too ill. Was that the case? And what was your experience like working with the UFC when this whole? I mean, this was a very big deal. This was the main event. You know, refunds happen afterwards. What was the experience like working with them on this issue? You know, it was great. Um, uh, it, it was my first time being in a situation like this. And the UFC doctor, he was just looking out for my best interest. You know, if he, if honestly, if it was a weight cutting issue, like people think the UFC doctor would have told Dana. And I honestly doubt Dana would even consider me ever getting a title shot if that was the case. But the UFC doctor was certainly just in it for the best interest of my health. He came in, examined me you know, deemed me unfit to fight, told me I was too sick to fight, that he couldn't in good conscience let me uh, be clear me to fight. And, you know, that's what happened. You know, the UFC has been great. You know, they've rebooked it to UFC 216. And, uh, you know, um, big props to the UFC doctors because, you know, all they were doing was looking out for my health. Uh, I saw like a couple of days later, you, you popped up a little bit on, on Twitter during the fight card on, 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 on that Saturday night, 215. What was it like, like going, I mean, I know fans can be ruthless and not really understand. I mean, you just said to yourself, why would you pull out of a fight that you've worked so hard? You're not getting paid. Um, did, were you just getting bombarded? Did it did it make you change your, your your approach to social media? What was it like getting on Twitter and seeing what people were saying about you and having to pull out of the fight? Um, you know, at first it made me really upset. I'm one of those guys. I don't know if you've seen Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Have you seen Jay and Silent Bob? Yes, of course. You know, course. at the end where they spend all their money and just go kick the shit out of everyone talking shit on the internet? Yeah. That was my thought process for about a day. And then I realized that, you know, it's a, it's a fight game. I realized... I honestly, I went on John Jones' social media and seen the bashing that he's get. Um, Henry Cejudo, I don't know if you remember, but Henry Cejudo broke his hand or whatever against yeah. Sergio Pettis, and people were saying, oh, it was a botched weight cut. You know, fans, I had to tell myself that fans are going to say what fans are going to say. They're very uneducated. They don't really know what's going on. So in all honesty, I have something to prove. 
you know, October 7th, you know, much more than just beating Demetrius Johnson. I have a lot to prove. So I've stayed quiet. I've stayed off social media. I rarely announced anything. You know, I announced that I'm having a baby and that's about it. You know, I, I don't need to play into social media right now. That's not, that's not what I'm here to do. You know, it, uh, social media will come after I win the belt. So I'm, I'm just focused on one thing and one thing only. Congratulations on the baby. When are you expecting? Um, I think we're expecting probably sometime around May and June. My wife has her first uh, appointment next week. So, you know, we'll find out then. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing time. And, and what a crazy month it has been for you with uh, that news, which obviously supersedes everything. And of course the drama of uh, two fifteen and all that, was there any fear in your mind that they wouldn't give you the title shot? Like, were, were you worried? Because I mean, even if you say the doctor said that you were not fit to fight, there is a chance that they could be like, Oh, we'll go with Sergio or Henry. Was there any fear at all? Or did they tell you up front right away that you're getting the title shot no matter what? Oh, you know, of course there was fear, man. I mean, why do you think I was so bummed out about this? Like, you know, this is like something I've literally been working my whole life to like literally like since the age I people don't, I'm only 24, but I've been in this game a very, very long time. since I was 13. When I got in this game, when I was 13, I was in this game. I wasn't taking beginner karate classes or jujitsu classes. I was in this fight game at 13. So, you know, to work this hard and get to the point where I want to be, when this happened, you know, of course, why do you think I wanted to toughen through it? Because, of course, I didn't know. I don't I didn't know whether or not I was going to get this shot. You know, um, you know, uh, the turn of events took a very, very hard turn. And it was just a shit day, a shit week. And I had no clue what was going to go on. And that's what, you know, I was just moping around my hotel room for like three days because I don't know what's going on. You know, they could have they could have very, very well. You know, Henry Cejudo looked good that night. They could have been like, oh, well, you know, let's give Henry Cejudo another crack at it or Sergio just be Moreno. Let's just give him a crack at it. But, you know, I'm very blessed and very fortunate um, to still have the opportunity to go in there and face Demetrius Johnson October 7th. Did you go to 215? Did you go to the card? Not at all. I stayed in my hotel room. What was it like? Because it's not like you're at home and you can kind of hide away, hide away from people. You're in the UFC fighter hotel. There's tons of people there. What, did you not leave your room or, or did you walk around and people are coming up to you? What was it like being in there for those couple of days? You know, I, it was, it was honestly like if I'd be at home sick, I mean, like I, I legitimately was sick. So I spent all, all weekend just laying in my bed, you know, trying to feel better, you know, pumping medicine down my throat and, you know, taking, taking, you know, Theraflu and things like that, hydrating a little bit, you know, just trying to feel better just so I can go home and plan for what's to come. So I just stayed in my hotel room relax with my wife, my brother, and I just try to get better. You know, I, I try not to pay too much attention on what happened that night because it would have just depressed me even more. But you know what? It is what it is, and I got through it. So you say that you have something to prove, not just about you know winning the belt, but you have something to prove on October 7th. What do you mean by that? Do you, do you have something to prove to the people? Like, let's be honest, the, the, the stretch over the last couple of years, you've had some, you know, some pullouts, some last-minute pullouts, things like that. Is that what you mean by just getting to the fight and showing up, by making the weight? What do you mean when you say you have something to prove more so than just winning the belt? I have something to prove to myself more than anybody else. I can give a damn what anybody else thinks about me. I have to prove to myself that I can compete with Demetrius Johnson and beat Demetrius Johnson. And, you know, given what I need to prove to myself is that I can take all this unfortunate luck that's happened to me. You know, people, that's one thing that people don't understand is everything that's happened to me goes way deeper than what people understand. People see it from the outside surface, you know, everyone in the media, you guys all see it from the outside surface. You guys don't see it from the internal surface, what really goes down. 
And, it, you know, it's been a really, really rough ride. You know, I, I had a great streak. Everything was going good. And then life happened, really. Life took an inter- you know, unfortunate turn for me. You know, I had some issues in life, uh, some family drama, things like that. And it just, you know, along with the whole fight, you know, my, my fight luck, it was just shit. So I have to go in there and prove to myself that I can take everything that everyone's saying about me, everything that's happened in last year, put it the fuck behind me and keep trucking forward. That's all I care about. People can, you know, people can say what they want. I really don't care. This is to me that I can have the ability. Cause that's the most important thing at the end of the day is having the ability to take everything that happened in the past, put it behind you and keep moving forward and not dwell on it and not let the fans make you feel like shit because this happened and this happened and this happened. Great. Look at how many times that happened. You know, look what happened to Kevin Gassum. Go Wikipedia, Kevin Gassum, go Wikipedia, you know, John Lineker. And what did they do? They put it behind them and they kept moving forward. You know, they had some weight cutting issues. They've had to pull out of fights. Ian McCall has, you know, had health issues and had to pull out of fights last minute, but you know, it's all about just keep trucking forward. And that's what I have to prove to myself. Do you feel like that, you know, that, that bad luck is gone. Those dark clouds are gone. Or do you have to actually fight to, to sort of get out of that? I think it's gone. I, I think mentally it's gone. It's just still having to fight my way out of that hole. I'm in a hole right now with whoever it may be. I don't even know who, the UFC, the fans, whatever. I'm in a hole right now. And it's about just climbing out of that fucking hole. You know, I feel like it's past. I have, I have a different approach going into UFC 216. I have a different approach going into life. And, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable with where I'm at mentally. So it's just staying strong and climbing out of that hole and, you know, showing everybody that I am here to stay. And there's a reason why I'm here. And there's a reason why I was chosen to fight DJ. And there's a reason why you shouldn't sleep on me. So, so you say that you have a different approach. Like what's the difference between the approach right now, less than two weeks away than less than two weeks away from 215? How have things changed over the past few weeks? Honestly, you know, sorry for the language, but being a fucking fighter, I got too, I personally felt like I got caught too much on, on it being a professional sport. Yes, we are a professional sport. We do get compensated for fighting, but at the end of the day, it is a fucking fight. At the end of the day, we go in there and we fight each other. We punch each other in the face. We are trying to kill each other in a cage. And it's remembering that that's what got me to the show is remembering that this is a fight. You know, you can do this. You can do that. You could be Sage North. Cause you can have the coolest fucking hair in the world. The most chiseled body. You could be, you know, Paige Van Zandt, the most marketable person, marketable person at the world in the world. But at the very end of the day, it's still about winning fights. And that's, you know, that's my approach going forward. That's the mindset I used to have was just going in there like a dog and willing to fight and let everything coming to me rather than me running to everything. So you feel like in the last, you know, few months you were treating it like too professionally, like you, you were just this, this polished athlete and now you have to go back to being this raw fighter. You know what, personally for me, yes. You know, some fighters can get away with that. Some people can play that superstar mentality that, you know, this is a sport and I'm the highest level. But like I said, I'll keep, I'll sound like a fucking broken record. This is a fight game. This is the fight business. To be honest, I miss when fighting was more fighting and that in my mentality, that's what it is for me. It's fighting, you know, I'm going in there to fight win or lose, man. You, you want to know the reality of it is that every fighter has every confidence that they're going to beat who's in front of them. But at the end of the day, you have to be a realist and know that things can't go your way. I know damn well things can't go my way for DJ. DJ knows damn well that things may not go his way, but at the end of the day, I am going to give Demetrius a dog fight. He, he, he is going to have to, if he wants that 11 title victory, 
he's going to have to work for it because I'm going to be in his face nonstop trying to win. And if not, you know what? That's all right because I gave him a dog fight and that's it. And I'm looking to go in there and win. So at the end of the day, this is fighting for me. By the way, DJ told us that he saw you on the plane ride home and you guys didn't talk at all. Did you Did you not feel compelled to say anything to him, to reach out to him? Yeah, you know what? No. So the thing is, like I said, I'm a realist. One, I wasn't feeling good at all. I really wasn't. And two, DJ has a family to feed just as much as I do. And not only did I take away my opportunity to be the pound for pound greatest person in the world, I also took away his opportunity to potentially break a record, you know, and I actually have respect for DJ as a fighter and as a person. So it was hard for me to go up to him. And and what am I supposed to say? You know, I, I can't, I don't ever go up to just any of my opponents and be like, Oh, Hey, you know, how's it going? How's life? You know, like I said, it is a fight game. It's, it's not that easy. You know, you always feel a certain way towards someone when they're trying to take food out of, you know, your, your family's mouth. But it was more of just me really not feeling good. Me not mentally feeling up to talk to him. You know, I, I you know, I felt bad myself taking his opportunity away just as much as I took my opportunity away. So, you know, I, I knew that we'd meet again and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll handle it then. Uh, last thing, are you okay with the placement on the card? Um, this isn't the main event anymore. It's the, the co-main event to the interim title fight. Are you okay with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I could fight at the beginning of the night. They could put our title fight, the very first fight of the night, and it don't matter to me. And the thing is, is the reason why I didn't look too heavily on it is because UFC 215 was, was built for us. We were the main event. We were the fight pushed. They just so happened to squeeze us into UFC 216 because this fight was already supposed to happen. So I'm just grateful to be on the card and to be able to still get this opportunity. You know, the fact that it's a co-main event, I don't care. You know, like I said, I, I'll earn my way back up to that main event if I have to. That's okay with me. I'm not going to bitch and cry like, oh, I didn't fight UFC 215 and I was a main event. Why the fuck didn't they put me on the main event of UFC 216? No, I'm not going to cry about it. You know, I... I, you know, I'll earn my way back up to that main event and I'm very grateful the UFC, you know, put us on to 16 to begin with. Do you wish you had a little more time or is October 7th okay? Is it a, a you know, a, a proper amount of time to feel healthy and, and, and get back ready for the title fight? No, I, you know, uh, you know, I don't need more time at all. You know, I was at the very, very, you know, best condition of my, of my life. You know, I had never been in that type of shape in my life. I'd never been that lean. I've never been that light in my life. So, you know, the biggest thing was just getting over the sickness. You know, I, I took the proper time, my coaching staff, more importantly, my coaching staff were the key to everything. Cause honestly, me personally, I was so mind boggled and so stressed out about this. I would have got off the plane and started training just because of how pissed I was. And I was like, you know what, I'm getting another chance, whatever. I'm going to make it worth my while. But my coaching staff were the ones that pulled back the reins. Like, look, Ray, you are sick. You need to go home. You need a rest. Don't leave your house just relax. So I did what they told me. I got healthy. I got better. And you know, for me, this is very new. Have like going through a whole fight camp fight week and then jumping into a fight three weeks later like this and not, well, like not fighting and then jumping in back into a fight three weeks later. This is very new to me. So I am very grateful to have the coaching staff that I do. You know, Greg Jackson even told me this isn't his first rodeo, you know, he'd had to do this situation before. So he knows how to train me. So I'm still peaking, you know, things like that. Uh, my strength and conditioning coach, same thing. I'm just very fortunate to have the coaching staff that I have behind me to make sure that I am properly still equipped to go into UFC 216.
I wish you the best, Ray. I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about this. Uh, good luck in the next couple of weeks preparing for the fight. And of course, good luck at UFC 216. Looking forward to seeing you out there. And again, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thanks, Ari. I appreciate it. All right, there he is. Ray Borg stopping by. He meets Demetrius Johnson on October 7th at UFC 216, the co-main event right under the Kevin Lee versus Tony Ferguson interim lightweight title fight. All right, I'm very much looking forward to talking to our next guest. He's never been on the show before, but he has been making a lot of noise. He has won six in a row in the UFC, 10 in a row overall, winner of the Ultimate Fighter just a couple of seasons ago. He's making a lot of noise in the welterweight division. Uh, Impressive victories in the cage, impressive on the mic, coming off a win just a couple of weeks ago in Pittsburgh. We're talking to the Nigerian nightmare himself, Kamaru Usman right now, who joins us via the Magic of Skype. Kamaru, how are you? Great, Ariel. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show. What took you so long, man? Yeah, you don't seem very happy to be on the show. Where's the smile? I see it coming there. There it is. What what took you so long, Ariel? Like, what's going on? I was waiting for a finish. I needed something spectacular, and you gave me something spectacular in Pittsburgh. That was it. We were waiting for a finish. Uh, I came into the UFC I with know, a finish. Yeah. Like, come I on, know, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you weren't feeling the love, right? You weren't. Now you feel like there's a lot of Johnny come lately who's like myself. No, nah, man, Ariel. You know, I mean, we've actually even shared workout rooms together, man. And, and you just, you know, you've been passing me up. You just, every time I go out there and dominate an opponent, you're just like, eh, you know, just like those casual fans, which I don't expect you to be a casual fan, but just like right. those casual fans, you've been putting me off to the side, Ariel. My I don't bad. know how I feel about that. All right. Well, now here I am. It's an olive branch of sorts. I'm trying to make things right. All right. All right. We'll, we'll start we'll with see. this. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Do you feel, though, that now you are starting to finally get that attention? Like after the win in Pittsburgh, does it feel like you've gotten everyone's attention? Um, I, I'm, I'm starting to get the attention of my people. I think uh, I think the Nigerian community, the African community is starting to, to get behind me. And um, and that that's really at the end of the day, that's really what I need to kick down any doors because, you know, the UFC, you know, they've seen the talent. You know, the people here that watch the fights, they've seen my talent. They know what I'm capable of, but, you know, they want to drag their feet. And there's a bunch of politics that, that's going on into this in this game. So, I, you know what? I don't really care. As long as my people are starting to see it, then, hey, that, that that's is good enough for me. What What kind of politics are you talking about? Man, it's politics, man. I mean, look at those rankings. Like, are you serious? Like... Do, do you, Ariel, do you think I'm the 12th best guy in that weight class, in the welterweight division? No, no. I mean, but you know about those rankings, right? You know, like, have you looked at the people who actually vote on the rankings? No, I haven't, which I, I don't know who does. And that's why I said they should be ashamed of themselves, you know, putting those rankings together. Like, that makes absolutely no sense. And we, you know, personally, not that I give a shit about the rankings, which I really don't, but for the casual fan at, at home that seem to be flipping channels and come across the UFC and they're like, oh, well, let me watch this fist fight and see what it's like. Oh, that guy's ranked 12th in the country? Eh, who cares? Oh, that guy's ranked second or third in the, in the world? Uh, okay, maybe he might be good. For them, it matters. You yeah. know, but for me, you know, it doesn't really mean shit. So if you were ranking that division, where would you put yourself? Top three. Top three, really? Top three. If not top three, if not top three, you know, I, I would say because, um, you know, I would say top three uh, are all coming off of losses to the champion, most of all. So I would say uh, no less than five. Absolutely no less than five. 
Okay, who would you put? Like, let's just say you're three. Who's who's two and one? I mean, obviously Woodley is the champion. Who would you put as two, and who would you put as one? Okay, obviously Woodley's one, and this is me being because I'm a realist. This is me yeah. being realistic, you know, numbers wise. If I had to really put them down, Damian Maya. He just fought for the title. You know, he ran off. Uh, you know, had the longest win streak before myself, and um, so I would put him as, as number two. You know, just coming off okay. of that, and yeah. then I would put um, Wonder Boy Thompson. Wow, coming off because you know because he's also coming off of a loss to the champion, fought him twice in in, in close fights. So yeah. I would put him at, at number three, and then I would put Robbie Lawler at number four. I mean, Robbie, you know was the king of the division before Tyron Willie took that title away from him. I would put him at number four. I would put myself at number five. Okay. And then, you know, I don't really care who else is below that. Yeah. Is there something to be said though? I mean, just throwing it out there, it doesn't feel like you, you could be upset at myself and that's fine. The media, the fans, but like, it doesn't feel like when you fight the UFC is really pushing you. I mean, you're typically fighting on either an undercard of a pay-per-view or a fight night card. That's not getting a lot of attention. Like you've yet to be put in that prime spot where you're getting, you know, the spotlight and the buzz and the media push and all that. Is that fair as well? Like, is it time for them to give you a little love too promotionally? I mean, you- you answer that question. I mean, do you think it's time for them to give me that? Yeah. You know, where is I, it? I, I've been ready for that. You know, I've been ready for that. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know whether they, they think, oh, well, he's from Nigeria. You know, we can't really, we haven't really broken to that market yet. We can't really, you know, sell a lot of uh, fights there or we don't have a TV contract there. So what's the point of pushing a guy that's from that area in, in Africa? And so, you know, I, I, I like to think that's what it is because it can't be anything else. You can't say that I don't have the skills. You can't say that I have the skills. You can't say I don't have the the confidence. I have that. You can't say I don't have the belief. I have that. I'm not the ugliest guy in the world. No. You know, I'm not. It's not that I'm not marketable. I mean, come on. You know, it it makes no sense uh, why they're not doing it, except the fact that they're like, oh, well, we haven't broken to Africa. So, you know what? There's no point in pushing somebody from there. Yeah, I don't know if that's. I mean, you you moved to the states when you were like five, right? I mean, you you're. If someone didn't know anybody, about eight, yeah, eight, yeah, okay. So, have you asked them what's taking so long? No, I haven't. You know, I I don't. I haven't had conversations with them as far as that, and that's something that I, I'm going to let my manager. I have a great manager, so that's something I'm going to let him take care of. You know, he does a good job of of communicating with them and and, and getting things done, and so. I'll let him take care of that part and I'll worry about what I need to worry about, which is my performances inside that cage. By the way, I was perusing online yesterday and speaking of Nigeria, there's an outlet um, in Nigeria. I think the name was called what was it, uh, the, the, the punch or something. I, I have to, I've never heard of this outlet before, but they reported that you are in fact fighting Mike Perry on December 2nd. Is that accurate? The punch. Yes. In Nigeria. Is that accurate? No, I think they're just speculating kind of like okay. everybody else has been speculating the last couple of days, you know, because that's a, a fight I think people want to see eventually. Yeah. Is that is that your ideal opponent for your next fight, Mike Perry? Abs- no, absolutely. You know, not. You know, this is a scenario right now. Um, like if you go down the rankings, you know, whatever rankings, you go down those rankings, who makes sense? You know, uh, Damian Maya is booked. Wonder Boy is booked. Masvidal is booked. You know, who makes sense? I train with Robbie Lawler. Yeah. And so who makes sense? 
like you bring in and, and you know and this is something that kind of rubs me the wrong way you bring you bring in rda after taking two l's in lightweight yeah he moves up he fights Safadine, who was ranked, I think, 14th, while I was ranked, I think, 10th at the time. You bring in a guy that, that's ranked below me, and he goes to a decision with that guy. It was not even an exciting fight. It was, you know, a close fight. He goes to a decision. Then the rankings come out, and RDA is ahead of me. What sense does that make? And then he fights um, Neil Magny, who I've been calling out for a long time, and just seemed to somehow find a way to duck me. And then fights Neo Magni and finishes Neo Magni in uh, four minutes, I believe. And I just f- killed a guy who also finished Neo Magni faster than he did in the first round. Like, what sense does it make for him to be number five in the world where I've literally ran through every guy that I've faced in that division? Yeah. And to make matters worse, Colby Covington's ranked number eight in the world. Colby Covington almost lost his life in the first round to a guy that I've traveled all the way to Brazil and put a beating on. What sense does that make for him to be ahead of me? You know, like, like that makes absolutely no sense to me. If RDA is number five in the world, let him prove it. I tweeted at him and I said, December 2nd in Detroit, RDA, let's do it. I got nothing back. It was like crickets. Mm-hmm. I got absolutely nothing back. The fans have been going crazy with it. And, you know, that's a fight that needs to absolutely happen. I, he's not booked, so I don't see why the UFC will not make that fight. But if for some reason, you know, he decides that he's on vacation somewhere, he doesn't want to fight until I'm booked for a fight, then it makes no sense for me to fight anybody else except someone that the fans actually care about, like Mike Perry, because I actually know Mike Perry won't duck me, I hope. Right. Um, By the way, before RDA, you were talking about Maya, and now Colby Covington is getting Maya. What was your reaction to that? I mean, my reaction was... Like normal, I'm always content. That's the thing is, I approach this game, you know, with my mind, not just you know. I like I've I mentioned thousands of times. I don't fight because I have. This is all I have. I'm educated. I went to school. I can get a job. I, you know, I can do anything else. You know, I'm doing this because I'm a competitor. I want to compete, and you know, since I've been doing this game, I, I've learned enough to where I think I am the best in the world. And even at 40% right now, I think I beat anybody in the division, you know, and if these guys ahead of me are smart, they would try to fight me now while they still have a chance, as opposed to letting me acquire as much and more knowledge as I can, you know, but yeah, um, Kobe Covington getting that fight, I don't really give a shit. I don't care. I mean, I know I'm better than Kobe Covington anyways. I know I'm better than Damian Maya anyways, because I called him out. Damian Maya was sitting literally 50 feet away from me after I just beat up the Brazilian in Brazil called him out and got, didn't get the fight. He, he said no. He didn't want that fight. And so now you're going to fight another guy who lost to the guy that I beat up right when I called him out. So, you know, it makes no sense. By the way, you mentioned, and I appreciate the fact, uh, you know, that, that you're so passionate about your career and you want to advance. I mean, that, that's a great thing. Um, worth noting, Francis Ngannou is, you know, of African descent and they seem to be pushing him as well. So I don't think that it has anything to do with the fact that you're from Nigeria, at least from where I'm sitting. May, I, I, and I respect the fact that, you know, you may feel that way, but you have to admit that they are really pushing Ngannou these days, right? Yeah, but Ngannou is a heavyweight. You know, it, it's different. That's There's a different intricacy that goes into it. 
Ngannou is a heavyweight, and I mean, really look at the heavyweight division. Who else is there? No one, you know. But Francis, Francis is a is a beast in himself, you know. Just just a, a absolute monster. Just his presence alone. That's a guy that you need to have as a champion. You know, you you have to. You know, you got to give him that that shot to be champion because there's no one else. Like he's he's cleaned out the division, or Stipe's cleaned out the division. So those two have to fight, and they have to fight in the immediate future. But for myself, you know, there's, I think there's a lot more guys in the division that they would want to be champion. I think they really wanted Wonder Boy to be the champion of that division. But you know, Tyron Willie was not about to let that happen. And you know, Damian Maya, I mean, he was on a what eight nine fight win streak. You know, before they even gave him a title shot. I mean, tell me that guy didn't deserve a title shot three yeah. fights before he fought oh. for that title. Especially, you know? they only gave him a so, month to prepare for it. Yeah, the whole the, the whole game is filled with exactly. politics, right? I mean, you ha- you have to part of your career is, is is sort of navigating those politics, right? Exactly, and that's you know that's why I said you know I have a great management you know team, you know, and Ali does a good job at, at, at trying to navigate through all that bullshit that they're they're putting out, but. You know, hopefully it's going to happen. But, you know, I am currently on. I will be unhappy if RDA ducks me. That's I, the one. I will be very unhappy. That's he, the one that you I mean, want. he's the one. I mean, if yeah. you, you know, I just, yeah, he's, he's sitting at number five, which I think currently I should be, which I, I think I can beat the champion. But I think currently right now, number five needs to be next to my name for those casual fans who actually look at those and care about those rankings, you know, until... I get that title fight. RDA needs to see me, you know, and if he ducks me like I know he will try to, then, you know, we'll, we'll see what else makes sense. Have Have you or your management, have you guys specifically asked the UFC for that RDA fight? I know you said that you tweeted RDA, but have you asked them for the fight? And if so, what'd they say? Absolutely. I mean, this, this, is, what, this is what it is. We, we said, okay, we, I mean... You look at the streak, like, and then just look at the who would you, Ariel? Who would you like to see me fight right now? Who do you think makes sense? I love that fight. I said it after the win. And and fans, fans want to see that fight. You know, the only way that fight doesn't happen is if two people say no. You know, if the UFC say no, or if RDA says no, which I, I'm I'm sure he will say no. You You are because for him, that that's like, which way does he win that fight? In what way? No way. There's no way for him to win this fight. And so he knows that. You know, I know that. The fans know that. Everyone knows that. And so he's going to try to duck me. But we've asked for him. And, you know, if somehow that doesn't happen, then, you know, Mike Perry, I think, is a guy that the fans actually care about. And I think Mike Perry is a guy that tries it, that, that actually tries to fight. You know, so he's going to want he's going to want to fight. Hopefully he won't duck me himself. See, I feel like it's all coming together for you now. That's why I'm jumping on the bandwagon officially today. In, in Buffalo, when I saw you, you were rocking that sweet outfit. Yes, today. Wait. Today, officially, September 25th, I am jumping on the Nigerian Nightmares bandwagon. By the way, back in the day, I used to rock the Nigerian soccer jersey. I was a big Sunday Olise fan. I don't know if you know this about me. I mean, I got that in my blood. That green jersey was the shit. You know what I'm talking about? The green jersey? You know what I'm talking about, right? 
Okay. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but yeah. you know, if you I'm used to rock and you were such a Nigerian fan, how come you didn't get on the bandwagon when I came into the? UFC? Well, you needed you needed to get my attention, and in in, in in Buffalo, you got the. And attention. I know Mike Perry's your boy too, so yeah, I know how no I know Mike Perry's boy. your boy too. No one's my boy. Come Listen, on, come on, in Buffalo. You were rocking that sweet outfit. You know, I, I mean, that was you. You were on point in Buffalo, and then the win, and then the call of the RDA. This is what I'm talking about. This is how you. You know, you start to make some noise. This is great. It's all coming together for you in 2017. I feel good about it. I, I, I think that you said that you're content and you're happy, but I feel like you got a massive chip on your shoulder now. Now you're trying to you're trying to get people's attention now. Yeah, you know, I, I think um, for me, you know, like I said, this is I, I chose to do this, and so by me choosing to do this, I, I chose to forego everything else. I chose to forego for that you know maybe six figure salary that I could have been getting somewhere else, sitting in an office, you know to do this. And so when I've been putting in all this hard work, I've been in the gym slaving, not just myself, my coaches as well. I've been putting in time and countless hours in me, you know, it's a slap in the face and I get the recognition that you deserve when you know that you've been putting in all that work. And so I, if you think, if you feel that there's a chip on my shoulder, that's probably what it is, is I, I just, I, something I just don't like, you know, I've been putting in the work and the, the body of work is, is show, I mean, it's proof in itself. Like there's, I haven't lost a, a minute of any fight that I've been in, you know, in the UFC and, you know, for it to not reflect in the way that they, they're pushing me or they're selling me my brand. And that's kind of a slap in the face to not just myself, but to my family and to my coaches that put in time and effort in me. By the way, how is the training situation? Is it starting to all kind of fall into place in Florida now? You were once a part of the Black Zillion. The training situation, yeah. Training situation for me is ne never changed. Like nothing. The, the only change was you know our, the gym. Like we just you know everything. I've always trained with the same coaches. I still train with the same coaches. You see my corner. Nothing's changed. You know in my corner. It's you know Henry Hooft has always been my stand-up coach. Um, George Santiago has always been my jujitsu coach. You know I'm wrestling with Greg Jones. You know. Nothing has changed. The only thing that changes, you know, management and our, that big gym that we had down there at Jocko. That that was the only changes. Now Henry has his own location, so we we you know we have a place to train. George Santiago has his own location, but nothing changes. You know, if I needed to train in the backyard or out in the forest, I'm gonna train because this is something that I chose to do. So I'm gonna get that work in wherever I can. Um, this one might be a little bit too, you know, out of left field, but you know, you're looking for a big fight, a big name. Uh, it seems like Carlos Condit is ready to return to action. Is that someone that's on your radar? Did you see that last week? Yeah, I, I, I saw that, you know, and when he actually, when he tweeted, I, I, you know, I added my manager in that, like, Hey, this guy <laughs> wants to come back into my division. Like, Hey, Hey, what do you think about that? You know, uh, and he saw it, you know, um, if that's something that he's interested in, then, hey, I'm not going to say no. Like, I, you know, he was once the interim champion of the division. So that's definitely a fight that I think I, for me, it's I want the fight that's going to get me that title shot. You know, I, I think I'm deserving of it. You know, I, I think no one's been more dominant than I have been in the division. You know, besides Damon, after he just took that L before that, he was he was pretty dominant. But. No one right now in the near future has been as dominant as I have been in the division. So I think uh, if Carlos Condit, you know, that's a fight that he wants, then, hey, we'll do it. But RDA's, you know, he's coming off of a loss and that long layover. So, you know, I don't think it's probably a good idea for him. I think he needs to get his feet wet before he yeah. hits the ground running again. But um, 
RDA, uh, I think, uh, you know, he's, he's been in the division now. He thinks he's felt some welterweights, you know. So, you know, I think it's time to put him up against the welterweight and let's see what, what how he pans out. I love it. I'm, I'm officially on board, my friend. It took me a while, I admit. But I hope, hopefully, now that we have this uh, this understanding and water under the bridge, uh, I, I love your backstory. You come from you know a, a place where a lot of fighters don't. I mean, they don't have a lot of fighters with your background, with your with your with your story, with your skills. The winning streak, the longest in the division right now. As you mentioned, you've got a great look, great fighting style. Why not? Why not now? Why not Kamaru Usman? They need to start pushing you. I, I think that they need to start getting behind you more. Start pushing the Nigerian nightmare. You have a fantastic nickname. It's all coming together for you, my friend. I feel like it's going to end on a high note in 2017, and then 2018 will really be in that title mix. That's just my two cents. I mean, I agree with it, two sets. I, I think, uh, yeah, why not now? You know, message for the UFC, message for the fans out there. Why not now? Yeah. Better get on the bandwagon before I, I become champion. And then you're like, yeah, I always knew he could do it. Yeah. And then, no, you better get on now. Get on now. Thank you, Kamaro. Great to have you on the show for the first time. Won't be the last time. Good luck getting that RDA fight. All right, thank you, Ariel, and uh, let's put some pressure on that dude, man. Let's come out of vacation, RDA. Let's All let's right. go for a walk down in Detroit. Let's go for a walk. It's a lovely place to walk, especially in December. So I have a feeling he'll be accepting uh, the the. the <laughs> thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Good luck to you. All right, thank you for having me. All right, there he is, the Nigerian nightmare himself, Kamaru Usman, spinning some fire here. Great to have him on the show for the first time. As I mentioned, won't be the last. And it's New York Rick jumping in one more time to tell you about Tommy John. Guys, Tommy John has some big news. They've just introduced a brand new underwear fabric called Go Anywhere. This underwear is built to withstand the busiest of days. It's versatile, extremely comfortable, and fit for anything. Put a little innovation in your pants with Go Anywhere and stay fresh from AM to PM and even through to the AM again. They just sent me a pair and I'm expecting to test them and feel fresh from a.m. to p.m., back to a.m. again, back to p.m. Maybe I won't even change them. Just kidding. I'm going to change them. Go Anywhere is made from premium four-way stretch ergonomic fabric that contours to your body for the perfect fit. Let me say that again. Four-way stretch ergonomic fabric contouring to your body for the perfect fit. The Go Anywhere fabric is also moisture wicking. It pulls and evaporates perspiration right off your body, keeping you dry all day. Plus, it features the latest antimicrobial and anti-odor fabric technology. And, like all Tommy John underwear, wedgies are impossible, and the horizontal quick-draw fly comes standard. Worried you won't love it? That's unlikely. It's not going to happen. But just in case... All this underwear is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. So what have you got to lose? With a stay put waistband, a contour pouch to nestle your goods, and a flattering fit that looks and feels fantastic, there's no doubt that the Go Anywhere pair from Tommy John is the underwear that works as hard as you. No adjustment needed. So, go to TommyJohn.com slash MMA to check out the complete line of Go Anywhere underwear, shirts, and socks. Plus, save 20% on your first order. That's TommyJohn.com slash MMA for 20% off. TommyJohn.com slash MMA 
Now back to the show. Um, one man that we've loved having on the show over the years is Matt Brown. On Thursday, uh, he made some headlines when he announced that his fight on November 11th in Norfolk, Virginia against Diego Sanchez would in fact be his last, that he'd be retiring after that fight. So, of course, wanted to talk to him about that announcement, that decision and more. He's kind enough to join us on the phone right now. Matt, how are you? Very good. How are you doing, Nigel? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining us and, and sorry for the delay. Thank you for being patient. So why did you announce now and, and specifically last Thursday that your fight on November 11th would be your last? Um, well, that's a, a long, deep subject. Uh, Please. I get, yeah, I guess it, it's not as simple as uh, um, just a, a one uh, sentence answer. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that went into it. Um, I guess initially when I kind of thought about it, it was more of a feeling that I've had for a, a long time. I mean, I just took a long time off and then um, came back and kind of explored a regular life, so to speak, for a while. Um, so it wasn't so much a uh, introspective decision as just, uh, you know, it's just the way I feel right now. So, um you know, the, the reason behind, I mean, there's lots of reasons. I mean, I, I guess starting with probably the initial, the, the number one feeling is like it's, I realized over the past year, it's something that I really fear, something I'm really afraid of. Like, I don't want to retire. I'm really scared of it. And I'm the type of person that I don't like being scared of things. So that's what, you know, I'm going to chase that. Um, that's sort of exactly, uh, you know, uh, uh, that's sort of a large reason why I started fighting was to, you know, cause it's, it's a very, it's the scariest thing I could find to do. Um, they wouldn't let me in the military funny enough. So, um, for my criminal record and actually that's actually what I wanted to do first. Um, yeah, it's right around like nine 11 and stuff. You know what I mean? So like I wanted to, I told him, put me on the front lines. I was scared of it. You know what I mean? So, um, that's just the way I am. So that would be probably the first, uh, piece of the, uh, of that. Um, Beyond that, um, you know, I want to explore being a coach and, you know, some other lifestyle, lifestyles outside of the lifestyle of being a mixed martial artist. When did you first and I, start? I could probably, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was say I could go on for <laughs> a while, kind of getting deep into this, you know. When did you first start feeling this way? Um, you know, to be honest, there's been a lots of camps where I have felt, you know, like, man, this is, you know, I'm not doing this again, man. This is just such hard work and there's so much pressure on his shoulders. Uh, you know, I got three kids, man. It's a, it's a lot of uh, pressure. And um, I would say where I really started feeling it, though, was my last fight when I fought Cowboy. Um, I remember sitting, that was when, maybe not necessarily when I first felt it, but that was when I kind of came to the realization that it's something I should start really thinking about because when I was sitting in the locker room, I, it literally crossed my mind to not even walk out. I, I thought about just walking outside, getting an Uber, going back to the hotel and just being done with it. And it wasn't out of fear. It wasn't out of uh, nerves or anything like that. It was just, you know, no excitement. I was kind of tired, a little bored and just like, like, man, I don't know if I feel like doing this right now. Um, and that that's not, you know, I didn't get into this to be a, a journeyman or to be a, you know, second place. I, I, I came in into this to be a champion and I got, 
very, very close to that. I mean, I think I was one round away from beating Robbie Lawler and, and getting to a title shot. Um, so being that I, you know, I got that close, um, right now, I don't feel like I have that hunger inside my heart. That's going to get me back to that point. Um, and that's not to say it won't ever come back one day. I don't plan on pulling out of the uh, USADA testing pool and I don't plan on uh, canceling my UFC contract because I'd like to keep that uh, just in case there. But um, I don't have any, uh, but I'm not going to come back unless I plan on making a run for the title. I don't want to be going around fighting, um, you know, the number 15, 20 guy and all that. And everything I ever did my entire career was to, was planned on one day being a champion and um, right now I don't feel like my my career path is headed that direction and that's not something I'm trying to pursue so why even take the Diego Sanchez fight if you're feeling this way oh well um, first when I took the fight I did feel that way still Um, but also I mean you know uh, Diego's the, one of the best fights to go out on for sure too I mean I, I'm not gonna for one I don't want to go out on a loss I don't want I don't like uh, the thought of that um, I know especially three in a row and um, you know so that's a that's a huge part of it and it's not like I don't have anything left to offer and and I, again I didn't really feel these feelings until after I took the fight also um, again it's not really like I didn't like look real deep inside myself or something and kind of and and question anything that I'm doing or anything it was just a feeling it's like man you know I'm I'm cool with doing this and I'm really you know I love doing it and I enjoy it but I don't know how many more times I, I got in, in me to do this and definitely not enough times um, at least the way I feel right now definitely not enough times uh, to pursue a championship are health concerns playing a role in any of this you mentioned being a family man three kids a wife Mm-hmm. You've been through some wars. Do you have any health concerns? Absolutely. I mean, I got knocked out for the first time in my life, uh, my last fight. Um, got knocked down for the first time in my life before that. Um, I mean, yeah, man, that, you know, I have to wonder if, uh, you know, I had a concussion last year for the first time. You know, the, all these things start happening, these first time things start happening, you know, 40 fights into my career. And uh, as a as a father and 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 with uh, you know a family to go home to, and you know when I'm slurring words to my kids, you know that you start thinking, you know, is this something, you know, how how much is it worth all this, right? So um, that that definitely plays a concern, and but I, um, or definitely plays a part, but um, it's not necessarily my primary concern, though. Um, I mean. Yeah. I don't know how to phrase that. It's, it's not my uh, primary uh, motivation to retire, um, but it is a, a piece of the puzzle for sure. Any particular reason why you made the announcement, you know, a little less than two months before the fight, as opposed to right after the fight in the cage or fight week? Like, why did you want the world to know this as you were preparing essentially for, for fight camp now? Um, I guess, so part of it was, I, I just kind of had to commit to it. Like what I, uh, I'm afraid would happen is I would have, end up having a great camp, which right now I'm having like, you know, probably one of the greatest camps I've ever had. Um, and then I'd get in there and feel amazing. And I'd be like, you know what, I'm not going to retire. And then, um, you know, a couple weeks later, I'd be like, ah, man, I don't know. I want to retire. Right. So I, I don't want to go through that whole up and down that roller coaster. I don't put my family through all that. And uh, the the second part of that is that, you know, I want everybody to come out 
my family and everybody to know that it's going to be my last one and, and they can get their tickets and everything and they can come out and see the last one. Uh, the Norfolk is coincidentally right in between my uh, wife's family and my family. Uh, my family's in Ohio. Her family's in Massachusetts. It's right there in the middle. I have a lot of family in uh, North Carolina and Virginia Beach also. So it, it kind of works for everybody to kind of meet right there. Um, and again, I think Diego makes a perfect retirement fight. I think we're going to go out there and we're going to have a great war and it's going to be a amazing fight. I want to go back quickly to what you were saying um, that you were feeling in, in Toronto about, you know, just getting in, in, into an Uber and, and going home in the locker room as you were preparing for the uh, Donald Cerrone fight. Ultimately, why didn't you end up doing that? How did you get over that feeling to, you know, say, I'm not going to think about this and then go out, walk that walk and step foot in the cage. How did like mentally, how did you get over that? Uh, man, that's a good question. <laughs> Damn, Ariel getting on uh, good questions. Uh, so I don't really know, to be honest, man. Uh, you know, I, I just redirected my focus and kind of put my foot down and said, you know, I'm going to go out there and do this and do the best I can. And I thought I went out there and performed pretty well. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I just, I guess my only, my real question is how good would I have done had I had that focus the, the entire night and, and, you know, really been on the, you know, had my mind where it should have been, the place that it should have been and the place that it's been a million times before. I'm pretty good at, uh, you know, I, I call it changing channels, you know, like, uh, you know, sort of like analogy, like to a TV, you know, where you're, you go from, uh, you know, the channel where you're relaxed and, and calm to the, the channel where you're ready to uh, knock someone's head, head off. Um, so that, that was really, you know, it's a, it's a practice that I do is, is changing channels. And especially, you know, with having a family, I have to separate myself from or separate uh, the gym life from the home life. Uh, I have to change channels when I walk in that door and I, I can't be you know, cursing and, and talking to my kids like I do my teammates and coaches. So it's something I practice all the time. And I think that that ultimately probably played a part in, in that thing. In, regret, in that night. Do you regret staying around as long as you did? In the sport? Yeah. Oh God, no. I, I love it. I mean, I absolutely love the sport and, um, you know, I, I, I want to stay around in the sport longer, um, for sure. I, I just, you know, I'm not going to be stepping in the octagon anymore. Right. Uh, as it is my plan right now. I meant as a pro fighter, not just like involved in the sport as a coach or teammate or something like that. Oh yeah. No, I don't regret that either. I mean, I, I got, I did the best I could with everything that I could. I think, uh, um, when I look back, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with, what I've done, I kind of have to step back and look at the big picture. I mean, I think I have a lot more that I could have accomplished uh, had the right circumstances happened. I, I totally believe that I, I have every bit of, of ability to to have been a champion. Um, but ultimately, I mean, I, I look back and I see a kid that was, you know, 21, 22 years old, addicted to drugs and homeless on the streets at times and, um, you know, family life was a wreck and uh, uh, going in and out of jail. And like I said, even the military wouldn't take me at the time. And, uh, you know, going from that to a guy who was again one round from uh, getting to fight for the UFC world title. So it was just a, a dream I had in my mind and I stuck to that dream. And I think if, if anything, man, I hope that I inspired a lot of people to show that you really can 
uh, chase dreams and, and they really are possible. Uh, you just got to keep those blinders on and, and stay on that path. What has the reaction been like since you made the announcement on Thursday? Have you received a, a flood of feedback, texts, phone calls? What's it been like? Yeah, flood is an understatement, man. And that, that's been a, it's been a very emotional time, way more emotional than I expected it to be. Um, you know, my my wife cried a little bit about it. Um, um, you know, everybody uh, called me and, and said they're sad, and they, you know they can't believe I'm doing this. And uh, just a, I haven't even got through all the messages on social media. I try to I try to uh, get on my social media and reply personally to as many messages as I can. Of course, I can't do every one, but I try to get as many as I can. And my inboxes were just loaded down um you know the the replies on the tweets and the comments on on the uh, posts and stuff were just overloaded so um yeah that's a really really good feeling and it kind of makes me want to uh, push more because i kind of i i guess i don't really think about the amount of people that i'm touching when i'm in there just doing what i love to do i, I don't feel like I'm, I'm doing things for other people um but i guess i am so I get a lot of messages saying I inspired people to do different things, especially with the, uh, the addictions to drugs and things like right. that. So, uh, there's nothing uh, more gratifying than that. And that's part of what I want to pursue, uh, in, in a post fight career is, uh, you know, helping others pursue their dreams and give back more and, and not make my entire life about myself no more. So, so you're talking about outside of fighting, right? You want to be involved in fighting, but also, help people outside of fighting? Well, yeah. So I think, uh, the two can, uh, correlate pretty well. Sure. Um, okay. I think, uh, yeah, th yeah, they work together, but, but also, yeah, other things too. I mean, um, you know, I'm probably pursue some sort of a public service, you know, in, in firefighting police or, or one, you know, something like that, EMT or something, um, you know, so again, helping others, but also, yeah, helping others, um, pursue their dreams in the martial arts and, and, um, you create better fighters and, um, help, help the, the younger kids come up and be a positive role model for these kids. Um, on top of that, um, you know, let's, let's keep, uh, let's keep spreading the martial arts, man. That's, a, that's one of the best things I think that, for the entire world. I think, you know, we, we got all these people out there, you know, um, divided politically and we got all these people out there. Um, you know, half, a lot of people are hating, uh, different things. A lot of people are worried about, uh, different, you know, whether it's religious or political, all this different stuff, man. And, you know, we get on those mats and everybody's equal and we all, uh, create a certain bond within one another. And I'm, I think it's one of the most beautiful things there is in the world. So I want to spread that. And, um, and part of that's going to be, uh, I'll probably go into LA with muscle farm and we're going to be having a, a big badass facility there. Um, similar to the one we've had here in Denver and I'll be heading up that program. And I think that will be, will make a, an amazing thing there. So, um, Lots of things, man. Mainly, but yeah, I can sum it all up by just saying, "Look, I'm giving back, man. I, I want to. I think that's what life is all about. Is is the, the the cycle of life is all about giving." 
I remember talking to you prior to your fight at UFC 201 and you said that you believe that you were kind of a last of a dying breed in, in MMA. Do you like the way the sport is headed? Do you, are you leaving the sport in a good place in your opinion? Mm, there's good and bad. I mean, the sport itself, I mean, is, is always going to be an, an awesome sport because, I, you know, I don't care how much uh, how much crap is on the side or how much uh, watered down it gets, how diluted, whatever. I mean, the sport itself is still two men getting in an octagon and trying to beat the crap out of each other. And as long as we keep that and we don't dilute the rules any more than they already are, then I think we'll be fine with that. Uh, you know, I'd like to see, I've always said I'd like to see the rules open up a little bit more, but uh, that's a different discussion. But, um, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the so 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 called hardcore guys, they like to complain about you know Condor and Ronda and and all this. But I'm not one of those guys. I mean, I think it's great for the sport. Uh, the more eyes, the better. Um, it doesn't bother me at all, and it doesn't bother me that people are um, you know wanting to talk crap to each other or act like Connor. Uh, you know, that stuff doesn't bother me at all. I want to see two guys go in there and fight, man. That's what uh, I'm all about, and that's what I love to see. Um, you know, the outside of that, I mean, as long as they keep that part pure, then I, I think everything else will take care of itself. You mentioned the Robbie Lawler fight a couple of times. Um, one of the best fights of 2014 and how close you were to getting that title shot. Do you like, like, are you afraid that in 20, 30 years, you'll think back about like that, that will be the one that will continue to nag at you just how close you were one round away from fighting for the belt. And then of course you get in that title fight and who knows what happens. Are you worried that you'll think about that? The fact that you never got that title shot? Oh no, it doesn't even nag me. Honestly. I mean, I, I gave everything I had in that fight and I, and I, I thought I won the fight personally. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, I had a good camp and I gave everything I had and that's all you can ask of yourself. I don't go and go around regretting uh, what I did. I mean, there's surely some things I could have changed. Um, you know, there's some very specific things that yeah, if I could go back and do it again, I would change, but uh, I'm not that type of person, man. I, I'm, I'm happy with what I did. I gave it all that I had. I, I, I left nothing. Uh, I brought nothing home with me. I left it all there in the cage. So, there's nothing to be worried about or nagged about. You know, fact is, again, I look at where I came from, man. I started, you know, it was like, uh, like I said, I was 21, 22 years old. And, I mean, there, there's literally nights that I slept out in the snow. And then, you know, fast forward 15, or, you know, plus minus years, and I'm fighting on the biggest stage in the world on Fox with millions of people watching. You know, you know, again, one round away from fighting for the title. So, um, and I, I don't, I don't think if anybody looks at the, if I look at the big picture like that, there's no way to regret uh, what I accomplished. Couldn't agree more. One of the most inspiring stories um, in the history of this sport and that run that you had from 2012 up until that Lawler fight, those wins and the way in which you were winning was nothing short of amazing. Is there one moment that sticks out? favorite moment in the UFC, favorite moment of your career, even outside of the UFC, when someone, you know, will come up to you in 10 years and, and, and talk to you about your career, will there be one moment that sticks out? Um, I guess most people will probably come talk to me about the Eric Silva fight because I get that one a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, that was a pretty exciting fight. That was a big moment for me because the, 
after you know, my entire family was there. Like there was literally more family at that fight than at my family reunion. So <laughs> that was an awesome night. And my family got to, uh, my kids and wife came into the octagon after and, and shared that moment with me. So that, that was awesome. And my mother also. So that was a, an amazing thing. For me personally, though, um, the before I was in the UFC, I guess I would say, uh, technically, um, when I fought Josh Hall to get on the Ultimate Fighter, that was probably the, the biggest moment um, for me in my life because that was a, that's a huge fork in the road right there. And, I mean, uh, you see how many guys, you know, lose to get on Ultimate Fighter, you never hear from them again. And that probably would have been me. You probably never, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, and you probably never heard my name. I'd probably been, you know, doing uh, whatever I, w- I would have been doing. Whereas uh, that fork in the road took me down the path that I'm on, and, and I felt it right there in that moment. I, I, you know, I knew in my heart, um, I just hit the right fork in the road and knew that this was going to be a, a, a long, a, a long career for me. And I knew that there there wasn't no turning back then. And so that for me was a, the most probably most touching emotional moment in my career. Matt, it has been a pleasure and an honor. Sincerely, uh, one of the best fighters to watch, but also one of my favorite interviews. You're you're, you're such a great. Um, guest and, and, and subject anytime that we've had a, a chance to talk to you. So thank you for everything over the years. Thank you for the great fights. Thank you for all the time, all the great interviews. And I'm glad to hear that you want to stick around in the sport because I do think that there's a lot that you can do for you know the general public. There's a lot that you can give back. So kudos to you on, on everything that you've done. Kudos on an amazing career. And I'm happy that you're getting to go out you know on your terms um, and, and getting to make the announcement the way you want to make it and, and getting that fight that you want that you think will you know, produce a nice exit from the sport. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you again for all the great years, all the great interviews. And hopefully we'll still get to talk, even though you're no longer an active, active fighter. I still love your insight on the sport. So hopefully we can have you on um, in the near future as well. Yeah, absolutely. And th- hey, thanks for supporting the sport and thanks for everything you do. And let's, uh, I guess I'll see you out in Norfolk most likely. So uh, I'll be focused on this fight. And um, yeah, I guess that's about it then, huh? Yes. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Matt, for coming on. Congrats on a great career and good luck in training for this fight. Uh, Thank you, sir. All right. There he is, Matt Brown. One of the very best in the cage, one of the very best outside of the cage. Always a phenomenal interview and uh, great to hear his insight and uh, much respect for him to, you know, to say that it's time and to know when to say when and to to go out on his own terms. You don't get to see that a lot in, in mixed martial arts. So certainly respect the fact and appreciate the fact that he's, uh, he's calling it a day when he is and giving people ample notice to appreciate him for the next, what, month and a half before he says goodbye on November 11th against Diego Sanchez. Great stuff from him. So we'll go from one guy who is saying goodbye to another who's just in the embryonic stages of his UFC career. We're now going to be joined in studio by the great Mickey Gall, who I cannot wait to speak to because I have a lot of questions for Mickey Gall. I've been dying to speak to Mickey Gall for quite some time. And there he is. Mickey Gall is here. All grown up, facial hair and all. How are yeah, you, Mickey? Yeah, yeah. What's up, man? How's Got you going? a uh, little Jersey this? mug. Wow. How about this? Been a while, baby. How are we a doing? A new Jersey mug. Nice new I'm, place. How about that, right? I'm going to put this here and get rid of my Fabrizio Verdun mug. Thank no, you I don't coming. have to get rid of Fabrizio. That's okay. I like this. This is nice. I appreciate the yeah. gift. No one's ever brought me a gift on this show. Really? So I figured you. I should have been doing some promoting or something. Put a yeah. 
a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what do you think of the new spot? No, it looks cool, man. I like it. We've How are upgraded. You? I'm good. How are you? Yeah. I'm so happy to see you. Yeah. For many reasons. Why? Let's first get the elephant out of the room. Elephant? I thought that you were pissed at me for a long oh, time. Oh, that's funny because I was going to bring that up first. Okay, too. you are pissed or were pissed um, at me. Let me explain. Okay, yeah, we please. should cl- let's clear the air yes. before we get into it. I can't this. wait. Okay. All right. So, my friend Ariel, you. Yes. Day, day after my fight, day yes. after my big fight, I get, you know, which finally, one? Uh, sage fight. Sage, okay. Sage fight. Yeah. So, I get, you know, I get my stitches cut open. I get, I'm out drinking that night, partying. You ask me, like, hey, I'd, I'd like you to get on the show two times in a row. I know it's weird, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, my friend Ariel, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Of Respect. course. Thank of course, you. right? Thank you. So then, unbeknownst to me, yeah. you bring Dan Hardy on without telling me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, you were pissed. What the fuck, dude? Why don't you tell me? The kid who's, who's been talking shit, the slick, I, 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 you know, the smart kid who has a mouth. Yeah. You don't tell me? I could have lit his ass up. You, but instead, I'm, I'm half hungover. I set my alarm. I was up all night. I got the continental breakfast in the, the free continental breakfast in the morning because I was up all night. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, I'll get up for Ariel's show. I appreciate it. And then, so that's, yeah, that's why I didn't text you back all summer. So you were pissed. You did piss me off because I wanted, okay. I, you know, I wanted that fight. Oh, Ariel's friends with Dan Hardy. Then, you know, if you're my friend, I'll break my back hill for you. But sure. you're not my friend, so fuck you. So we're not so friends we, anymore? Um, we have some you've been downgraded to, to like, that, like, like MMA media oh, guy. Man. Damn. And you know, I, here's the thing. Okay. Like, I get it. You're great. Like, if as an MMA fan, you're the best. Okay. But you, like, you, you, and like you, I, you're rest, you're you're a wrestling fan. I think you are kind of a, a character, in this whole MMA game. Really? Yeah. I think you take on. You're like that kind of. You sometimes you like to be sh- like a schmucky reporter. You like to antagonize. You like to, you know, you know. I think you I do. just I'm just me. Sometimes I'm a schmuck. Oh, you, you're just you, you think- that. Well, no. Like, what do you mean? You think I'm playing like, I think, a I think, role? I think, yeah, yeah. I, and like for fans, it's great, but you're going to piss off fighters along the way a lot. And you have been doing that. And As a and journalist, I, you're always going to piss off people, right? I guess so. I mean, I guess so. it's actually not our job to be why your friend. You, why you, yeah, no, I know. But you know, you I, when I was out in Montreal, you're like, hey, check out this place. But I'm sure, like, oh, sure. I thought we were friends. He yeah. put me on the show, put me on again. I, you know, he gave me exposure. See, I thought it was... You know, I'm, I'm I thought I was doing here. you a favor. Can I, I tell you why? Why don't you fucking tell me first? Because you were on the air. And so I asked you, remember I asked you, I said in the interview, we have Dan Hardy. Do you want to talk to him? And you said, yes. Yeah, because what am I going to say? Uh, no. Well, you, you should have told me before. Come on. You were trying to like, you were trying to like pull one on me, right? Absolutely not. God is my witness. I was not. But why but didn't I was, you just tell me before I even start the call? Just so I could like, it, I, it defog was, my brain. And I, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, so here's the thing. He was on after you. So I had to ask you on the air. There's no way for me to communicate with you. You didn't beforehand. know he was going to be on the night before? I didn't know, I didn't know that. I didn't know I that. Didn't know. But I, I didn't know that we were going to put you on together. And I thought Mickey Gall is exceptionally smart. He's quick on his feet. I over. I, see, I, I didn't know that. I didn't know I, that. I sent an alarm for you. How am I, I supposed like, to know that? I sent an alarm for you. I, I barely sleep. I'm partying. I just won. I just won a big fight. You're 100% right. But how like am I supposed to know that? on my parade. That's no, what no, no. Like. What I was trying to do was to expedite your parade. Uh, I was yeah, trying to get you to fight. If you just told me, we would have, I would have blown that shit up. I know, I know. Okay. I would have called him a pussy and scared when he, but, when he but, said but he didn't want to fight. I was just like, uh, you know what I mean? You called him out. So I'm like, here he is. Here yeah, he is. Yeah, I know, but you you call you know him I mean? sleeping, I, literally. But I didn't know that. How much? Just say a word. That? Just say. Just say. Just give me one. Give me for. Like, ugh, you, for, you for wanted like a, a text beforehand. Anything. You like, wanted a heads up. Before we got on the call. Hey, uh, just anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. 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 A, a heads up would have been cool, and I, I could have. You know, I just. Would you have said yes? Given your state, given the fact that you said you were tired. Yeah, and I would. I would have had. I would have had. You'd have had stuff. Yeah, but but that shows how much respect I have for you. You're so quick on your feet. Thanks. No, I was, no yeah, one, I was not. I was. I was still probably. Uh, I'd been drinking the night before. I, I don't. I don't drink much. Sure, you know sure, what I mean? sure. I, 
Uh, yeah. So. But no one has done what you've done. I mean, you came in, the way you've come in, that's part of your story, right? Yeah. You called out punk, and then you had the next one ready. Yeah. And then you had the next one ready. And then you had the Dan Hardy one ready. And let's be honest, that one didn't like hit the home run that maybe you thought I it would. I was getting a Dan Hardy fight. So what was... I knew, I, I thought I'd get the first two. I, 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 was, I was tossing up a real Hail Mary. Yeah. There. But why, why'd you go that far? Well, especially... Now, listen, you want to see quick on my feet? Sure. I, cut, I knew I cut myself open. Yeah. And I, I did... I, you know, I had a couple people on my plate that depend on, and I, I was like, fuck, I'm gonna have to be out six months now. Um, I, okay. the cut originally I got before CM Punk, Doc yeah. was like, yo, he's like, you can't fight for six months. If, if you, and I fought in three weeks against CM Punk, and then I fought uh, like three months later against Sage, all within that six months where I should have been resting. So then I cut it, and I figured Dan Hardy, I'd at least get a little, buy myself a little time. The way that fight would be ready, maybe it'd be a couple, it'd be a few months. But if I call like certain guys out, then I'm right back in there. Okay. So I, need, I want a little time. And I've ended up having a lot of time. And I've done a lot of good shit with my time. Okay. I, I'm really proud of what I did. I put in a lot of work. Okay. And I'm going to fuck up Randy Brown. Yeah, well, this is, what, this is why I wanted to have you on. So I see, I have a good sense when it comes to these things. I yeah. sense that you were pissed. Because I reached out to you a couple times. Yeah, I didn't text you back. Well, yeah, why? Why don't you just say, all right, uh, because, you're, you're, you're you an a-hole. Because I, I still was holding that hope that I get that Dan Hardy fight. And you were on Dan's. You were, I was like, oh, this was is Dan's friend. This is Dan's friend. So I'm, 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 really? Yeah. I was, God is my witness. I was trying to get you the fight. I was trying to expedite things. Listen. Brother, you should have said one, you should, all you need I to do is say one all right. word. All right. All you need to do is say one word before. The way I was thinking was, here you are on national television asking for Dan Hardy. Why don't I get you Dan Hardy? Get you Dan Hardy on the phone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was, uh, like, I don't need, I, I kind of. Like, I, I was also like, I was just like, I was kind of like, I was kind of like happy at the moment. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, and I, was I rained on like, the parade? No, like, no, kill? listen. I'm saying I was like, like on the phone, I was almost like a little content for a moment. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I just got a fight. I'm, ch- I'm, I'm chilling. I was sure. chilling with my friends. And then, yeah, it was just sudden. I just wasn't ready. I was like, uh, all right, man. <laughs> so <laughs> like, that, I was, like, I was I just, like, I just wasn't prepared. I, right. I was not prepared. Fair. I, I thought I was just calling in to just be like, hey, talk about the fight. Just whatever. Yeah. Light shit. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So that misstep downgrades me like all the work you've been on the show before multiple times in yeah. studio it brought you down it, because all- yeah well now, well now that i'm not fighting your buddy dan dan hardy <laughs> <laughs> okay fair yeah enough. we could be friends again maybe okay. i mean you gotta so put you yourself yes? back in the circle i actually told i i, I god's my witness i told new york rick before the show started rick? the producer in the back the guy with the bad hair i said I was shocked when you wrote back to me. I didn't think you would write back to me because I sensed that you were mad at me. Why I did wanted, you say- I want to? I, I, I want to squash it too. You did, okay? I, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to say it, but I'm not gonna. I, I didn't feel like calling you, so I didn't see you. This is right. the first time I saw you. So sure, sure. That's what we're talking about now. Wow, and 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 not only that, not only was I downgraded, I'm also a schmucky reporter who plays a role. I know what you do. Yeah, you like to put, you like to, you like to get a rise out of people. You like to antagonize. What, what does that mean, fun. though? Or it's, am I just it, doing it my you, job? It, you are doing your job. Yeah, but am I just your asking your questions that are sometimes not comfortable? It, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna like, I, 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 there, you know, there's plenty. You can look up Ariel Hawaiian fighters getting pissed off Ariel Hawaiian oh, compilations. BS. That's such BS. That's such BS. I have devoted so much time to the sport. Why would I want to be on bad terms with fighters? This is my I, life. I think this is my you, livelihood. You, get a, you don't like you don't me, want, that's bad you don't want to, you don't want to be on bad terms, but you don't mind getting a rise out and want and antagonizing and poking and and it. You're off and, like, on this one. I think you're you very think smart. So? You're off. You know why? There's a difference between wanting to get a rise and asking questions that sometimes aren't the most comfortable questions. Sometimes there are situations that aren't the best that need to be addressed. Ray Borg was just on, you know, he blew it, got sick, got another shot, but I wanted to talk to him about it. He may not have liked all the questions, but we still have to talk about it, right? That's not me wanting to get a rise out of him. That's just me asking questions about the situation. It's not always positive, right? It's not always, everyone kisses your butt over the past year. Rookie of the year, call it CM Punk, you're so great. 
So you know, you just, sometimes you gotta ask I liked, some questions. I liked, um, I liked how you had my uh, back with a, a, a little bit with Kevin Lee. I was talking shit on your show. That fucking idiot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, I, right? I know he. I don't. Re- <laughs> so you I don't still really watch like, the show even though you're mad at me. No, because I heard that because people oh, tell on. me about it because he could called. Admit it. He called me out. No, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I've 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 done. I've been watching less MMA shows. Okay, okay. Because I'm just I'm in it. I'm deep in it. Yeah. I, I, I train all the time. You okay. Know what I mean, so, but no, I, I pay attention, man. I, yeah. I still pay attention. I still got love. Yeah. I, I here, on the air. I apologize for putting you on the spot. That wasn't my intention. Honestly, my intention was to try to expedite all the right. process. All I'm saying, yeah. just g- give me a lot. Yeah, is is, for is sure. someone, anyone coming in today? Yeah, CM Punk is going to walk <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, who's this guy filming right over here? That's Bill. That's Wild Bill Hendricks. Hello, Wild Bill. How are you? And what's he filming for? Just, just filming. Okay. We've just, we just, we just been doing some filming together. Like a lot of like training and just, you know, other shit. Okay, so, so you disappear. Like after that fight, yeah. you literally fell off the face of the earth. Yeah. No fights, no rumors. You're not yeah. calling people out. You're the king of call outs. Where the hell were you? You grew facial hair? Yeah. I, I've just been training my ass off. I've been, do, I've been doing the right things, man. I've been, you know, I t- took some time to, I've been taking the right time to get a little rest in the beginning. Then I just, I've just been going to work. I've just been working. So was this the plan to go away? And it, um, yes and no. When I, when I got the stitches, it had to be the plan for at least a few months. Okay. Because if I rush back in and I'm bleeding out my head every fight, I look like an ass. Okay. And how is it now? Is, it's right Perfect. over there? Perfect. Yeah, it was here. Okay. Um, it, there's a gnarly picture. I um, yes, I, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I only got I got 21 three weeks before Punk. 21. Oh. I got a headbutt from, from my best the my best training partner LJ Raboli. He's a stud. Um, you'll you'll be hearing about him soon. But okay. He it was an accidental headbutt. I was tired. I was kind of leading with my head and uh, I, I cut it. 21 stage. I was I was nervous as heck because like if CM Punk cuts me open, I look like a jerk <laughs> on TV. You know what I mean? So I uh, yeah. So so. Uh, then that, then with Sage, he clipped it, and I only got eight from him. Okay. But uh, so I I just need need to give a ton of rest. And thing is, man, I'm young. I yeah. me getting six months is like for a lot of these guys getting like a year, getting okay. two years. I, I'm getting better faster, faster, faster. I'm growing so much. I yeah, I can't wait to show. By the way, I mean, when when you got that cut three weeks before the punk fight, were you freaking out? Because that was the bit, opportunity. Yeah, of all like a little bit. Like I had I had stitches in when the people came. Like some people were seeing the stitches. I got them out right before, uh, like I went out to like to the week they just came out. Wow! So I was like, like anything could have could have a good gust of wind could have popped them open. Wow! Yeah. Did you tell the UFC? Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! If, no, I wasn't letting that, I wasn't letting that word out. I had the 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 people who came and filmed saw, but that's, that's it. Did so when you're you're getting checked out by the doctors right in Ohio. Yeah. Are they asking? Are they looking? Are you freaking nah, I mean, out? You could, it was. It was. It was cool. It, it worked okay. out. The way it was. It was in my eyebrow. It worked out. It was like, like I was even like, wait, do you guys see stitches? You see stitches? Okay. Okay. And then no one saw You're stitches. They were gone. Right. And, uh, no. No. I was like literally because people brought up the rumors. They were like, we saw because there was things like you could see like circled my stitches with pictures and Jeez. stills, and they're like, Mickey got stitches before seeing pump fight. So I was just saying no, but I was lying. Do a lot of people still come up to you about that, or do you feel like that kind about of stitches? A, no, no, no. About punk. Like, yeah, are you yeah, still the punk guy? Yeah, yeah. Are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, like people come up to you on the street. Yeah, you're the guy who beats we, punk. We got record on our way here today. I was really? like, oh, I'm going to do Ariel show. Yeah, I was. It was hot out, so I was. Uh, I was not wearing my shirt in a gas station. You were walking. Yeah, outside <laughs> like shirtless. A total douchebag. Yes. Jersey, yeah, asshole. Yes. But you don't uh, pump your own gas in Jersey, right? No, no, no. I was going are... in the gas station get a okay. gallon of water. Okay. <laughs> and someone came up to you and said, "You're the yeah, guy who beats punk." Yeah, we did an punk. Wow. Have you ever talked to him since? No, never. No. no interaction, nothing. Nah. Is he trying to fight those still? There's some rumor. Yeah. I mean, there's some speculation, but still not 100% healthy. I don't know if it's going to happen anytime soon. 
is my would you would you like to see him fight again? Uh, whatever he he likes to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't put much thought into it. Yeah, I, you know. In a weird way, though, isn't it better for you if, if he like doesn't he, fight if I again? Tired him and whatever. Well, if it was Maybe. just one and done. But but let let him do whatever he wants. You know, I, I it's whatever. Would you recommend? Like, do you think he has it? In I him think to he'll act- probably get if if you give him a, a legit guy, he'll probably get done the same way I did him. Mm-hmm. Was it a mistake what? to fight you? If they wanted to build him up, yeah. Fuck yeah! Are you crazy? Yeah, they definitely picked the wrong one. If that was the plan, but I think, I think the plan they they switched the plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. They knew it was was going to happen. So so they knew that there wasn't much of a future. So they said, "Let's get a guy who we can now build off of, make him into yeah, maybe, the CM Punk killer." Maybe if if that wasn't the plan, it should have been right. And then it made, and I guess it is now. I kind of made it the plan. Right. You know? And then you get Sage. Yeah. And now he's going back down to 155. Was yeah. that a mistake, do you think, booking Sage against you for the UFC? Um, Considering how, I mean, no, they obviously like uh, No, Sage. I think that one was fun. Okay. And I, I was going to go down to 55. I would have went down to 55 to fight him in the garden last year. Mm. That was my plan. I thought I was going to have to do that. I didn't think he was going to come up. So when I called him out, I was getting ready to, wow. to, to strict up my diet and go stay, you know, stay light and go right into it. But now, um, you know, and I, that's what, and I even said on the, like thinking about going to 55 on my last one. Mm. That was kind of misinformation. I'm what do you mean? At 70. You're staying at 70. Yeah. So Too many but, 70s, I got to get it. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? I just, I just want to keep fighting at 70. You have like this, this, this energy about you right now. I feel like you're, you're just like, you're ready to Bro, explode. Bro, I'm excited. I'm, yeah. ba- I'm back. You're back. I'm, I'm fucking back. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Why so long though? Like why, why, did, why couldn't it have been six months? Like there's a big difference between 11 months and six months. The garden. The garden. At MSG. Okay, you that, wanted that to wait. That was nice. Like, yeah, I may be, I mean, but I... I don't know. That's just the. That's just, it's just the way it happened. It just time. Time is on my side. Okay. With time, I, I'm just. I, I'm all, every version of myself. Every time in the fight, I'm better, uh, and and I'm an even better version again. So. Did they sit down with you and say, okay, like sure. the UFC brass, Dana White? No. There was no like, okay, do you want to come back now? No, I want to come back in the Garden. What's the plan? Because you're 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 a blue chip prospect, right? Yeah. They should be investing a lot. They should be kind of working with you hand in hand. None of that happened. Not really. Like, how did, I how did it Shelby go down? Yeah. I, uh, he was like, uh, he was like, he was like, hey, uh, what do you think about uh, July? Mm. That, and then I was like, uh, give me a little more time because July would be right at six months. So let me, you know, get some time, a little more time. Um, let me train out the summer, and then, yeah. So then, and then they were like, I saw the MSG card. So in like, like late July, August, I was hitting them up about that. Okay. And was Randy Brown your idea or their idea? Um. So with Randy Brown, it, it was a little bit of both. Um, I had trained with Randy Brown. I got into, you know, I trained with him at Henzo's a little bit. Okay. Nice guy. Really, he's a good guy. Okay. Um, but then, and, I, and I'd actually had a conversation with Bill. Okay. Um, they're like, I was like, I would never, I would never fight Randy because he's, he's like a friend. Like, I, you know, we took an Instagram picture together. Okay. We trained together. We're, we're East Coast guys. How long ago? Um, last year, I I had wow. been trained with him when I came to your show before. Oh, the last wow. time, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. So we trained, but only a handful of times. Um, and then when he loses a fighter, I see him at put my name to Dana White. Say, how about Mickey Gall? Mm. And I was like, what? Wow, you felt betrayed. I mean, it was a. I don't know. I I'm I was honestly I I was kind of happy. Okay. Because I I, I like the fight a lot. Sure. Uh, you know we've trained together, and although we just did it was at Henzo's, we did grappling, jujitsu. I had my way with him. Okay. And obviously, you'd say my that's gonna be my strength. His strength this str- would be striking. Yeah. We'll see. But okay. you know. Uh, so he kind of started this by adding you. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, I was surprised. Like, I, I, you know, we hadn't trained that much, but I thought we were gonna go back and train together some more, keep trying to make sure work. But then he, I just feel like he just did me a favor. Wow. And why do you think he did that? 
because he they because he he thinks he he probably thinks he could beat me. He probably thinks like you know because I I haven't shown what I'm. Here's the thing, I haven't shown what I could do striking, but I haven't had to. Mm. I haven't had to. I mean, I dropped two of my opponents. I, it's almost just like just tell me when I'm wrong. I told you I was gonna beat uh, Michael Jackson the first round. I told you CM Punk first round. I told you I was gonna drop Sage and strangle him in the second round. Mm. I called all that shit beforehand. Right. I'm gonna beat Randy Brown too. Okay, what is it? This is just a good. F- I'm, I'm not positive on that yet. It's, okay. I don't always have Why? that right away. Okay, but I, I, because there's so much I can fucking do to him. <laughs> there's, so, there's so much I, I, you know, I, I probably drop him and strangle him. That's probably that probably happens again. Now people like to people are sleeping on my striking, which I like. Okay, which I'm glad about. Me and my coach uh, Sean Diggs, we've been doing a lot of striking. My my boy Amr too, Amr Ibrahim, who's like Jim Miller's uh, Muay Thai coach. Bunch of Tyler Bear is a training partner of mine who works with him. LJ Boley, bunch of bunch of tough studs coming up. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I have some of the most dangerous striking in the UFC. Really. Already, yeah, man, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. People are gonna get fucked up when I when we're standing. It's, it happens. It keeps happening. People and people it's like sparring, to say, it's happening. You're knocking. People yeah, it's out. always happening. But but people are saying. Uh, I try not to. They say you don't want to break your toys. Okay. You don't want to. You don't want to go they, too crazy. Yeah, of course, spawn. of course, of course. But um, but yeah, I, uh, I I'm I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I love this. Welcome back. Thank you. We've missed you. It's yeah. been like this mystery. And, and and you didn't want to update people, really. Like, you just no, kind of just, like pop up I was chilling, man. Laying, I was chilling. You Laying feel low. like you've lost a little momentum? Like, people no. kind of forgot about you a bit? Um, No. No. I don't think so. You don't think so? I don't think so. But, yeah. I, I mean, I'm... I, it's it's I'm 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 going to be undeniable. There, you know, I'm going to go in the garden. I'm going I'm to steal the show. I'm going to I'm going to beat this kid up. It's going to be great. Wow. Is Randy Brown a step up in competition compared to Sage Northcutt? Um, I'd say he's definitely... Uh, maybe, sl- yeah, probably slightly. Okay. Yeah, slightly. Um, a little more well-rounded, but heck of a lot of holes. Heck of a hole. And not... He he doesn't always... He, he I don't really see him perform. He doesn't perform like that. He doesn't perform like me. Like, I, I step up. <clears throat> Randy Brown won't beat a Mickey goal. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Um, what kind of holes are we talking about? Just numerous, numerous on the ground. That I will exploit. No, everywhere. Really? Yeah. But you've only rolled with them. Yeah, yeah. But I, but it, I, I've, I've watched, watched, I've watched his yeah, fights. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. But he, honestly, I, I really don't have. I, I, I like the kid. I think he's a good kid. I think he, he's a hardworking kid. Nice kid. I, I hope good things for him for the future. But it's going down. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> going down. This is this is for the looking for a fight title. Yeah. The, yeah. 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 It's, I have the belt. Of the Dana White looking for a fight belt. Why do you have the belt? Because you were the first guy. Well, well, no, actually, I, Sage one, was I did first. it. I did it, the show pretty perfectly. Right, they were, did. They were, I did that show perfectly. I called right. CM Punk. I seen Punk. Like, the show is it even a show? Is it even a show? Like still, I think so. Okay, yeah, I think they're yeah. Matt, Sarah, you got yeah, I know, Tom, but I feel like it, it hasn't appeared in a while. I don't know. Okay, okay, I don't fair know. Well, they got the Contender Series too. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, so, so you beat Sage. That made you get the belt, right? Yeah. And yeah, why not? Yeah, Sage had the belt. He's the one who had sure. the most shine off that, <laughs> for sure. He got the most off it. But then I, 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 I took that from him. Right. And now I'm giving Randy a shot at it. Did you? Know and, he, and he also, Randy also was talking something about like he beat me, he beat Sage in an interview when I thought we were like friends and shit. What do you mean? But he he did like some some article and uh, like someone had it. people people show me. It's like I don't see. I, I okay. so people show me like like they'll tag you and be like, look at this, look what Randy did. Said yeah. Did. What did he say? He, he was like, oh, I'd beat, I'd beat Mickey on stage on the best one off looking for the fight. Oh, so, okay. So, you know, we'll find out. Okay. We'll see. Um, why, like you said, I, I'm not doing the MMA media thing right now. I'm taking, you know, I'm, I'm off the grid, right? You said that earlier, essentially. Um, I guess so, yeah. I didn't really have much to talk about, though. No, 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 but like you, you didn't consume it. 
Um, I, I guess I just consume less. Like when I was when I was like younger, I, I'd watch every every. Yeah, yeah. But it's just it's just a little too much when you're in it and it's you're in it all the time. Is that fights as well? Like pay per views? No, like I, I I don't I don't miss much fights. Okay, I don't miss much fights. Is it because as, it as, becomes like suffocating to just be thinking MMA twenty four seven? Like I, I watched the, I watched the fights this weekend. I watched some of the Bellator. I watched uh, definitely watched the UFC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's just too much. Sometimes you just want to relax your brain. But I, I'm I'm. I'm, I'm in it all the time. Like I'm watching film. I'm, I'm doing everything. I'm doing everything right. I got a new. I got a new. Dude, I, I got a new nutritionist. I've been working with this guy Tom Bolella in Jersey. Okay. okay. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm eating everything perfect. I'm, I'm like doing my vitamins. I used to take a bunch of vitamins, and now I'm just taking like the proper ones and, and right at the right times. You know, I, I feel great. How much you weigh right now? Um, like 92. Okay. So that's okay for you. Yes. I mean, you look, I, I was going to say less. I was, t- I was 205 in the, wow. in the like beginning of summer. Like I lifted a lot with uh, Billy D. Williams. Okay. My boy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Billy D. I lifted a lot with him. Um, I've been working with Joe DeFranco too now. Okay. It's, yeah. And, and yeah, it's awesome. So this whole time, like from December, end of December up until now, you're just training. Training my ass off. Ass training off. like hard, like going like, <laughs> like deep, going dark. No vacation? Going, no. Yeah. I'd, I'd vacation. Like I, you know, um, where'd you go? I went to I went to LA. Bill has a place out in LA. Okay, it was a good time. That was fun. Um, yeah, 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 I liked it out there. Okay. So yeah, we did some of that, but I, yeah, I do no real vacation. Like I go out there and I, I find training too. I be training. And you don't I show took, up to fights. You, you're never like a guest fighter. I like have that. done that. Well, you did that once with Misha, right? I've done that. I've done you a Misha few of were those. getting very cozy at the those. front in the front there. That was that was nice. I like that. You thought, <laughs> you thought we were cozy in the front? <laughs> well, there was a picture. You posted a picture of like um, me and Misha made Britain great again. What is it? That's what I said. Oh, that, great, yeah. Great, made Britain great again. Great Britain. Yeah. Something I thought you guys, like look, I mean, it was a nice looking couple, you two. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks. Was that we're for, not a couple. No. I know you're not a couple. <laughs> but, but, People but, ask me that. It's so crazy. Yeah, because the, gotta, yeah. you guys were taking pictures. But um, that was one time. That was what, uh, like in November? No, no, no. It was nah, after the fight. It was, was early. That? that was that was in London. I got to go be a guest fighter in London, which was an awesome opportunity. Was, was really but then you didn't do anything else. Like you haven't been around for a, quite some time. International nah, fight I've had, week. I've had boys fighting. I've had okay. like my buddies fighting. Um, you know, LJ fought Chris Cotalo, who's got another fight coming up. Um, and then I, I went to TriStar. Oh, you I did. Trained up at TriStar. You yeah, went back. I've just been I've just been training all the low. Wow. I've been training. What do you say working. when you say when you say you, dark training? What does that mean? You go dark. I work hard. I work mean? hard. I work. For, I, I, I put my work ethic against anyone. Okay. Anyone, man. I, I, I work super hard. Even like the champs? Yeah, I, I don't know because I don't see what they do, but I know what I do and I know I don't think a person could do more than I do. Okay. You know what I mean? But I, I bet everyone feels that way. Um, when were you last at TriStar? Um, August. Was GSP there? Uh, no, I didn't see him when I was there. I'm, um, I think they were, else, they were elsewhere, training elsewhere, but I'm sure they're... Are you going to go back? Yeah, I plan on going back a little bit in October. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Are you going to have Faraz in your corner? Um, I think for this fight, I'm going to have my coach, who I always have, David Adiv, mm-hmm. um, Sean Diggs, and LJ Raboli. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be my corner for this fight. I like to rotate. I've never had the same corner twice. Really? Yeah. Wow. Why? I don't know. Isn't there something to that though? Like, well, it's I, it's always my like my main people. Like, I've had David sure. and Diggs in the past three. LJ came out with me for the CM Punk one, but I, and LJ such a he's a phenom. You should you guys should check him out. LJ Revolt. He's really yeah. Good. What's his record? Um, he's four zero amateur. Won a belt. Going pro. He's like six mm-hmm. three. When's he going pro? Um, sometime after my fight. He's just helping me right now. Okay. That's what we do. We we help each other. You know, I was helping him with his yeah. camps. We're helping Gritalo, and now he's helping me. Okay. And after after I get this win, then we'll, we'll worry about LJ. Did you feel bad at all for for Sage? Like in hindsight, like you brought you brought out nah, the dark man, it's a, you, it's, you brought out the dark side in him. 
it's a it's a dog it's a doggy dog thing, and that's why I really don't fault Randy too much. Okay, it's it's a doggy dog sport. He, you know, um, you you got yeah. We get, it's a doggy it's doggy dog world, is it, but this sport especially is doggy dog. You gotta you gotta you know you want to take out you want to take out Nate. no friends no compassion. Nah, I mean there's there is time there, you need to have that, but in the game I guess it's you know people people choose, choose different things sometimes. I I don't know I don't know I. I was never friends with Sage. Me and Rand, right. I guess, were a little bit of friends. Yeah, uh, and and he's he's a good guy. Did you he's ever speak guy. to Sage? Wasn't there some talk of maybe you guys would train together afterwards? We know now. Nah, we never said that. No. He's out now for mail. Looks like he's doing good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you keep tabs on him. I, I just saw that. I <laughs> keep tabs. <laughs> I'll follow him on but. your prey, or at least your victims, I should say. Um, what about what about the business side of Mickey Gall? Do you have a manager? Yeah. Who's your manager now? Um, MBK Sports, Eugene Lee. My boy Kavi helps me out a lot. Oh, are they new to the game? I don't know. Uh, they're mostly like like football. Oh wow! So they're they're a New York place, but uh, interesting. I figured you know be a, I'd, I figured I'd be a bigger fish if rather than going to like a one of those where it's they got Connor and Chisping sure. yeah, yeah, and yeah. all those guys. Okay, yeah. you don't want to be part of like the MMA management circles. You want? I don't to know. Outside, I, just, I, but... I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I that's what I did. Okay. Yeah. And how's that working out so far? It's good. It's good. I, because good. for a while you were kind of like a free agent. A lot of managers were asking me about you. Oh, who's representing this guy? I mean, you were you were like the prospect of the year. You were the breakout star of twenty seventeen. Yeah. Twenty sixteen, I should say. Yeah. So when did you decide to go with these guys? Um, shortly after the fight, I t- but I think was it before or after the stage fight. I don't remember. I think it was after. I think I was just doing it myself before that. But uh, yeah, they're working on on some stuff. Like what? I don't know. Sponsors, yeah, stuff like that. All that. Their market you know out I mean? there. Are you feeling it? Yeah, a little bit. You know, I'm I'm doing okay. Just trying, but I my my thing is because you haven't gotten a training, paycheck man. since December, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I haven't gotten a, a UFC paycheck. Right, of course you haven't fought. Yeah, eleven months it will be. Are you worried It'll about be eleven months? Yeah, ring rust? Fuck no, <laughs> bro. I perform. I step up and I, I do. I always I'm, and I'm ready to go. I'm re- I'm ready. Do you have a chip on your shoulder? Um, you, you, maybe, yeah, probably, yeah. I got you. Why? <laughs> yeah, because I, I just, I just, why not? I, I like but to like, work hard, man. I, I, you feel I, like you're being doubted. You feel like they're, yeah, okay, like you do, yeah, like I, like I was listening, like I said, okay, about with uh, Kevin Lee. Yeah, I, I'd like to challenge him to a uh, straight, like a fight in the gym. I saw him slide into Ferguson's DMs trying to do that. I'd like to, okay. I like him slide into mine, and I, yes. yeah, I'd like to get like a little no limit fight, no limit. We call it a spar. Maybe he get. Daddy, no holds barred. Daddy Mayweather get sponsor and we can bet some money or something. Wow! I don't know. He's got something on the what the seventh. I got something the next month on the fourth. Sure, we can figure that. No out No gloves. What? Well, yeah, whatever you want. No rules. Fuck wow. it. Let's fight. What's your beef with Kevin Lee? He's talking shit, man. He's he's yeah. too comfortable using my name. Wow. So, I, yeah. You didn't like that. He was talking about the you know certain people that the UFC was pushing things like that. The irony is that they're really pushing him now. Yeah. Are you a believer in him? Do you think he's good? I, I I think he's got talent, but I'd fuck him up. I don't <laughs> I'd, I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to, to do. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I want to go to fifty five. Yeah. I'm saying we could. We we're both in different places in our career, but we could fight. In, wow. In so this is the one that's kind of been on the tip of your tongue. Um. No. 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 I've just been. I just. I listened to the interview with you. Yeah, when I was yeah. doing a little homework about when I was about to come in here. <laughs> okay. So I was like, I. Li- you I, wanted uh, to see if I'd been talking shit over the last few months about you. Um. No. See, this no. is my thing. I, I, no, I didn't think you would. I didn't think you were. I didn't think you were talking shit on me. At okay, all. okay, okay. You no. Because no. when I have beef, I like to call someone up. I like to be like, "Hey, yeah, I got beef." I felt like letting you sit. You, you did. Let me, I was shocked when you responded. Yeah, man. No, I just. I yeah. I and it just. And you also. I was, you also took a long time between replies. Was that on purpose as well to make me sweat? No, no. no. Like you appeared. No, I said then, yeah. I said yeah. But then it was like a it. long time. Then, well, 
So well, I was like, is he playing mind games? I'm oh, very wait, sensitive. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sensitive. sensitive too. You are? Yeah. Oh, I feel yo, like you I have a lot of fighters, I think all fighters are sensitive. That's yes. why we get pissed off. And that's why, because you're we right. work so damn hard. You're right. You're we right. work. You only see 15 minutes of what we do. Sure. Uh, but we're in the gym. But I've been in the gym earlier today. I'm going to be in the, back in the gym tonight. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? We're, we, work, we work hard as heck. And it's, uh, people, yeah, people can be disrespectful. But, you know, that's okay. It's, it's okay. It's better. I, I le- you should, you know. It's good when someone, when people like you. some people love you, some people hate right. you. It's part of the game. You gotta be, you, you know, you know, you know what it is. Sure, sure. When it was time to um, get back on the horse, did you inquire about Dan Hardy? Uh, I just he he don't he don't want it. it right. It's yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I don't need to. It's not happening. It's not happening. Nah, it's not. Weren't you guys together in London? Yeah. Did you talk to him? A little bit. I was trying to. I was trying to get. Uh, I couldn't. I sucked. I couldn't really hear okay. when I was on stage. Right, right, right. I was gonna. I was trying to really. I was gonna have some fun with that. I had a couple good lines at that thing, but I was gonna have a little more fun. But I, I couldn't hear. They. Someone asked about us fighting. I would. I would. I would have lit them up then. But I, I couldn't even hear that one. So okay. So the first time times, you say that I didn't prepare you. Now shut, you say. Shut that, up, Ariel. <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> it's always excuses with you. So, but did you actually talk to him? Did you actually like go up to him and say like, "What's up, man? Can we do this?" I. I like. Yeah, like I, I, like I said it, like, and he was like, "Ah, oh, man." Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're not feeling it. But did you ask the UFC, like, what's the real story here? I did, yeah, I, I asked them, and they were like, "It's, it's not happening." It's just not happening. Yeah. So then you moved on. Yeah, so we moved on. Are you disappointed that you're not getting that fight? Um, I no, I, I really, I, I like this ring. I, I honestly, like I said, I didn't think it was gonna happen. And then I, when it started, I was like, "Oh, maybe this could happen." Anyone Same else discussed? Just, nah, nah, no one. It was just him. Yeah. What about this? Where's this coming from? Uh, from not shaving. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. But is this I, part I just, of the? I feel like this is part of the psyche. This is like representative of what you're thinking, how you're feeling right now. Um, I like it by the way. Maybe a little. I, it was just. I guess I. I just. I just kind of. It was kind of laziness at okay. first, and I just didn't give. Do you sh- you shave this part though? No, man. Just kind of a. Just Nothing kind of grows child. there. Yeah. You're kidding. Actually, me. wait. No, I. No. Can you see like there's little there's bits, a little, but it's kind of wow. strays. I. Uh, I shaved it one time for my cousin's wedding, just this to clean up because yeah. my my grandma asked me to. Okay. So I. I but did. she was okay with this. I mean, okay with it. She, you know, grandmas don't love it. Okay, it's okay. And that—that's amazing to me. Yeah, I'm. I'm just still a child, I guess. How, how, when's the last time you shaved this part, like the mustache part? Um, month. Okay. Month. Are you gonna let it grow I don't until? Know. I don't know. I say we keep it. Yeah. Will you keep it for the fight? I have no idea. I take okay. it day by day. I was. Day I was gonna day. chop it off. I was gonna chop it off the other day. I'm just whatever the whatever the mood strikes. Me. Yeah, I think it's a great look for you. Thank it kind you. of it, like I like when people go away and reappear with facial hair because it's like okay, this is a new chapter. You're not the same old guy. It is a new chapter. When I saw you on on Instagram with the you know with the facial, I was like, I like okay. This is a man who has many layers to him. He went away. He kept us guessing. People would ask about me, about me, to ask me about you all the time, saying, "Where's Mickey Gall? Where's Mickey Gall?" When I said that you were on the show, people were like, "Oh, Mickey Gall, it's great to hear from you." I, I feel like you kind of, I don't know, you're you're, you're a thinker, and totally and, a thinker, and, and and that's evident with your callouts. That's evident how you've kind of planned your career, the yeah. steps. It's great, Thanks. and that's why I thought that you would appreciate what I did for you in December. Real, you didn't tell me beforehand. That's it. That's the only. That's the only thing. I would have. I would have been. I would have been all about it. And I. I, We. It would have been great. It could have. Feel like we're cool now, though. Yeah. Yeah, But but I still have to get back. I have to regain that trust. I mean, you know. So yeah. But but no, I I like you, bro. You know, I always like. I know. That's why I was heard. It's amazing when I sent you that text after the show. I was like, thanks. I think I said like, I hope you don't mind, right? I don't remember. Can I check? 
Sure. I'm gonna just check right now. Because, <laughs> you can see because, a lot of you can see a lot of Ariel text. No, yeah, 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 a yeah, lot yeah. of non replies Here it is. Here it is. Wait, it's coming. It's coming. Okay, there it is. All right. And so I wrote to you. Okay, there there is a bunch. Um, I said appreciate you being a good sport about that. Congrats on a phenomenal year. Enjoy LA. No response. Yeah. And then there was another response. I wrote. On April 4th, hey Mickey, hope you're well. Any news on your end? Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Then I just wrote on May 25th, hi, hi Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. So when you saw that, you're like, fuck that guy, right? <laughs> yeah, I was just kind of like, let me let Ariel sit. Wow. He's got, he's, got, he's got plenty of other fighters he can go text. Wow. That's amazing. But it's, I'm actually proud of myself that I felt right away that you were mad. Yeah. I could feel it right off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, you don't. I, I want if if I if I'd seen you before today, yeah, I would I would have you would have come well, up to me. Talked about what it. What would yet. you have done? Would you have? I, I would exactly what we did right here. Okay, okay. Exactly what we did right here. But you wouldn't have gone physical. Fuck no. <laughs> I don't know. Fighters are crazy sometimes. You know, like nah, you guys I'm get emotional crazy. things yeah. like that. So MSG, what does it represent? Why That's my important? backyard. Yeah. That's my backyard. You know, I'm a Jersey kid. Yeah, yeah. I'm a Jersey kid. Did you go to events there as a kid? Did you? Go um, to- I don't even know. I just you know you have know Madison Garden. Um, yeah, I've, I've been, I don't know if I've even been inside to be completely wow. honest. Wow. Um, uh, I don't think I saw a Knicks game there. I don't know. Maybe I have. Okay. I, I, I don't think so though. But I, I've, you know, I've been, I've been outside it a million times outside the sure. train station. Yeah. You know. And so this is a, a kind of like a bucket list thing for you? Yeah, it's cool. Cause I've had a lot of like really like loyal friends and family who've mm-hmm. traveled to Cleveland and Sacramento yeah. all over the place. So it's cool that now they could just drive into the city. Right. Vegas, of course. You've yeah. Got, Vegas. Yeah. yeah. And so, so you get to fight an MSG. Do you already have, like, I feel like now with the time off and being the thinker that you are, you have a bit of a plan set out here. Let's get through MSG. Let's get through Randy Brown. Then we'll go here. Then we'll go there. I mean, you're talking about the Kevin Lees of the world. I know that he's not in your division, but we're... I just, yeah, I just don't like the way he, he talks. I know, but we're... I don't like the, don't we're, like the way he talks. The way you talk right now, you're kind of... You consider yourself with the big dog. You said you're the best striker in the sport, <laughs> right? I sound one of the most dangerous strikers in the UFC. Yes, I did. Yes, okay. The most dangerous striker. Dangerous, see, yeah. dangerous. Is there a difference between dangerous and best? Um, I think so because I, it's not like I, I've grown up doing like Muay Thai. Sure, sure, and, sure, and sure. I'm not like who's that dude who just fought Gokan Saki? Like oh, you yeah. might say he's one of the, like the best strikers just because his pedigree. Fair, fair. But me, I'm a, I'm a hitch. I'm a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt people. I'm okay. gonna hit people. I'm gonna hurt them. I'm gonna drop them. And then when they're a babe in the woods, I'm gonna strangle the shit. And, and and you know, like I, I can't see the comments right now, but you know what people are saying. What. You drop Mike Jackson. Uh-huh. You drop CM Punk. Like uh-huh. this guy's completely out of his mind. Okay. Am I boring you right now? You're yawning. I wasn't yawning. Oh, you weren't. Okay. <laughs> no, I, was, I was just clicking my jaw a little bit. So, so is 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 is? I mean, like you know that that's coming, <laughs> you right? I was yawning. Yeah, I thought I was boring you. Yeah, uh, but that's all good, baby. That's all good. Yeah. Do you yeah. still feel like people haven't quite bought in? Like they still think that you're the totally. reality and I, show guy. I get it. I get it because I I fought CM Punk and Sage Northcutt. Yeah. And, and that's Jackson. cool. You don't have, yeah, you don't, you don't have to, people, yeah, people don't even know like about that fight. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I, it's, it's all good. I know, I, I know who I am and, and my people know who I am and what I can do. And it's just a matter of time before I get to show it. You do you think I mean? that if there wasn't that looking for a fight show? I'd be- still be, I'd still be probably fighting. I'd be like five and oh, six and oh, fighting regionally. I probably have a regional belt. Be yeah. like, be like one of those guys. Like UFC, come sign me. One, like right, I, right. I can't. I'm, yeah. I'm one of the. Yeah, I'd probably be there. Yeah, I, but I'd be, you know, I'd be, I'd be right about making my debut in a year or two. Do you get like when you're training with the guys who are in that position in gyms? Do you feel like they're envious of you? Because you're probably, you know, like you. Sometimes got lucky, right? people come at me, come at me hot, like when I'm training at different gyms. You feel that being like, oh, you're the guy who beat CM Punk or something like that. But uh, that's that's all. It's all good with me. I like to go hard anyway. So do they actually say it, or you just feel? No, nah, you can. Well, there's a little bit of both. Sometimes, like they'll be like, 
oh, you're, you're, you're and you see like the, that kind of their their wheels start up. turning, kind of. Yeah. And then yeah, you could sometimes feel the way they're they're going with you. But I like that. That's all good. Yeah. I, I could. Yeah. What about on the street? <laughs> no, 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 no. Tai <laughs> Chi on the street. No. Do 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 you feel like beating CM Punk did for your career what you thought it would, or has it been a little less? Has it been a little more? Um, I'd say it's pretty much exactly as I really? thought. Wow. Pretty much exactly as I thought. Put you know, put me in the position for my next fight, and now I'm sitting here three and zero in the UFC. Yep. About to be four and zero in the UFC. And I'll be five and zero. When's your contract up? How long is your deal? I think I have five more fights after after this one. Four more. Oh, because the Mike Jackson one didn't count. Not the did, did, but I think I had. I think felt like I, I think I had an eight fight. I think I yeah. had an eight fight. So, so this, three. Yeah. And okay. Five gotcha. more. Wow, that's a long contract. Yeah, that's all good. I feel like you're good. There's a lot of guys. I feel like you're going to outgrow it. No, I mean you're. Maybe. A, if you beat Randy Brown in impressive. When I beat Randy Brown. When you beat. Impressive. <laughs> uh, I, I feel like you're starting. To, you're in a much different place than you were when you beat Mike Jackson, right? What do you mean? Meaning, like I'm, I'm much, I'm higher in. Yes, the, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So for sure, Randy's a yeah, Randy's a is a is a higher caliber fighter. Sure. Yeah, for sure. But so, but you're gonna just play out the contract. Yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna fight. I'm here to fight, baby. Do you want to come back quickly if all goes well in November? Like now, are you trying? Yeah, to Yeah, I'd like to do time? about like three. Like I like to do like three a year. Like I did my first. Like last year, I did three. Sure. I'd like to do three a year going forward. Who's after Randy Brown? Do you have that name already, or is it Not too exactly. soon? Exactly. Not exactly. No, no. You haven't thought that far in advance. Um, no, I don't have it. And if I did, I probably wouldn't say though. Too too I, soon. Yeah, I okay. say it on the mic. I say so it after you, after I right. went on the mic. But now there's an expectation, right? Yeah. And I think that's why the Dan Hardy one was kind of met with mixed reaction because like everyone was like, okay, who's he got on yeah. Fox? You like, wait, wait. You don't want to see me fight Dan Hardy? I didn't want to see that. Why? Hey, first of all, he's retired. He's got a heart problem. You're much younger. But he's than he's him. Always, he's always been saying he's gonna fight. He's this and that. And he was he he's fought for the belt. He's a he's a legit yeah, fighter. That's like a nice too name. off the beaten path. Okay. It, it, I thought I thought he was just in, uh, far off enough the beating path that it could happen. That yeah. like I'm trying to be realistic. Sure. That's too. that was the problem. It wasn't realistic. It, you didn't think. I, didn't right, think I thought was. maybe uh this guy will try and come and shut up this young kid. I mean, look maybe at we him. We could have done it. He hasn't come back. No signs. I know. Of him I, but I be, I believed when sure. I thought you should have asked me. Should I ask beforehand? You yeah. Consultant? What's the deal with that? Then we get a leak. <laughs> no, come on. You don't trust me? You think I'm? Gonna... Fuck no. Well, come on. <laughs> Fuck no. What do you mean? What you do you if, mean? You think if you would have texted me, I would have went out and said that Mickey Gall is considering? Yes, right before, right before that I announced it, you would have been like, yes. you, you would have been sitting there with a smucky God. face. Oh, <laughs> wow. See, now we've taken a whole other turn here. You don't. So you, you really don't trust me. That, that I, hurts. You can't trust you. How, you don't who, trust the media. You can't. Tr- who can? If you who, tell me something off I don't, the I trust, record. I trust my dad. I trust Bill. I trust. Sure. I trust Who's Bill. By the way, is that's he my family? Boy, yo, that's yeah. That's family. I mean, but really, who is he? He's just a that's guy boy, trying to. We, we he's trying to. Ma- he's trying to make money off your name. He's taking videos of you and stuff. See what I mean? He's always antagonizing. He's pushing <laughs> the button, trying to get a rise out of people. I can't believe it. Wow! If someone said to me that I don't trust you, that's like the biggest insult that someone could say. But, as but as look, like an interview just, interviewee subject, you know, as a, as yeah? a report, yeah. Because if I don't have your trust, then I got nothing. But I, what do you you want me to just push my trust in you? And the, you like we what we what we first talked about is like if yeah, that that's that wasn't really I, a trustworthy I broke, thing. I, I broke I broke that trust. I yeah, but say I'm saying yes. you should have asked me about Dan Hardy. That was before that incident. But you just okay. said, you know, but, what I mean? but even yeah, no, I wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I, I'm you're not that kind of lip sync ships, yeah, yeah. man. I'm not out there trying you're, to talk and not, get everyone's opinion. There are some fighters like when I hear a rumor about something, I'll reach out to them and be like, "Hey, is this true? Yeah, just don't say that." I told you know that's kind of everyone's so afraid of the UFC. The big bad UFC is going to get you in trouble. You're not that guy. You're just not going to say anything. I'm I'm doing my own thing. Yeah, I'm doing my own. Thing. You're not playing that game. 
No, nah, loose, li- loose, li- loose lips sink ships. But there, there is something to be said for having good relationships with the media, you know. Yes, and I, I, I do. I, I did do. every. I did every. You did every interview. I always with all the all respect. I'm always, you know, I, I, I try and make it like we're friends talking. Sure. No, you're great at it. But I, I, I did feel like you did not do a friend move. Okay. I felt like you were you were on Dan Hardy's. You were being Dan Hardy's friend. Maybe the problem was, is it possible the problem was that you thought I was your friend, but in reality, we're just sort of like interview, interview, like not say that I don't want to be your friend, but like you're not inviting me to your wedding, right? I'm not getting married in time. So you never know where our friendship could grow. Sure, that's true. Are, you, are we spoken for these days? Um, what do you mean? Are, are, you had a girlfriend last time I spoke to you, right? Yeah. No more? Um, Taking a break? <laughs> no, she's still she's still around. Why did she's you pa- why did you pause? Because it's uh it's you know how you know how those things go. It's more complicated than that. It's Is not, it? Or yeah, yeah. She's she's still she's still in the picture. Okay. Yeah. Are you happy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it's she's a good girl. She's yeah. Okay. Is she gonna come to the fight? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I feel like you're not saying something. Maybe that's, you don't want that's to say. not yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just my business. I appreciate that. No problem. Um, so I feel like we did a lot of good work here. Yeah. <laughs> I had fun. It's nice to see you. It's nice yeah, to uh, you it was know great. nice to, to and talk I appreciate and talk. this. Wow. Yeah, man, a little jersey mug. Where'd you get this? Um at the store. Okay. You thought I'm I was like, give... let me bring let me bring arrows wow. maybe a jersey thing. Maybe piss me off. I throw it at the yes, at here his action it is. figures. Look at that. I'm gonna keep this forever. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, I didn't tell people the first time exactly what it was in case you're just listening. Here we have the great state of New Jersey. This is a gift from New Jersey's own Mickey Gall. Good things happening in New Jersey these days. Yeah. You know, yeah. the governor kind of screwing the people going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, on the great. beach. Would you ever Dude, leave? Someone, yeah, someone stopped me. I was I was going for a run down the shore mm-hmm. and uh, some guy was like, he was like, wait, wait, wait. You can't go on the Oh, because no, listen, go, but you don't go because that whole thing. Yeah. Wow. They let, yeah, they wouldn't let me run towards the lighthouse. I've been going to since I was a baby. Meanwhile, the guy's like getting sun mm-hmm. on his own private beach. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's a crazy time in the world of sports. I'm yeah. going to talk about that a little later on. Maybe yeah. Piss off some people just with all, all the, the the players kneeling down. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Yeah. 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 You know, gonna, I'm just gonna keep it real with you. Please. I'm gonna tell. I'm always gonna tell you yeah. if I, you know. How, yeah. 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 What do you mean? Are you referring to the Dan yeah, Hardy thing? No, to any, just to anything. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna. Well, know, how do you feel about what's is that? With the, oh, with the NFL. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, yeah. I was just, I was just saying. Oh. in regards to our conversation. I know. I appreciate that. I, I feel so good right now. Good, I can tell you. I feel good too. It always felt like every time your name would come up, I'm like, oh, I'd love to talk to him, but I feel like he doesn't like me, and that's why that was a that was a hail mary on my on my own part. I was at the zoo with my kids on Wednesday. Texted you. You wrote back. I was like, wow, I can't believe he actually wrote back. Yeah. I thought there was no chance in hell. No, man. I, I wanted to be friends, but I was like, let me, what am I going to text him back? Still being like, ugh. No, no, like this is great. Wait, I give you a lot of credit. You so made I'm the check. How far is this from where you live? Um, it was like four. It was like forty-five minutes. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, you yeah, drove. It's not, it's not bad. Yeah, we drove in. Okay. Yeah. You're not still delivering bread and things. No, like that, no, right? I'm, I'm retired <laughs> from the bread, the bread delivery business. You're doing full-time MMA. MMA. Nothing yeah. else. My life, man. Yeah. Do you have any sponsors right now? Yeah. People who um, are supporting you. A big one for me has been Frederick Chevrolet. Oh wow! That was the shirt I was wearing the first time. Okay. So I'm thankful that I'm not sweating through my shirt yes. this time on the on the interview. <laughs> well, it's, it's a little cooler, high. right? Yes, it's cooler in yes, here. It's yes. hot as heck outside. It is. Yeah, it's like it's ninety really something degrees. It's unbelievable. So what? You get a you get a car from them? Um, no, I, I you know they're just they've just they've been supporting me um, for for years. They believed in me from my amateur days. Wow. Yeah, Frederick Chevrolet, and they they're still. They're yeah. still got your back. Still got my back. What's the back. biggest thing we've been working on since we've been away in the dark training? Just, Everything, everything, 
everything. I have just, this vision of you in a dark room, just like, with pay, like it's a little, it's a little American Psycho esque right now. The vibe that you're you're giving off, you know that movie? Nah. Like you're in a room, you know, like those. Am I trying to be insulted? No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a little Rory McDonald esque. Like there's like yeah, this, you mentioned that the first time. Yes, I love being compared to Rory. Okay, so I, I appreciate. Have you that. trained with him in Montreal? Um. Uh. We, we've been in the gym together. We didn't get the train. It was just uh, different times. But we've had a couple conversations. He's a great guy. Really okay. Cool. Yeah. I like him. I hope to, to be able to train. I know he's, got, he's fighting Douglas Lima coming up. That's right. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's great to see you again. Good to see you, Mike. Thank friend. you, Mickey. All the best to you. And thank you for, you know, clearing the air. Tell me how you feel. I'm not offended. Yeah. I'm happy that we got through this. Yeah. And no, of course we You know, you called it. me a schmuck. You know, that's okay. Uh, I'll get over that. Schmucky reporter. <laughs> you know you do, man. <laughs> that was great. I still don't know. I still really don't know what you mean by no, that. No, look, like, I'm just think, saying all the fans. I play a role I, they, they they should they should love the heck out of you because you, you, you do you do you you do a great job. But but you're gonna piss off MMA fighters along the way. And like I said, us MMA fighters can be sensitive. Yeah, they can. Just yes, I've learned that. I've learned that. Yeah, man, because we we that's why we work so fucking hard. I, and I respect it. You know I what have I mean? Nothing. I, I have more respect for MMA fighters than any athlete on the on this planet. And I think I've, I've made that very clear. Sometimes, you know, we'll mess up along the way. There'll be misunderstandings as I think yeah. we could chalk that one up to. But uh, please don't think that I don't respect you or try to insult you or try to overstep my boundaries. That wasn't right. my thing. Honestly, I, I was trying to expedite it. I was trying to get you the fight. I was trying to help you out. One text beforehand. Would I'm not Team Dan Hardy. Fantastic. I'm one not a Dan Hardy guy. Fantastic. I'm more of a Mickey Gaga. I would have stayed up. I probably yeah. would have stayed up all night and just and been cooking up, all right. cooking up some shit to say. Well, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, You're fighting at MSG. It's all good. Who needs I'm Dan happy. Hardy? Yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. All right. Yeah. November 4th, MSG. Great card. By the way, who do you got? Bisping or GSP? Oh, man. You I don't... That, the, 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 all the fights. I'm never good at picking fights. You're not good? But they're, no. I, I, just because I know it's... I don't know... If I'm not like there, if I don't know the person, I, I don't know. I, okay. I don't know what's going to happen in a fight. But I, I think it's this is the best card of the year. 100%. Bisping, GSP... Uh, Yoani on Jacek against Rose Namajunas and then Cody Garbrand versus TJ Dillashaw. Yeah, three titles. Unbelievable. Yeah, wouldn't that be sick if they put me and Randy to kick off the main card? That's what you want? Yeah, then you put... Fuck yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we kick off the main card and then you have Wonderboy. Um, Masvidal? They're not going to listen to me because I'm saying this on yeah. your show. Why? What are you, what are you trying to imply? Oh, man, they hate you. Come on. <laughs> Who's they? <laughs> UFC. I, oh, that's not true. PW? One guy... Yeah. Have you asked them? Nah. I asked no, I him should. to come on my show last I'll, week. Ask him what? To put me at that fight? No, if he really hates me. I'm not quite uh, no. sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we talk about. Me and Dan get together and we just talk about you. When's the last time you spoke to him? Um, when I, when I, when uh, a text. Oh. When uh, I said uh, I'm going to be, I want to be fighting Randy Brown for the Dana White looking for a fight belt. You so told him? He's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So oh, okay. Like, it's a joke. Like, yeah, so I'm going to be putting your Dana White looking for a fight. You should make one. Are you going to make one? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah. You walk around, you walk to the ring with that or the cage with that. It'd be great. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you want to be the first fight of the pay-per-view I think, yeah. I, if you put us the first fight of the main card right yep. at 10 o'clock, Kick it off. me and Randy, and then you got Wonderboy, Masvidal. Yep. Ooh, that's a, that's a heck of a fight. Tremendous. And then the three titles. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. But I don't care. You know what I mean? doesn't really matter. Uh, no, I get you the get fight paid the same. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that I just think that'd be cool. They just right. announced a great fight for that card as well this morning. Joe Duffy, Vic. Yeah, Ooh, that's, that's a great going. fight. Joe Duffy, I, I love the way he strikes. He soaks up space so well. He's, yeah. he's very. Have you good. trained with him at? Tri-Star? I have. I have. He's yeah. all, he's a really good dude. Really great good boxer. Yeah. Right. He was a pro boxer for yeah. a time. Um. Again, I'm happy to see you. I'm yeah. happy you're back. 
I love the fact that you're on the MSG card. I think Randy is a nice, appropriate step up. Mm-hmm. I love the facial hair. Thank you. I'm very high on Mickey Gall right now. Thanks. I just I want you to it. know that. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm, you feel I'm, love? I'm, I'm feeling, yeah. I okay. feel, and I feel good about Great. this too. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Thank man. You, Thank you for Appreciate coming in. Mickey Gall, everyone. He returns November 4th, MSG. He gave me a very nice mug and I love having him in studio. You're welcome anytime. Thank you, brother. All right. There Good he man. is. Wild Bill, please don't use any footage without my written consent. All right. <laughs> no, you can use whatever you want. I'm kidding. Wild Bill, thank you very much for stopping by as well. What a, what a great interview with Mickey Gall. Appreciate him stopping by. Joe will walk you out, Mickey. Thank you again no, I for. Hear what you say about me. Oh, okay. Mickey Gall. Boy, I love that guy. What a looker he is. He's unbelievable. And uh, he really put me on the hot seat over there, but we're all good now. We have cleared the air. I felt that he didn't like me, I felt that he was mad. Called me a schmucky reporter, but guess what? That's what grown men do. We address our differences and then we move on. That's what we do. But I felt it that day when we had uh, we we had Dan Hardy on, and and I know some people like to say that oh you know you 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 like to set up no I wasn't trying to do that in that in that case I was actually really trying to expedite it. He's on Fox. He's calling out Dan Hardy. Total out of left field. You know, hail mary call out. So I'm like, well, why don't I get Dan Hardy on the phone and find out what exactly he thinks about this call out? He didn't like that. I'm surprised because he seems like the kind of guy who kind of thinks on his feet, but I didn't know that he was partying all night. I didn't know he was tired, uh, drinking, whatever the case may be. I didn't know that. So I'll chalk it up. I'll say I'm sorry. Misstep on my part. But, you know, we cleared it up and everyone's good now. Everyone's happy. So again, November 4th, Madison Square Garden, Mickey Gall returns against Randy Brown. It's turning into a great card. I'm very much looking forward to that fight. Thank you very much to Mickey Gall for stopping by the studio. Love having him in. He's welcome anytime. And in a matter of moments, we are going to be joined by our final guest of the day. And I'm so excited to talk to this man. In fact, I want to tell you a bit about this man. On Saturday in San Jose, on Saturday in San Jose, Aaron Pico returned to action. He was victorious in his second professional fight. Of course, we all remember what happened back in June at Madison Square Garden, his pro debut, a lot of buzz, a lot of hype, a lot of intrigue, didn't go his way, ended up losing in just 24 seconds to Zach Freeman. He returns on Saturday, Bellator 183 against Justin Lin. And all eyes were on Aaron Pico. Everyone wanted to know, okay, is this guy going to be for real? Is he going to be a bust? What's going to happen in the sophomore outing? Well, he ends up knocking out Justin Lin in just three minutes and 45 seconds. Not only did he knock him out, one of the best knockouts of the year, in my opinion. And not only that, here are some stats that the good people at Bellator have provided me about said knockout. You want to hear this? The video already has 1.2 million plus organic views across the Bellator social channels. At over 4.3 thousand retweets, 6.8 thousand likes, it's our second most engaged tweet ever behind MVP's flying knee, that Pokemon moment, if you will. You remember that one against Cyborg? Tweed has also received the most Twitter impressions in 2017, which includes their New York City show back on June 24th. Over 7,500 Facebook shares, makes it one of their most shared videos to date. And that includes some of their Kimbo Slice videos on Facebook. Most liked and commented Bellator Instagram video in two years. The clip was SportsCenter's number three top play of the night on a very busy night in sports with college football and all kinds of things happening in the world of boxing. So Aaron Pico delivered in his sophomore outing. 
He is kind enough to join us on the phone, our final interview of the day. Aaron, how are you? I'm good, Ariel. It's good to be back on the show. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure, and congratulations on not just the victory, on all the success afterwards. Did you realize that it was kind of blowing up socially, the the finish on Saturday night? Um, to be honest with you, yeah. My, my uh, brother, he keeps reminding me, like, man, this thing's going viral. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a great show. It was, uh, it was, I watched it a bunch of times. It was just well executed what I took. And, but uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see it blowing up. It's, it's, it's really cool though. So, you know, there, there was so much buzz. That, you know, I don't have to tell you about any of this going into the MSG fight. Of course, it didn't go your way. I was so impressed with how you handled the loss. So impressed with the buildup to this fight. So impressed with your aftermath. You're 21 now. And, and again, happy birthday to you. Um, I, I, I know you celebrated it your birthday on, on Saturday, but like you, you, you come across as a 30 year old, like you have the maturity and the poise <laughs> of, of a guy who's a veteran and you've been through so much, but honestly, looking back now, how nervous were you for Saturday night? How nervous were you making that walk for the second time, considering how the first fight went? Yeah, of course I'm always nervous. It's just, that's just part of the game. It'd be stupid not to be nervous, but um, I, to be honest with you, I, I really felt a lot more comfortable this time around, especially uh, after obviously Madison Square Garden, but I just felt really comfortable. The whole training camp went really well. Um, everything flowed how it was supposed to be, and I just knew if I relax and take my time, I, I have 15 minutes to, to get at the guy, take him down. I could do whatever I want. I just needed to relax. Um, I was nervous, but once once I threw my first punch, once he hit me, I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm 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 fine. I can take it to the ground. I can stay on my feet. So a lot more poised this time. It just felt. It just felt good to just get my get my feet wet. I, I wanted to get hit. I, to be honest with you, I was like, you know, I I kind of want to get hit, not like in a in a bad way. I just wanted to just, you know, I my first professional fight. I wanted you know to see what it, it felt like. You know, just relax a little bit, take a few punches. You know, get my you know feet wet, and, and it, it went perfectly. It went. It went good. Were there any thoughts of, of waiting a little? I mean, this was a pretty quick turnaround after the debut didn't go so well. Did you think about maybe waiting to come back or did you want to return sooner rather than later to, you know, get the, the L out of the way? I wanted to, I wanted to get back as soon as I possibly can. I knew San, San Jose uh, was in September and I wanted to get there as soon as possible. I needed the experience. I, I kept telling my, telling my team is like, the, the bit like the biggest thing after Madison Square Garden is just like 24 seconds. I have like you know I have really good skill set, so to not be able to display them, it was just kind of like, man, it it, it kind of sucked. That was the most embarrassing part. Just like I've got a lot of skill sets, I just I want to sh- I want to show them. It obviously didn't go my way, so I wanted to get back in into the gym and and um, I need all the cage time that I possibly can. So I said, please just I need to get back in there as soon as possible. So it was good. In the build-up to this fight, how many times did you watch that fight against Freeman? To be honest with you, I only watched it a few times. I, I actually watched it in the back right when it happened. Um, they showed me the video of it, and I just was like, damn, I rushed in. I rushed in, and just it was this overall thing, you know, like my nerves, everything, the, the build-up, everything. So I just wanted to get in there and, and go. So I watched it. I said, okay, I, I know what I did wrong. I, I Obviously, lunged in. He's he's a seasoned veteran. He knows he knows his stuff. So, said now I need to take my time. Which fight were you more nervous for, the debut or this one on Saturday? Uh debut. debut really? By far. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. 
debut, debut by far. Um, this one, I, I just felt good. The whole week, I just felt really well. I woke up. I felt great. I, I was telling, you know, my dad, and I was like, this is going to be a good day. I feel really good. Antonio McKee, um, you know, made me feel a lot better, too. He said, we've done all the work. We've done everything we possibly can leading up to this. You, and I felt really good, too. I, I've done everything I possibly can. I see. He said, now let's just go out there, relax, and, and do what you do, and, and, and it, will, it will be a good day. So he was right. And, uh, it was a good day. And, and just curious, I mean, like I said, you've, you've competed on the high stage as possible. You know, you were knocking on that Olympic door. Were you more nervous for the MSG fight than you were in your entire athletic career? No, I was actually the most nervous I've ever been. was probably, uh, the Olympic trials. Okay. Um, that was probably the most nervous I've ever been. I'm sure I was nervous too. I always get nervous. It's just like one thing that my mom has always told me is like, if you're not nervous, then there's something wrong. So I always get nervous. It's just being able to control them. MSG was a big deal. Um, but I've been, I've been wrestling since I was a kid. And that's one thing about wrestlers is like, we're, we, we deal with so much. We, we lost and we've come back. So I take pride in being a wrestler. I knew that, my back was against the wall this fight. I knew people were going to see how does he respond, but us wrestlers are a different breed. We we are. And that's just, that's just plain and simple. What, what was it like dealing with the feedback afterwards? Everyone had a take. Um, you, 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 you were pushed too quickly. You fought a too experienced opponent. Uh, you're, you're not as good as we were told all that stuff and more. Did you read all that stuff? How did you handle all the backlash that comes with a moment like that? Uh, yeah, everybody always has something to say. I mean, even when you win, everybody will say, oh, well, that, this and that. So you can't please everybody. You can, and, and that's what I've really figured out in this game and, and, and everything. You're not going to please everyone. I've got a great team. I've got a great management. I've got my family behind me. And like I said, the fight against Zach Freeman, I keep I keep telling everybody, that was my, that was my decision. They they said they brought, brought it to the table, and I felt I was ready for it. And like I always say, sometimes I do bite off more than I can chew, but that's just who I am. Sometimes, sometimes I need people to scale me back. But at the end of the day, on that fight, it was my decision. And you know, sometimes we we make the wrong decisions, but that's part of life. You live and learn. And I knew I was going to come back. I, I I have a you know a team behind me that are that are a ride or die. So they're going to be with me to the end, and that makes me feel really comfortable. And I love what I do. So. When you when you have that, you know the sky's the limit. So I, I just said I knew I was going to get back. I just need to get the win under my belt, and we're going to continue to build. In a weird way, this this can be a blessing um, for the obvious reasons. You know, you 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 know how to come back from adversity, all that stuff and more. But like just to get that loss out of the way, sometimes that oh can be such a burden as you continue. And that, now you don't have to worry about that ever. Now you could just do you. You could just go on you know a streak now. But you you have that one fine. It's it's okay. Many great fighters have lost early on in their career. Do you view it that way now? Like it, it, now that you actually got the first win and you're one and one as opposed to two and zero, oh, in in a way, it kind of alleviates some stress because we've already seen you lose. There's no novelty there. For sure. I mean, I feel like everything happens for a reason, and I felt like after the Madison Square Garden, if I would have won in Madison Square Garden, I don't I don't think I would be with. Um, with Antonio McKee, I mean, after the fight, I, I started working with Antonio McKee with the guys at the body shop, like AJ, AJ McKee and, and Joey Davis and all them. So I think it was a blessing. I, I really, fat, I, you know, fit in well over there, especially 
um, being with Antonio and just, you know, having somebody that can blend, blend it all together. Someone that knows a wrestling style and Antonio McKee really knows, um, you know, he was a wrestler. He knows how to blend it. He's been with, he's been in MMA since the infancy stages and he's grown as a, as a coach. So it was really cool. I, I think it was a blessing in the skies that it happened and everything happens for a reason. So everything turned out well. Sometimes it, it really sucks though. That was like the most embarrassing day of my life, June 24th. But hey, if there were no bad moments, you wouldn't appreciate the good moments. So I know I'm, I'm appreciating everything that, that I've done so far. I, I, Saturday was a good night, but we got to continue to build. There's the the job isn't done, and, and that's to be world champion. And that, that's the whole goal in mind. And I've said I will be champ of the world. And hey, we're, that was just a stepping stone on uh, where I want to get to in the future. So, are you no longer going to train with AKA? Uh, I was never. I was. I was never with AKA. Um, Bob Cook, like I said, Bob Cook um, can, comes down. Yeah. He's up north, but he comes down in my training and, and and helps me out with with Antonio and gives his advice and he's constantly I'm constantly in contact with him and, and he's helping me he's definitely a big uh, part of my career but I was never at AKA I mean I would go up there to like every now and then to go train but all my majority of my training is down here in, in Southern California but Bob Cook is comes back and forth he's okay he, he, he comes back and forth obviously the fight ended perfectly you get the win um, anything that you weren't happy with the performance anything that you didn't like about Saturday night yeah, I think I think um, you know just sometimes. I mean, I I got into like a little slugfest. You know, sometimes just take my time a little bit more rather than just like just you know throwing wild. You know, pick my shots a little bit better. Um, but overall, I mean, I, I'm still new new to the game. Just gotta get back into the work, work on my jujitsu, my my standing, my striking, my kicks. Just overall, um, I got to get better and better um, at the end of the day to be a world champion, your game has to be all around, um, all around, especially the way that M- MMA is evolving. It's getting, it's getting so crazy. So I'm going to sit down with uh, my coaches, Bob and Antonio and everybody and just and, and figure out what I did wrong. Cause they're, they're going to have some, some feedback, which is a good thing. I need all the, of course you want to take all the positives, but you know, the negatives sometimes are the best thing that you need. So, We'll sit down as a team and figure out what I did wrong, and, and we'll improve those for sure. When you connected with that left, what did that fe- what did that feel like? What was that moment like? Would you do you recall that moment when you connected and you just felt his body go limp like that? Yeah, it just it just happened so it's so fast. I mean, I've it was just like I don't know. I can't really describe it. It, it just feels like you hit a pillow. You know, when you hit somebody, like when you knock somebody out, it's like you don't throw it. It's not like a punch where you're like. You're swinging and you're just like, you know, you're going to hit him. It just happened so fast. It just feels like you punch a punch a pillow. That's the only way I can possibly describe it. And then I saw him stiffen up and then I said, yeah, this, he's out. And it was just like a, so like a big, all the weights off my shoulders just came off. And then, then that's when I just, yeah, it just, it just felt great. It was a good, it was a good moment. I was like, damn, that really happened. It really happened. And just, I, I just really tried to just, the whole moment you know a lot of people always say you know enjoy the moment you always you always take that for granted but i really sat down and just said man i really enjoy this i'm gonna enjoy it because i know as soon as you step out of that cage it's like what's next what's next and so i wanted to really enjoy the moment and then once i step out it's like you got to get ready for the for the next one that's how mma is because there's people always 
knocking at the door or training and, and, and ready to fight you. So I, I enjoyed the moment. Um, it seemed they didn't show it on on television, but it did seem like it took uh, Justin some time to get up, um, and that that was a pretty yeah. vicious knockout. Um, w- was it hard to fully enjoy the moment in the cage? Because I'm sure you saw him like he he was on the ground for quite some time, right? Was it hard knowing and seeing him in that state? Absolutely, honestly, it's not. It doesn't even really sit well with me. And and I know people say that's that's what you do for a living. You know, it's either you or him. But for me, I mean. In the cage, yeah, I mean, I want to, you know, knock people out. But when it's all said and done, I've always said he's got a family and I've got a family. We want to just go home and enjoy it. There's people that care about him. And then that sucks to see to see on TV, you know. I mean, somebody's son getting, you know, knocked out cold. I mean, that just kind of sucks. So I just, you know, I pray that everything will go go well for him. Because at the end of the day, you just you, we do this for a living, but it's not the most important thing, you know, the most important thing is family. I just wanted to go home with his family and enjoy it. So it is what it is. It's part of the, it's part of the, part of the sport. And that's something that I got to realize. And I wish him nothing but the best. And, and, uh, I hope, I hope he's doing good. Were you able to talk to him afterwards? No, I didn't. I didn't see him afterwards. I, I went back to my obviously locker room and yeah, I didn't see him at all, but I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't see him at all. Um, how did you celebrate your 21st birthday? Uh, I just, uh, well, my family and I, we, uh, we walked down to, uh, it was pretty cool. It was like a, like a little, like underground little, uh, uh, bar. And, uh, I had my first, I had my beer with, uh, uh, with my grandpa. I had my first beer with my, my grandpa. So it was pretty cool. It was a cool moment for us. I had my, my friends for, from school that came down since I was like, and I've known them since first grade. My girlfriend was there, my brother and all the neighborhood guys were there. So it was a cool moment for me, especially with my first, first win. And we had a good time and you know, we just, uh, just chilled out and had a good time. So I'm not trying to get you in trouble here, but I am looking on SureDog and Wikipedia and it actually says that your birthday is tomorrow. Are they wrong? Yeah, they're wrong. I don't know why. People have always asked me that. They say like, they say September, I think it's like twenty. Six, six or something like yeah. that i'm like yeah. i'm like no my birthday september 23rd i don't know why it has that but oh, yeah, okay. it, was, it was september 23rd so it was on saturday and you got to drink your first beer you never had a beer before saturday night no i've had a beer before but i mean i don't make it a habit i mean i've had one before but i had one actually first time out in public with my grandpa so it was kind of cool he was so excited my 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 grandfather it's like my probably my biggest fan he he, he takes me wherever I need to go for training. He's always there. He's, he's my, he's my biggest fan. So to just finally get the win and, and have a beer with him was, it was a special moment. So it was, uh, it was cool. It was a really good time. I'm not a beer drinker, but I know a lot of people are into this sort of stuff. So just curious what, what kind of beer was it? Was it something special? Was it your regular old beer? What uh, kind of beer? Uh, it was a Modelo. <laughs> is that a big one? Is that is that like a famous it's a, one? It's a Mex- It's like a Mexican beer. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, it's a Mexican beer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you talked about you know everyone wanting to know what's next. How soon do you want to come back? Do you want to come back one more time this year? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I know they're going to be um, in LA. Well, that that will be considered 2018, right? The one, and they're going to have at the forum. Yeah. I hope to be on that card, okay. especially. Um, and in LA, I think it'll be a good, a good uh, card for me. So we'll see. And that, um, 
nothing's been finalized, but I hope I, I'm on that card. Uh, it'll give me, you know, some good time to prepare. Right now in my career, early in my career, like, you know, every month counts for me, you know, especially being so young and, and, and improving in this game. So I want to take as much time as I can to improve and just keep building. This was a great win for me. It was it was great for me to get my feet wet. But now I just I just got to keep building because at the end of the day, the, the main goal is to be world champions. So, um, you know, short steps but long visions. And And are we sticking with 145? Yeah, I was sick at 145. It's a perfect weight for me. I, I I felt good the whole training camp. My eating is really really good. I, I mean, I don't really I don't really watch what I eat. I mean, I I just eat good all year long. That's just it's just good, especially for all the training that I do. I have to eat the right things. So it was the weight came off really easy. I mean, I weighed in two pounds under, and I came in you know like 156 on fight night. I felt great. So. Um, I like this. I like the the way that the California are doing the, the weigh-ins. You know, you weigh in before you fight. I, I think it's great. You know, it works in my in my favor. So one forty-five is a perfect a perfect weight for me. Congratulations on the win, Aaron. You know, it's to me like like stories of redemption, comeback stories. They're almost just as, if not more, interesting than you know, like the phenom stories. And you were already the phenom for so long, but now we were thrown this curveball as far as your your career narrative is concerned and the way you responded and, 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 and the actual performance and then the finish and the way you handled it on the mic and just every step of the way, uh, it, it's, it's just so fascinating to me and it's so admirable, uh, the way you conduct yourself as, as, as a 21 year old now. So kudos to you. Congratulations on, on getting that first win and congratulations on being able to, you know, come back from adversity and showing people that getting embarrassed, as you put it, uh, at MSG of all places in your pro debut isn't a, a death sentence for your career. You're able to come back. You're able to be better than ever and still kind of continue on your way and achieve those goals that you set out to achieve. Um, it, it's very inspiring stuff and it's very admirable. So again, um, uh, much respect to you. Kudos to you. Tip my cap to you. Thank you for coming on. Enjoy that victory for a little bit. And I look forward to seeing you again in early 2018 as, as you said, you want to be on that card on January 20th. I think it's a perfect place for you. So looking forward to that as well. Thank you, Ariel. Thank you for uh, for having me on. I look forward to for the future. Thank you. All right. There he is, Aaron Pico. Appreciate his time. What a great performance on Saturday. Um, it, you, you, you have a ton of prospects out there. They are a dime a dozen, and, and he was at the top of the list. There's no doubt about it, and he's still at the top of the list. But to see him respond the way he did... Um, and, and look, he, he's not beating the best that the 145 pound division in Bellator has to offer, but still to come back from that, I mean, that could break a lot of people. That was embarrassing. 20 something seconds at MSG on pay-per-view. I mean, everyone second guessed it, including myself. It was, it was too soon. It was too big of a stage. It was, it was an opponent that was just too experienced. Man comes back, fights an opponent with more fights under his belt. And gets a knockout like that in the first round. Quick hands. There was one sequence there when Justin Lin was up against the cage and he was just teeing off on him. I mean, this is a wrestler. And I know he has a background, you know, a Golden Gloves background, but you know, initially his 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 foundation was was wrestling. And 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 for him to have hands like that, he trains at the wildcard gym. You know, Antonio McKee is turning into, he was always one of the best fighters. And maybe a, a polarizing fighter because he wasn't the most exciting fighter. 
And he would just kind of grind out decisions kind of in the mold of, of, of a John Fitch or a Ben Askren, but this is a guy who didn't take a lot of damage. He is turning into one of the better trainers in the sport now with um, Aaron Pico. And, and it seems like there's a thing going on with him and Bellator with um, AJ McKee, his son, um, Kevin Ferguson uh, Jr., Baby Slice, I know trains over there. And there are some other young fighters who have been there. Um, uh, Rampage Jackson, I know, has done some training with Antonio McKee as well, turning into a, a very solid uh, coach as well. And you're seeing his work with with Aaron Picos. That was a great moment. That was one of Bellator's best nights, in my opinion. Um, that fight was phenomenal. The um, uh, Gochi Yamauchi fight was great. What a nice finish that was. Quick uh, rear naked choke submission victory. Roy Nelson's uh, victory and performance was fun. It was a lot closer than I expected it to be, but it was still a very fun fight. Um, and of course, the Paul Daly knockout against Lorenz Larkin. You can make the case that the um, least entertaining fight on the card was the main event, and that was the Benson Henderson Pitbull fight. Benson loses another close decision. Uh, now falls to one and three in Bellator. But overall, I thought it was a very good night for Bellator. They had that face-off with Roy McDonald and Douglas Lima. Everyone talking about Rory's uh, turtleneck afterwards. That's a great fight for January 20th. Feels like they're getting back on a bit of a roll here. Also signed a deal with our good friends over at Twitter. Their prelims aired on Twitter, which I think is very cool. And um, I'd like to think maybe we open the door for them just a little bit. Just a little. I'm not going to take a lot of credit. I know they worked very hard to get that done. But maybe we let the Twitter people know that MMA is okay to be a part of. And there's a lot of cool things that you could do. And I think that that's a perfect partnership for them. So many fans are are on Twitter. So many MMA fans are are on Twitter these days. I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a layup. It's a brilliant deal for them. Um, and so overall, I thought it was a great weekend in in combat sports, with the Japan card, with the Bellator card, LFA. Like I said, Sabina Mazo with another fantastic head kick knockout for LFA. Andrea Lee with a another solid performance as well. Some fun things to be excited about. All right, plenty more show. We've got. We've got the MMA After Hour coming up in around 20 minutes time. That's exclusively on MMAfighting.twitter.com, as you can see right there. We've got your questions, your comments standing by. You've been hitting us up using the hashtag, the MMA Hour. There's much to discuss, but now it's time for everyone's favorite segment. And now, now it's, it's time, time to open up your ears Rick's picks. and your minds, MMA fans. Yeah. It's time for Rick's Picks. Rick's People say they don't like when I talk, Rick's so I'm not going to talk. Lots of fun. I'm just going to drink my, a bun, my drink. You already know what it is. Rick's Picks. Ladies and gentlemen, Maybe I'll just boys dance. and girls, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the new craze taking the world by storm. Live from the Vox Studios in beautiful New York City. It's time for Rick's Picks. Yeah. New Jersey Picks. Here we go. First of all, how dare you? New Jersey Rick. New Jersey? <laughs> Never. Never. It's a nice cup. Never. Nice little mug I got right here. Courtesy of my Never. new friend. My newfound friend. Friends again. How- Mickey Gall. He was fantastic. Coming um, with that heat. Came with the heat. Uh, I think we have to cut Ariel's mic every time the theme song starts. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. What's that? Cleaned up the facial hair a little bit. Got look, a haircut. I told you it was happening. I told you. Look, how does it, what do you think? Give me it's your- It's much better. I'm not going to give it a 10. I'll give it like a seven and a half. First of all- There's a couple of little issues I have with the, <laughs> the lip part right over here, but overall, and you didn't go too short on the sides. No, no, you know. Yeah, it was good. Um, 
Yeah, Mickey brought it. I feel like our some of our best interviews this year started with uh, with beefs. I think you hated me, and then and then it goes, who else? Like Kevin Lee oh, was Kevin great. Kamar yeah. Usman. Yeah, you know what? Love. I forgot about Kamar Usman. <laughs> <laughs> Happened earlier today. So many sensitive um, fighters out there. But look, you were on the back end of that whole Dan Hardy. Sure. Did, did we mess up? Was it a mistake? What do you think, honestly? What do you mean by mistake? Well, like, well he was mad. He thought that I didn't. Get, but 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 my recollection is, I asked him. Kind of like that Bjorn Rebney situation, yep, which got me. us, you know, in trouble a little bit with that one. Do you want to talk? Like, here I am. Look, he could have looked at the lineup. Dan Hardy was right after him. We we're talking about Dan Hardy. In hindsight, yeah. Should I? Fine. Had I known he was going to react that way, of course I would have asked him. But was it warranted to get that upset? What do you think? No, but I mean, stop ruining the kayfabe of all this. Like, let's just let it sit. There's no kayfabe. He's actually legitimately upset. Look at me. Look at me. Text he Let's, didn't respond you know, to. How, how upset was he really though? Because now it's all it's all good all right, in the hood, all right, all and you right. got that jersey cup on your desk. I, I, I think he was. I think he was legitimately upset. Great state. Um, I'm I'm sure he was. Uh, could we have handled it differently? Not really, as you said. Like essentially, I'm, you know, getting in contact with the guests. You're live on air. Yeah. The moment is when you asked him. If anything, it's your fault. You're the one who put them Whoa. together. Time out. You're the one who connected the two. Um, I was going to throw you under the bus during the interview, but I felt bad. Yeah, I mean, that would be a real <laughs> low move if uh, if you tried to do that. Oh. No, uh, as you said, I mean, you asked him on air. Now, his point is is valid as well. Like, is he really going to say no? But I will cite precedent. Chael Sonnen actually said no. Um, didn't he? Chael Sonnen. Didn't he oh, earlier? Jordan Rebney said no. No, no. Somebody else said no. And it wasn't it Chael? Chael. There's no way Chael said no. About I'm who? I'm pretty sure it was Chael. I'm pretty sure we had Vanderlei. And Chael said, No. I'm not ready to talk to him. No. I, what I said to Chael was like, Is that all you wanted to say? And he didn't really want to talk. He didn't really have much to say. Oh, yeah. He didn't have anything to say like about he, Vanderlei. He, he, he agreed to have him speak. He just didn't want to engage because he wasn't sure if we were playing a rib on him. Remember that? I guess it's hazy, but I, I thought yeah. that that I thought that that happened anyway. Yeah. So he didn't really want to engage. He didn't think that it was him. <laughs> he didn't think that it was. Him. Yeah, but he he oh chill. He didn't say no. Okay, that makes sense. I I, I remembered something happening with that though. That somebody said, "Look, uh, I, I'm not ready." Or there was another one. Uh, it, it, remind me, people on Twitter, if I'm if I'm forgetting one. But there was somebody who who declined the opportunity. Point being, though. Point being, it has been done before, but I do think that the the implication is like if he if he doesn't speak to him, he almost takes an L on that. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. It sounds like you're kind of like that. But like, look, I, I had the utmost respect and confidence. It in was Mickey Gall, it, yes, it and was I the, thought that he'd be able to think on his feet. Like, look, and by the way, he had already made the call out. It was on Dan Hardy yes, to respond. So like, it wasn't really on him. I was just trying to expedite things and say, look, you want to talk to Dan Hardy? You want to call him out? Here's Dan Hardy. You've, I was trying to help him. You've literally presented him another opportunity to get that Dan Hardy. Yes. Fight. But now, based on what he's saying, it turns out he really didn't even want the fight. Um, yeah. I'm not supposed to know so, um, no, I don't think we did anything wrong. All right. But I'm glad things are, are better between you two. I'd like to see Missy on the show more because he, he's a confident great. fellow. Co- yeah, he's confident fellow. He was he was pacing back and forth outside there. He was, was, he? He was raring to go. It's like he was ready. Animal. And he and he came in and, and when he dropped when, the hammer on you. When he was talking and like came at me and called me schmucky, he was kind of like shaking. <laughs> I was like, whoa, man, it's intense, but I love it. No, I love you, that. Intensity. His energy is like what we need. Yeah. Um, that that was a lot of fun.
Okay, let's get into the the actual Rick's picks here. Yes. What do we got? Anything good? Nah, you know, it was pretty shitty weekend. Uh, nothing really going on in MMA. Okay. Uh, just kidding. Oh. So, our first one up, uh, we've got Sabina Mazo with the incredible head kick uh, KO over Lindsay Williams from LFA 23. Sweet Mother Mary. The Colombian queen herself. The Colombian queen. Let's watch that one more time. I Please. mean, it, it's... This is coming from Axis Fights. Oh, oh my dear. Any more uh, angles to that one? No. Well, I'm sure there are. Find it out there. Uh, Sabino Mazo. Uh, head kick KO from LFA 23. There's the other angle. Oh. Our own Danny Segura had a great feature on her uh, yeah. last week. She's a, a, a trainer at King's MMA. King's MMA. By the way, was that Michael Chavello? Yeah. I thought he I left. Re- I think... No. Uh, is that the old one? Is this the old one? Oh, really? Did you screw this up? I might have. Yeah, you screwed it up. Is this the old one? That's the old one. Oh, God. Brutal. Um, what a screw Well, up. go find the other one. Yeah, you screwed it up. That was the old one. Danny Segura, never helping me out. Danny Segura gave you that one? Never helping me out. Oh, my God. You just gave it. Can we get the new one? Is it too late? Uh, I'll put it on the back end. Oh, my dear. Um, also from this event, uh, LFA 23, Andrea Lee. Friend of the show. We're going to see, see a little bit of stand-up. Note that there's a different broadcaster speaking. There's Militish. And now she's going to get the Kimura round two against Jamie Thornton. Ooh. So the... The talk is that people want to see her fight Sabina, and apparently Sabina said thanks but no thanks to this fight, which I kind of agree with. Yeah, Andrea's a little bit further. And also, this is supposed to be, you know, they tout themselves as the minor leagues. This is the AAA, right? So why, why, why take these fights in AAA? It's not really necessary right now. Just keep getting those highlight reel knockouts. Yeah. That's what I say. Uh, but a great performance by Andrea, uh, showing off some of her uh, grappling skills. KGB. Known as a striker. Speaking of strikers, uh, Valentina Shevchenko's sister, Antonina Shevchenko, mm-hmm. uh, returned to MMA, picked up uh, a win at Phoenix 3, and uh, improved to 2-0. Congratulations to Antonina. Video, a little harder to come by, but she, uh, she won by decision. And uh, congratulations to her. In a ring. Keep moving on. There were so many highlights from this weekend. I think this, I don't typically like to go with the obvious. The obvious from, you know, the event that everybody's Ooh. watching, but that knockout was worthy. What we're watching here is Gokan Saki with the monster KO over Enrique da Silva Ooh. at fight Ooh. night in Japan. <laughs> when he Look, was, it looked like he was in trouble. Yeah. Then he, then he clips him with the hook. And when he was landing some of those punches early on, they look like they hurt so bad. Yeah, the, the I mean, level of technique between yeah. Saki and, and a lot of the guys he's uh, going to face is going to be... What do you think of his prediction? Do you think he could really be contending for the belt? I do, because that division's pretty weak. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny how John Jones disappearing makes a whole division a little bit different. Could you imagine Saki against like an Anthony Johnson? Oh, like the level of power... I don't know if they do it. I don't. Not yet. I, I believe Saki 
might have had some time down there at Black Zillions while Rumble was there, so they might okay. that might be one of I'm those just saying, that they like, don't the do. Power. No, I, any if anybody is going to stand with him, I'm going to watch. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine a guy like a Daniel Cormier is going to just stand and trade uh, with Gokansaki. Let's I keep him as far away as possible from wrestlers, just for just think, for a little bit. I think that's the the way you have to There's go. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with grooming a prospect. Well, especially because it's not like this guy is. Uh, super experienced in MMA, he still, he still needs to be built up. Um, so there's not, uh, I, I have no issue with him getting these types of fights. Also from the same event. Oh yes, we have the Von Pru choke, uh, which it should be named now uh, because he's pulled it off three times in competition, and I don't think anybody's even pulled it off more than once. Um, Third in his UFC career, there's just been five overall. In fact. Jason Von Flew himself never did it in the UFC. Yeah. Um, He's done it three times. It's unbelievable. And now, I feel like Yushin Okami got, I mean, a little too much flack. Let's not forget, Yushin Okami never fought as a light heavyweight. He was recently fighting for the last couple of years as a welterweight. Jumped up, took this fight on a week's notice. You got to give him a bit of a pass here. Because people are like, oh, it's a horrible performance. Why'd you go for the head? All that stuff and more. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and, and you should know that that's kind of a thing that he's able to pull off. But let's not forget just what we were dealing with here when it comes to Yushin Okami. Sure. Um, Great performance by OSP. Also, I don't understand why OSP is still calling out Shogun. There's no way yeah. that he could top that performance. He knocked him out in a matter of seconds. But is Shogun a, a stepping stone back to the title? How, how else... I mean, there's there's only a few routes to get there. Yeah, I mean, Volkan has a, a has a win over him, and then we've got Alex still there, and we've. Got, I think I think it's fu- I think it's smart to yeah, be honest, because maybe he's the biggest name. He's the biggest name that will, and he has a win over him. Why not try to replicate that and, and get back in that conversation? People sending me screen grabs of my socks. I didn't know that you could see that I took off my shoes. Just getting a little comfortable Ugh. here. Sorry. I mean, just sloppy. I have no idea. Not sloppy. <laughs> It's my Expo uh, stance socks. Oh, nice. These are great socks right here. Give it up for that. Show yeah. Where is it? No. Can you see them? Stance socks. If I can, oh, you can't see the logo. It's on the other side. But these are great socks. These are Expo socks. Stance socks. Repping for the squad. Yeah. Well, not that Expo's team, but the oh, real Expo. Well, then screw you then. Um, out of them. Also clean and fresh, like Ariel socks. Aaron Pico. My man. Look at this. I mean, this is just... Here we hear Merrill on the call. Goes, oh, jeez. Scary, man. Scary. Put all his weight behind that one and just launched it. I mean, I think everybody kind of, you know, sa- not soured, but pumped the brakes on him a little bit after his first fight. This is the type of performance you have to see to make that conversation go away. And he executed it to perfection. What about that Subway logo? Blue chip sponsor, baby. Subway on the mat. That was pretty cool. I was surprised no one mentioned that. You got Subway, you got Monster, you got Dave and Buster's, Miller Lite. Yeah. Those are pretty big names. What's that other one there? What do you think about, is that KO of the year so far? I don't know. I, I, I mentioned like it's in the discussion um, the Mike Perry one against uh, Jake Ellenberger was a great one. It was. There have been some great ones. This one, I think it might be discussion. my first runner. It's in the. It's so clean. It was so clean. It was so freaking clean. And the and the fall into the fence. Oh, 
it was weird though, because you could tell that something was going on, that, that Justin Lin was out of it. And then they finally addressed it. Um, so it, it felt a little uneasy there for a second. And some, some of the journalists who were at the event on Twitter were, were updating. So you kind of couldn't really fully enjoy them, at least not, not myself. Sure. And it sounds um, like Pico took it very yeah, seriously yeah, yeah. as well. I mean, it is a big deal. It yeah. It really is. So that was uneasy, but. But what a KO. What a and KO. now yeah. we're. What a KO. Know. Unbelievable. What a comeback. The guy's so, he's just so, so damn impressive. Ooh, Speaking of yes. Bellator KOs. Yeah. Here we've got, there were, there were a few shots after this, or actually even before this, um, there was, was the left hook that landed uh, to get him wobbly. Um, but Paul Daly knocking out Lorenz Larkin. Left hand that has felled many before. Oh my uh, gosh. And, an, and another. It's amazing because like, uh, you, you don't see it here, but he first, you know, they were in the clinch. And then he broke free, and then he went for a spinning back fist, missed and the miss, back and fist. Then nailed him with that left, and hit him with the left hook. Oh, these are the kind of follow up shots that ended the fight, uh, coming courtesy and of. Here's Bellator. the thing: like, no more dilly dallying. We need that MVP fight. We need that MVP fight next. You got Let's, a great thing. Do it in London. Do it in early 2018. That's the fight. Stop wasting time. That's the fight that everyone. It's needs. but it, it. We need that. Thinking about it, it like it's almost the reverse, right? Like this is in my opinion a more high level matchup. Lorenz Larkin and Paul Daly. Going to MVP is almost a step down for Daly, who's been racking up impressive performances. Like it's it, essentially what I'm saying is is Lorenz Larkin the step before MVP? Not in my opinion. Yeah, but it's MVP. just it's just that's a fight that you could go to the O2 Arena in London and and and, and sell a lot yeah. of tickets. You know, like it's tough. It's a tough grudge because match. if you're Daly, it's like I just took out somebody way more dangerous. He went on the mic and said, "Give me him." Oh, I know. Uh, hey, They've got, I'm not going to fight if you give me that that match. I mean, you remember that that visual of Coker sitting down and 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 those two guys sitting, you know, to his right and left, and just the animosity there, oh, the, the heat there, and this then one the sells. moment. Uh, I think it was in May after the Rory fight, they had a little thing in the stands. I mean, it's just, you don't get these feuds all the time. You, you can't, you know, they, they, they had the, the cost check thing that didn't work out. You can't, you can't mess around with these things. Not in this sport. Too many weird things can happen. Now, what about this? I think, I think, as I said at the top, that was a great night for Bellator. I think Bellator is on a bit of a roll. You know, they're, they're riding the ship. Because around a year ago, the ship was going in all kinds of crazy places. But the the free agent signings, which we talk about a lot, haven't totally been paying off. Lorenz Larkin, now 0-2. Benson Henderson, 1-3. Um, Roy, I thought, was okay. It wasn't the most impressive. It was a fun fight. But you know the level of competition, I mean, I think that they were thinking that maybe he'd get a, a knockout or something like that. There's been, you know, I think, I think the Rory signing thus far has paid off, has been great. We'll see what happens with Gegard Musasi. Who else? I mean, they signed Josh Thompson many moons ago. Uh, Phil Davis became champion, coming off loss. I mean, they can't win win them all, but you know, recently, the Lorenz and the Benson Henderson one hasn't paid off. Now, they can't all pay off, I know, but I don't know. Was that a good, was that a good result? Like, did they, did they prefer if Lorenz won? I don't know. That is a fantastic question, Eric. Okay, does it come up later? Tune into the MMA After right. Hour exclusively on Twitter to find out Just the Just kind of thinking here, but I appreciate that the people are thinking along the same lines as myself. 
MMAfighting.twitter.com. Yes. Let's do it. After we wrap up Rick's picks, and you will get that answer. Uh, speaking of a recent signing, Rory McDonald, screen capped oh. by our very own Esther Lynn. It's just the best. The Rory McDonald turtleneck, the Steve Jobs turtleneck that everybody is uh, talking about. Tucked in turtleneck, everything about Rory. Like, even the way he said something about like damaging his health, like, even the way he speaks. With the turtleneck and the he's a, he's a very unique individual. <laughs> uh, but we have some intel from Bellator PR CJ, CJ Tuttle. Uh, breaking news, uh, this is post-event. He spoke to Rory McDonald. The turtleneck is, was purchased at Zara. So we know. If you want to replicate the Rory McDonald look, This Zara. is a great job by CJ. In my opinion, pound for pound, one of the best PR guys in the biz. <clears throat> but to give us that... Great, oh, I mean, great there's, PR guy. Yeah, there's... There's very few PR people who are on his level, but to give us that kind of insight, to give us that, you know, to take the story to the next level, to advance the story, recognize the fact that everyone's talking about the turtleneck. Now let's find out where said turtleneck can be bought. That's a great job. That's that a pro. That is a great job by CJ. That's a pro. One of the best. If not. The One best. of the best for sure. Carlos Condit. Finally speaking up on Twitter. Yeah. Sean Shelby. This got people up. excited. He wants to fight late this year or early next year. To which Sean Shelby responded. What's up? You're goddamn right. It's time to fight. So I've been hearing that the itch is coming back for Carlos Condit, and I've been hearing that he wanted to fight. I keep reaching out to him, want to talk to him, including after this tweet, but so far no luck. Would love to see what's up, why he changed his mind, where he's at, what he wants. You know, okay. Yes. You have some insight? No, not oh, okay. to that. All right. Um, Tony Ferguson mm. declined to speak to Khabib Nurmagomedov on this show. That was the one, that was the person. Oh, was it? I don't who, even who remember that. Down. He just, he, was, he didn't have anything to say to him at the moment. When was that? That was it. Uh, thank you to... Uh, I don't remember that. Olivia, Eduardo, anybody who sent that answer. Okay. I, I, knew, that, I knew that it had happened. Um, I don't remember that. Behind the scenes little tidbit. Okay. Almost every single week, there's somebody asking for an update on Carlos Condit and when he's going to fight. It's, it's right. pretty much consistent. Yep. Yep. So I think we're finally uh, on the route to finding out when he's going to fight. And it's Who do we want to see him fight? Welterweight has a lot of potential. I'll tell you a fight guys. that makes a lot of sense. Tell me. Mike Perry. Yeah, it does. That's the one, right? But could you say... Does does Mike Perry versus... Anyone? Anybody pretty no, much make sense? I don't really want to see Mike Perry versus Usman. You'd rather bring them separately. Yeah, I think I think that's accurate. But would I be upset? No. I'd, no, no. I'd I mean, that. we've got some 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 young guns, but I want to see someone who's going to, you know, do an exciting sh- fight with Condit. I think, yep. you know, Perry just got into the top 15. So you can elevate someone if he wins. A win over Perry means a lot. He's looked good. Yeah, I think stylistically that would be a tough matchup for Perry. I think Condit is, is not the like the next level that you jump to, that's that's pretty tough. But um, I know that both guys will will be trying to take the other's head off. So um, I, I would like that. I like that fight a lot. I almost feel like Condit versus anybody, to be honest. Like he's been off and, and I just want to see him back. Condit versus the winner of, or the loser of Cerrone Till. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Because you don't want, I mean, if he comes back, you don't want to like put him in a number one contender fight. I mean, that doesn't make a lot of sense. He left in that position. Yeah, he did. And by the way, I thought he won that fight. 
Yeah, a lot. I, look, if 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 he came right back into the title picture, I wouldn't be too upset about it. Um, but I think like, yeah, welterweight is a lot of fun right now. That's what that's what I'm es- essentially realizing is that there's a lot of fights I want to see at welterweight. There's a lot of guys who uh, can vault themselves into position. Don't forget about Santiago Ponzinibbio. Ponzinibbio, huge win. Um, we're moving to middleweight after talking about welterweights. Here we have a stare down from uh, Fight Night Shanghai, Anderson Silva versus Kelvin Gastelum. I thought you're not supposed to wear white after Labor Day. Kelvin's wearing white pants. Could be. I like the stare down though. We have video as well. Here a bit we of a go. Throwback. This is a fun stare down right here. They're on the steps. Somewhere in we have Anderson and, and Kelvin standing on the steps, kind of not really posing sure for photos. <laughs> this part is the best right here. Coming up now, Kelvin's gonna get into that same stance he was in in the in the previous photo. Here we go. Yes, Kelvin loves this, but the best is Anderson. Now Anderson coaching, correcting him. Yeah, no, this is the way you're supposed to do it. <laughs> now, here's the interesting thing about this fight: A, Kelvin is remaining at 185. It's a pretty big 185er, right? I mean, this is a guy, Anderson Silva, who's fought at 205. Yep. What is this? They're panning up. I know, but what is it? Keeps going. Whoa. Into the into the clouds, stratosphere. Um, so Kelvin staying at 185 is interesting. But also, let's not forget, the last time we really heard from Anderson was on this show, and he said he was retiring, right? Now, why is he coming back? I still don't really know. I did hear, though, that fighting in China was a big deal to him. He has a movie coming out, and there's some connection to that region, and this is good for his movie career. So maybe the locale was of great interest and enticed him to come back. But I'd love to hear how he got over the issues that he had just a few months ago and why he's actually resuming his career. Haven't really heard that just yet. Maybe it'll come out as they're doing media in China. Here, we're going to go to the lighter side of things. I thought this was interesting. Aljo, Funkmaster. I had a PBR event. At a PBR event. Which, of course, is owned by WMEIMG. He calls them badass. Put respect on their name. All right. How about that? Who wasn't? I know. Yeah, who's, who's rallying against uh, the bull riders? Yeah. But um, a little clashing of worlds here. Speaking of clashing of worlds, this one exclusive. Oh, Two Rick's picks. Oh, wow. Shark Attack. Oh, this is great. Uh, Steve, Matt Riddle, is, and Tom Lawler engaging in... Is he wearing a Reebok? Yeah, he's wearing a fight kit. Get out of here. That is incredible. I think the angle here is that they were doing a, you know, a quote-unquote shoot. Oh, my God. Maybe a work shoot. This is amazing. Tom Lawler coming out of the Reebok fight kit. Wait till you see the, the moves that they Oh, this is employ. phenomenal. So why is why is Lawler wearing shoes, bro, bro? So wrestling shoes, so man. Lawler's really taking this to the to the extreme, right? He's really going for it. This is great here. stuff. Wait, see, look. Okay, we're getting into some some real like grappling here. Yeah, this is awesome. Oh, okay, that's it. Thank you to Steve for sending that. That was awesome. Thank you, Steve. Um, wow, exclusive footage. Yeah, Lawler doing the uh, doing the job. And by the way, uh, Doris is is letting me know. Condit and 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 Cowboy Sorny are teammates. Yes, um, but they you know 
One's BMF. No, that, one, I don't no. think that's going to happen. Okay, fine. But Till would be good. All right. Uh, and then, of course, I mean, this, ha- this had absolutely had to be Rick's pick. Oh, uh, yes. This is the pick of the month, pick of the week, pick of the year, pick of everything. Jeremy Stevens, little heathen MMA on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Hashtag your mom knows who to fuck. And we have Conor McGregor's mom posing for a photo with Jeremy Stevens. Now, there's a lot of belly aching about this. Yes. A few questions for you. I have a, I have a couple of issues with it. Okay, let me ask, let me ask the two questions. Then. Okay. One, time frame. Does the fact that this is one year, essentially almost to the day, it was like 350-something days, yep. from when Conor McGregor made his press conference comment asking who the fuck Jeremy Stevens yeah. was, does that time... Does that delay in time create an issue? No. Does that make this a less effective response? I saw that as the number one gripe, and I disagree with that. I don't think that there's a time limit. So that's not my issue. Do you have an issue with that? Nope. I think that you can't, you can't time perfection. When it happens, it happens. Yeah. This was, <laughs> he was, this wa- was, he was waiting for that photo up. Yes. Jeremy Stevens, when this happened and, and fought... He fought at MSG against Frankie Edgar. I felt like he didn't fully take advantage of the moment. He had been thrust into a feud with Conor McGregor and just didn't want anything to do with it. Maybe he was uncomfortable. Maybe he felt like it was embarrassing. Here he is taking advantage of it. Kudos to him. But here are my questions right off the bat. A, maybe it's lighting, but why does he have two black eyes? (laughs) Does he have two black eyes? It does look that way, yeah. Where is he where he saw Conor McGregor's mom? Is that a recent photo? I have to imagine that he didn't hold on to this. Okay. I have to imagine that he took it and then posted it. Did Connor's mom know who he was or did he that, say, hey, I'm a fan? I cannot imagine that there's any way that Connor McGregor's mom knew who he was. Okay. Wait, which, adds, which actually ironically adds to the not knowing who the fuck that guy is kind of mystique. Here's the biggest misstep of them all. Okay, tell me. Go back to the tweet. You must, you must tag Connor. No, disagree. You completely. must tag Connor. Could not disagree. What are you more. afraid of? You nope. must tag Connor. Could not disagree more. And why does it have to be a hashtag? That doesn't need to be. That's a little, you know, a- aggressively long hashtag. Just agree with you there. What about? No, don't. Your need to tag mom him. knows who the fuck. Blah 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 blah. At the notorious. That no. is the perfect. Why does it have to be a hashtag? You d- agree. Does not need to be a hashtag. In fact, should not be a hashtag. Now, as far as responses go, him. it's 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 pretty darn great. Do I feel a little uncomfortable with the mom now getting involved? Stop. But you know, this was a nice response. What what are the numbers as far as retweets, favorites? Oh, that's a good question. Um, did it explode? I think it did really well. I'll look that up. But as I'm looking that up, disagree on the tagging. Why? Because it means you're. You're trying too hard to put it in his face, right? If you took a picture with his mom. Yeah, you took a picture with his mom. Guess what? 10 million people are going to send this to him. Right. You don't need to tag him. Yeah. It's going it's going you're going to find it. You don't need to tag him. 2.4 thousand retweets. That's it. 5.2 thousand likes. Nice. Listen. I thought it would have gone bigger. It'll 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 travel. And I I bet you I guarantee you Conor McGregor has seen it and he didn't have to, he didn't have to tag him. Do you think he chuckled? Do you think he appreciated the hmm, That's a good question. I think Conor has a fair enough, play to him. I think Conor has enough 
gamesmanship in him to recognize that this was well done. But also at the end of the day, he did come at his mom or at least, you know, utilize his mom as a ploy or a prop in his agenda. So I can't imagine he'll be too happy about it, but I think he'll tip his hat and then punch a hole through it to punch him in the face. Can we agree that, all right, fine, he didn't have to tag him, but the nope. hashtag is a bit of a misstep? Uh, completely agree. The okay. hashtag, is, the hashtag is, is egregious. And did he have to do F-O-O-K or should he yes. just... Okay. No, he had to do that. All right. Because that's, that's the meme. Look, he's showing self-awareness. He's showing that he's in on the joke here. Um, if he just goes, look, your mom knows who I am, written in, in perfectly uh, grammatically correct English, doesn't, it doesn't do it. Uh, of course, of course. He, he, has to, he has to hit the notes. I, I, I'm just saying a U and a C as opposed to the O-O. No, no, no. He did it right. All right. Except for the hashtag. Except for the hashtag. Look, Amazing you know what? Let's not, criticize, <laughs> let's not criticize this. This is beautiful. All right. All right. Well done, Jeremy okay. Stevens. Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done, Jeremy Stevens. Well done. I mean, let's, let's not, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth. All right. All right. Um, transitioning for a minute outside the world of MMA, oh. but to the staying in the sports oh, wow. world. Wow. We're going there. This has to be here. Okay. Because this is, the, I think this might be like the most retweeted thing ever already. What's it at? Um, well, I'll find out that one as well. Okay. Um, LeBron James calling our president uh, a bum and saying that Steph Curry already told him that he's not going to the White House. Uh, so there is no invite. Going to the White House was an honor before you showed up. So LeBron really making a line in the stand here. Uh, in the sand here. So it's got, no, maybe not the most retweeted, but maybe the most liked. Uh, 654,000 retweets. 1.5 million likes uh, for LeBron James uh, taking a shot at the president. I have many things to say, but should I wait? Are there no, a collection let's, of let's tweets? talk about it. Okay, first of all, I hate to pause this moment right here. However, we must go back to the Jeremy Stevens things. Yes. Uh, uh, tweet. Uh, many people are telling me right now that that photo was taken the night that he fought Dennis Bermuda as UFC 189. What? All of a sudden, I feel completely different about this whole scenario. I do too. Th th this tweet is now a year old. This picture is a year old. So he had this and sat on it? This picture is Jeremy. a year and a half. <laughs> Jeremy, no. Jeremy, no. This picture is a year and a half old. <laughs> oh my God. That's why he has the black eyes. That's Jeremy. why Connor's mom is there. That's why they're in Vegas because Connor fought Mendez. Jeremy. It was all going so well. <laughs> it was all going so Why? well. You should have tweeted it the night he said that, right? I guess perfection still takes time. <laughs> no. but, I um, completely changed my stance yes. on that tweet. Oh, man. How did you not know that? How do all these people know that? Yeah, how, uh, I guess Christian, they sent it to me um who else maybe the, they Olivia. were able to id like the mgm recognize hey they both fought on 189 and went back and good good job to the mma you know detectives out there wow um i i have completely flipped my stance on that <laughs> okay what a, what a deflating moment yeah um wow so disappointed wow okay what what a, <laughs> what a roller coaster of emotions speaking of which all right so a couple of weeks ago when the story with Jamel Hill and Donald Trump came out. I actually had it on my list of things to discuss, but I was like, yeah, you know, 
not the time nor the place. I don't consider myself a political person at all. I really don't have a ton of interest in the world of politics. There's many things about the world of politics that I'm not a fan of. I don't like the way it's reported on. I don't like the fact that, you know, there's biased media, there's liberal media and conservative media. Why can't they all just be down the line and report the truth, the facts, things of that nature? Um, I certainly don't consider myself a liberal in the sense that that's what I'm going to paint myself, you know, with that brush and just always stick by those principles. People will say to me sometimes like, oh, you're an Obama lover. If I could have voted, I wouldn't have voted for Obama in 2012. In fact, the last time I, vote, I voted for anyone was a Canadian election. I voted for the conservative party for Stephen Harper. So of course, these days, I, if I could have voted, I would have voted Hillary over Donald Trump. But I don't even understand why it's so taboo to talk about these things. Like I think in America, it's so taboo to talk about these things. But that's, you know, I'm not going to redefine those rules. I'm not getting into all of that. The point that I'm getting at is when I started this career, when I got on Twitter, I always made it a point. I think I've talked to you about this. Like, I don't want to abuse the platform. I don't want to take advantage of the audience. I'm fully aware that X amount of people are following me because they want MMA news. They want MMA information. They want MMA interviews. They want all things MMA. That's why they're interested in me. They're not interested in my takes on X, Y, and Z. They want MMA all the time. And I get that. And I think for the most part, I've been on Twitter for around like 10 years, almost, maybe a little less. I think I've stayed true to that. I don't want to abuse that relationship. I don't want to take advantage of the audience. And I'd say there's maybe like 1% or 2% of the time where I'll I'll stray, right? I'll talk about the Knicks. I'll talk a, a little bit about, you know, the Carmelo trade, things of that nature. But for the most part, if you look at my feed, it's it's pretty consistent as far as the MMA information is concerned, the MMA-related content is concerned. Now, this thing has come up, and we've talked about it. We talked about it in November, like how do journalists in this day and age stay in their lane, stick to sports, right? That's been a thing. Stick to sports, stick to sports. We don't want the two worlds colliding. And I've talked about how sports is an escape valve. That's what I love so much about sports. It's the one thing that can unify the public regardless of what you may think about, you know, the government or news, things going on in the real world. Sports is 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 this perfect little like fantasy world where we all kind of come together and we root for these, you know, these these things that don't really mean much in the, you know, the the larger scope. As I tweeted yesterday, Howard Cosell once called sports, you know, the toy department of life. The stuff doesn't really matter at the end of the day who wins you know between the bears and the packers things like it doesn't really matter it doesn't really change but things have changed over the past year and it's impossible i think to ignore the things that have happened over the past year and as i continue to get older and interested in other things and become a father and a husband you start to realize that like if you just want to live in this idealistic world where you know you sit down and you watch a football game for three hours and you can block everything out. Like if you could do that, good for you. But there's so much going on, whether it's politics, whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Puerto Rico, whether it's Mexico, whether it's Florida, whether it's Houston, like it's, it's very hard to just focus on, you know, the, the lollipops and rainbows that we want sports to be three hours of entertainment. It's very hard to do that. And so anytime 
one of us strays and comments on this or that, we will get a flood of stick to sports, don't mix politics. Well, guess what? Politics and sports have been mixing long before any of this were happening, was happening. Um, Muhammad Ali is a perfect example of that. I mean, you could go through the history of boxing with, with Max Schmeling and Jack Johnson. Politics and sports, politics and combat sports, if we want to zero in on the world that we live in, have been going hand in hand for years and years. Now, as it pertains to the current times that we're living in, let's not forget that the current president of the United States was once a USFL owner. Let's not forget that Donald Trump tried to buy an NFL team. Let's not forget that he hosted WrestleManias. Let's not forget that he was a character at a WrestleMania. Let's not forget that he was involved with affliction. Let's not forget that he was in the ring shaking Fedor Emelianenko's hand. Let's not forget that he asked Dana White to speak at the Republican National Convention. In the history of the White House, there's probably never been a president who has been that connected to sports in his past. Barack Obama was a big sports fan and played basketball and things like that. But like Trump has a long history in sports. And so he is, in some respects, like a very much you can't call him a sports figure, but he has that connection to the world of sports. That being said, I understand when fans get upset. I get it. I, I do get it when they say like, look, I, I, just, I don't want to come to you for this. I don't want to hear. I don't think differently of someone if they say I'm a liberal, I'm a Republican. I don't, but I understand it. Now, the best thing that happened this weekend, the absolute best thing that happened this weekend was that Donald Trump abolished stick to sports. When he said on Friday that the NFL owners should fire the SOBs who kneel during the anthem, he abolished the stick to sports line. You cannot say that anymore because now here he is as the president of the United States talking about a sports issue, an issue that is happening in sports arena. He completely abolished that. And then when he reacted to what Stephen Curry said of the Golden State Warriors, hey, I'm not sure I want to go to the White House. And he said, you know what? You're not invited anyway. He completely abolished stick to sports. And then, of course, we saw what happened with LeBron James and the tweet and all the other NBA players reacting. We saw what happened on Sunday, and it was surreal. I mean, that, that, that's you know one of the most historic days in, 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 in the history of American sports. Like all these athletes not standing for the national anthem. It's a very polarizing issue. It's a very divisive issue. It really has nothing to do with Donald Trump, and it has become sort of about Donald Trump. As we all know, it started with Colin Kaepernick and, and, and police brutality and uh, racial inequality. He was protesting that. But it has become a bigger thing. And I suspect that it will become an even greater thing. I suspect that it will become a hot topic throughout the NBA season and throughout the NFL season. I think it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And clearly, he's not backing down. But we can no longer say to our favorite journalists, to our favorite athletes, stick to sports. We can't. You can't say that when the president is fueling that fire, when he's the one talking about it, it doesn't apply anymore. Athletes are not just robots that wake up, go play sport and go home. They're allowed to have emotions. They're allowed to have feelings. They're allowed to react as well. And, and so that's why I said on, on, on Sunday that it was beautiful to see all the unity. It was beautiful to see these, you know, these rich multimillionaire athletes actually coming together, being on the same page and, you know, expressing their first amendment rights. That's what America is all about. And so why am I talking about all this? I talk about all this because on the 
the rare occasion that you know I comment, and again, I'm not, I don't consider myself a Democrat. I don't consider myself a Republican. I think it's time that we stop, you know, pretending that the world of sports is just this little, you know, um, angelic, idealistic bubble that you can just enter and 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 not think about anything. Everything goes away, and then you can. No, it it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way anymore. And I'm sorry if you know the sports world has been you know ruined for you because this has happened. But it's 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 just the times that we're living in. Personally, I think it's a fascinating time that we're living in. I can't wait to see what happens next. You know, I I, I wish it I wish it didn't happen. I wish I wish these words weren't being said. I wish the country wasn't as divisive in a weird way. It kind of feels like people are coming together in spite of all of this. But the 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 idea that we should just stick to sports to me no longer applies. And so I will not abuse the platform. I'm not going to abuse, you know, the rights that I've been given by you, the privilege that I've been given by you to tweet things. You've come to me for MMA information. I'm not going to, you know, devote hours and hours on the MMA hour to my other interests. But I, I, I sort of question the people who have no interest whatsoever. Like they don't even want, even want to hear it. And they come with such vitriol whenever, you know, like I have favorite sports writers. I have favorite media members. I want to hear what they have to say about all this. This has become a sports story. Go look at Donald Trump's Twitter feed. He's talking more about this than about things that are happening in Puerto Rico and Mexico, North Korea, the Middle East. He's talking more about the national anthem and, and, and players visiting the White House. He's talk, this is a sports story. It has become a sports story. You can't just stick to sports anymore. This is a guy who has a history in the world of sports who's now talking specifically about athletes. Stick to sports doesn't apply anymore. It doesn't. And it's a fascinating time. Now, I think that, you know, you always have to be careful. You always have to be respectful. You always have to try to be better. Aim high. Don't stoop. I think I made it pretty clear, you know, what or how I feel about the current president and the way he talks about people and the way he's handled himself in the public eye since trying to run for office and eventually winning office and becoming president. I think I made my, my, my thoughts pretty clear on that. And uh, there are many times where I, I, I feel like I'm biting my tongue. But if you want someone who is going to be like, like yesterday, I didn't want to hear anything about, you know, the Bills beating the Broncos. I just wanted to see what was going on. How were players responding? What were my favorite journalists saying? What were they writing? I, I, I was consuming it all. How could you just stick to sports in a time like this? How could you just want your favorite athletes or favorite media members just to fo fully focus on 14 to 3? I feel like that's a very naive way of thinking. And, and trust me, there is no one who understands more about the escape valve that is sports, about podcasts, about being a sports fan, about what it means to have you know, something to think about, that distraction. I had someone that, who wrote me yesterday saying, trust me, Ariel, you will be making the biggest mistake of your career if you go down the political route. I'm not going down the political route. I don't consider myself a political person at all. I'm going down the human route. I'm going down the, 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 the person with a heart route. I'm going down the person who has feelings route. I don't consider myself a political person, but I, I certainly consider myself a human being 
who cares for other people, who wants to see the best for other people, who wants to see equality, who wants to see everyone happy, who wants to see the best for America. How could you just ignore that? We may have our, our, our differences on what's best for this country and kneeling and standing and things like that. I don't necessarily need to get into all that, but to criticize someone or to try to silence someone for speaking up, for exercising their right, for saying what's on their mind when they feel like they're being mistreated, it, it, it's, it's, it's very misguided and it's unfortunate. And I know that everyone has a voice and I know there are going to be trolls and things like that. But please consider that when you're you know, telling your favorite journalist or athlete to just stick to sports. No, there are people who have... And, and this, is, this is the way of 2017 and beyond. We're reacting to things. Things are happening in, in, you know, in real time on Twitter and videos are popping up and clips are popping up and tweets and things like that. And, and people are going to react. But stick to sports doesn't apply. It's dead. It never applied in my opinion, but it certainly doesn't apply now. It doesn't fly anymore. That was the best thing to happen this weekend in a, in a very like surreal is the best word that comes to mind between what, you know, uh, the president said on, on Friday and then the Stephen Curry stuff and then, you know, the, the LeBron stuff and then Sunday, it was all very surreal. I mean, to see kind of the sports world come together and almost grow up a little bit and to stop pretending like there's not a real world and there's not, you know, things happening around us. um, It was fascinating to watch from afar. And so I I will never abuse that privilege. I'll never abuse that right. I'm not going to get too political. But when things like Charlottesville happen and it feels like Nazism is being condoned, at least to me, as someone who went to Auschwitz, who saw the pile of ashes, who saw the hair, who saw the broken glasses, who saw the toys, who saw the scratches on the gas chamber walls. Like when that, when, when I see people in America in 2017 walking as a father, walking, whose kids go to a Jewish school, walking with um, swastikas, like that's going to make me feel very uneasy. And you look to the leader of the free world to condemn that, to put that down. And when you don't see that happen, when you see football players who are kneeling at the anthem being condemned more so than that, that's troubling. And I can't help but feel like I need to at least say something. I'm not trying to offend people. I I feel, I I, I love, and and, and one of the things I love most about the MMA community is that the MMA community is so, I feel it's, it's for the most part, very accepting. You can have a card with two females headlining over, you know, 24 males and no one bats an eye. For the most part, females are paid equally to the male counterparts. Like I feel like our sport as alpha male as as it is, is actually a lot more progressive than other sports. That's what I love about it. No one bats an eye when two women are, are headlining an event. You can't say that in other sports when they're the main event, so to speak. So I think that that dialogue is important. I think it's it's important to respect each other. I think it's important to have an open mind. And I think that this idea of sticking to sports needs to go away because unfortunately right now, maybe there's a time when it comes back and it applies. And, and you know, those rights that you give us when you click the follow, when you come to us, I get it. I say it all the time. I feel like I work for the people. I work for the public. You guys gave me my credentials back. But in this day and age with what's going on right now, 
with sports and politics mixing like they've maybe never mixed so much before. Let's not forget about, you know, Tommy Smith and, 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 and again, Muhammad Ali and, 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 and Schmeling and Jack Johnson. And, and there's so many cases. I love the fact that our athletes in 2017 are speaking up now more so than ever, that they're not saying things like Republicans buy sneakers too, that they don't feel afraid to say something when, you know, something's bothered them. I think that that's good. I think that that's healthy for everyone. I don't think that this stuff should be taboo. I don't think that we should just keep it under our hat and pretend like all this stuff doesn't exist. No, that's how we get in trouble. That's how we get into sticky situations. So I think it's a great time to be living in. And, uh, and I just think that the discourse is good. Do we want it all the time? No, of course not. Do we want to turn the UFC on? Do you want to come on the MMA hour on a, on a regular Monday and talk about this for four hours? No, but this is a very unique time. And, um, and I think it's important to have an open mind and, and, and to hear people out. And if you feel like someone's taking it too far, then you know maybe you, you take a time out. I get that. I, I won't be offended. I, I can assure you, I won't be abusing that. But I just kind of wanted to verbalize a little bit why sometimes you know, I, I, I just feel the need, someone living in this, in this time period, and I don't know if I, if I even verbalized it, you know, correctly after a long show, but uh, it was just, it was, it was fascinating. It was, it was somewhat inspiring. It was, it was surreal. It was interesting. It was all those things. And then some to see what was happening and, and how, you know, the toy department seemed to grow up a little bit this past weekend. Luckily for us, it hasn't really extended to the world of mixed martial arts, uh, the anthem doesn't come into play. And, you know, for the most part, we've remained, you know, there's been moments here and there, but it, it, there's been no firestorm. It could happen. And and we will address that even closer because it's happening in our world. Um, but to all those people who say, you know, you just have to stick to sports, six sports. No, we're, we're human beings. And uh, certainly when I try to weigh in on something, it's not because I'm coming from a democratic uh, point of view or democratic stance. Uh, I just consider myself a human being who's privileged enough to be living in this great country. And this great country has given me the opportunity of a lifetime and has allowed me to live out my dream. I love the United States. That's why I am so happy to have this flag here. All right. That's all I wanted to say about that. I don't know if everyone is still here or if they left me. No, we're here. Okay. Um, some additional context real quickly before we move on. Uh, I mentioned earlier, probably the most tweeted, retweeted thing of all time. Guillerme Cruz, our very own at MMA Fighting, sent me the Connor tweet. Only 150K retweets and 190K likes. So um, blew it out of the water. This is a huge deal, obviously. Um, and also, LeBron addressed it uh, earlier today at the NBA's Media Day and didn't really back down from the comments. Kind of stood strong on it. I cannot wait to get home and consume all of the Media Day. This is one of my favorite days of the year when everyone comes out with their nice new jerseys. Well, how about this? I would subject you to 20 minutes on the Mellow deal, but I feel like I've gone, you know... That may deal. come up later, okay. <laughs> maybe. But uh, from Chris Manning, oh. who tweeted during the show, uh, Chris Manning is the editor what? over at Fear the Sword. Get the hell out of here. Indirect MMA hour reference at Cavs Media Day. I asked him to clarify. Somebody asked him about Isaiah's comments what? on the MMA hour. So Did they reference the MMA hour? I don't know if they name checked it. I haven't been able to find video. I was searching for it. Would be I nice. Been able to find video. Would be nice to get a little credit. Look, they're reporters. Yeah. I'm hoping that they, no that they did their job. There's no chance someone got on the MMA mic hour. at the press conference and said, um, the other Isaiah Thomas on the MMA hour back in August. Why not? No, there's no if chance. they were on ESPN, would they say he was on ESPN? I would hope that they would. So, 
Fingers crossed. All right. Uh, but shout out to Chris. Respect. For, uh, for paying attention for that. Respect. And uh, coming Although with he messed up the hashtag, but, you know. Listen, he's, he was at Cavs Close Media enough. Day. He, he took his time out. We're not going to dog him on that. Chris is the man. All right. Okay. Last thing. Yes. Uh, we found the, the actual footage. Uh, Sabina Mazo. There it is. Uh, head kick KO. Oh, Boom. Oh, Apologies to her and, uh, uh, for the old one. With a jab and, Boom. I mean, it just felt natural to throw that high kick. She's walking yeah, through it with uh, Phoenix Carnival. One hell of a kick. She does have very long legs. Congrats to her. Uh, impressive knockout. That's it for Rick's picks. Boom. Well done. Except for the the mess up. With the no, you know, we, we correct it. All right. That's, that's how we move on. Okay. Now, time to answer some questions. Thank you very much, Shaniric Rick. We're going to go to Twitter right now. So if you're watching the show on YouTube, on Facebook, at MMAfighting.com, you need to close those browsers or you can keep them up. I won't hate you, but you also need to open up Twitter. You need to go on the Twitter.com. You need to go to MMAfighting.twitter.com. And that's where we'll be for the next 30 minutes or so. We'll be answering your questions. You've been hitting us up using the hashtag the MMA hour. Hopefully all show long. Hopefully you have a lot to discuss. Hopefully you've hit us up with some good questions about Japan, about Bellator, 216 coming up, whatever else you want to talk about. We have a lot to discuss. I put out a poll. I'm looking forward to hearing what the results were. So there's much to discuss. It's been a fun day, but we've got a little more show to go. Again, MMAfighting.twitter.com, the MMA After Hours. Some people say it's their favorite segment of the day. So be it. If you've never experienced it, you're about to, because the MMA After Hour starts right about now. Yeah. Yeah. There it is, the MMA after hour time. Here's my little Fyodor thingy. This was a big hit on Saturday, right? Boom. Yeah, there it is. Someone named MMA Taliban on Twitter tells me sport is the safe place we get to go to get away from it all, not to be lectured. Strange Twitter handle, but um, okay. I don't think anyone's really lecturing. I think it's more talking about what's going on and it's hard to just ignore everything, but fair enough. Let's answer some questions. Hashtag the MMA hour. What do we got? What do we got? Our first question is your question. Oh. Question of the week. I think it's the appropriate way to kind of start these off. Do you agree, also to get the crap out of the way so we can get to the real stuff. Do you agree with the decision to headline USC 216 with the interim lightweight title fight over the official flyweight title fight? I know where this stands. Do you know where this stands? The current voting? I do not. With 8,210 votes in and 19 hours left to vote, uh, but we'll go snapshot of the moment. With 8,210 votes in, 52% of people agree with the decision to headline with the interim lightweight title fight. Yeah, I I, I feel like that's... I asked this question on Friday. I feel like that's pretty accurate from the responses I was getting. Mixed, mixed response. Well, a lot of people were like, nah, it's an insult to DJ. A lot of people were like, nah, the original main event was was Lee Ferguson. So, you know, I don't feel strongly, but I, I will admit, initially I was like, yeah, this seems a little weird. Um, you know, some people, some people were saying, well, look at UFC 189, the interim title fight 
main evented over Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald. Well, that one was a little different because Con- Connor was booked to fight Jose Aldo and Aldo pulled out less than two weeks out. So they're not going to bump him. This one was different. Although, you know, you, we must concede the fact that Lee and Ferguson, they were announced as the main event. So not fair to them to bump them down. I just thought it was interesting. I, I wonder, you know, if it was someone else, a different division, official title fight, interim title fight, do they switch things up? That's all. I have to think the answer is no to that. Okay. And that the weight class is more important than the interim versus non-interim. Also, it would almost be a conceit on their part that interim titles are less meaningful, wouldn't it? If they said, because this is an interim title fight, we're putting the uh, flyweight title fight as the main event, wouldn't it kind of essentially be a concession that interim title fights are less meaningful or even meaningless? Um which I don't think that I don't think that they would do or or quite frankly um is the case. I think this interim title fight rightfully belongs in that spot. Okay. Fair enough. I, I I'm not I'm not offended by it. I just thought it was interesting. Sure. Um if it was I don't know. I can't imagine that there's any fight they would bump under a flyweight title fight. Even if it's interim, what? Okay, name another division with an interim fight or or another title fight that would get lower billing, like under the official flyweight title fight. Mm-hmm. Let's say an interim featherweight, women's featherweight title fight. No, I still think it would. You think that gets above? Yeah. Not only any. Well, we're not talking about any flyweight title. Fight. We're talking about the fight that may break the record for most title defenses. Is that something that was like? super highly promoted leading into the first time they were going to fight and ultimately no. didn't. I don't think they value it that much. But to, to put you have to admit it's a event. little bit of an eye an eyebrow raiser, right? No. All right. Like I think I, I I'm I'm struggling to see the other side of it. I I guess if you're saying it's disrespectful to Demetrius or I'm not saying you, if one is saying it's disrespectful to Demetrius, is that not disrespectful to now uh, Kevin Lee and Tony Ferguson? Like what, what is the, the justification for disrespecting them versus? No. Yeah, I, I, I have no problem with it. In fact, I'd say it seems like good business to me. It, se- it seems like the right way to go. Okay. Now, if you start putting non-title fights above it now we have a problem okay now you're disrespecting but, th- but, but this is really i mean it's not a real title fight well that well if that's the case then don't like if if well, we know going, what this is right i if, mean they needed a title. hey okay. nobody Here, nobody was more on the daniel cormier is not the champion here's thing the thing than me. if so if if, to, if dj versus borg was always going to headline 216 if they were never going to fight at 215 mm-hmm. and they were always going to headline 216 and they also wanted to put Lee and Ferguson on the card. There's no way Lee and Ferguson would be an interim title fight. Well, I mean, fair enough because they're already in that position. I, I agree. Or maybe, with that. maybe I don't know. The, the reason that they did it was, because or maybe they, they needed, would. Yeah, maybe they would because they're doing. I mean, it's all kinds of crazy. I think that fight is just more exciting, more more what the fans want to see. That's it's at the end of the day, that's what's going to speak, and that's what's going to be the main event. Now, you think more people want to see Lee Ferguson than Borg, Borg DJ? Is that controversial? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of feel I like, think so. It's a little crazy in the sense that DJ is considered the pound for pound king. He's about to break a Has record. that bared any fruit in terms of ratings or viewership or pay-per-views? No, but I'm talking about the hardcores here. We're talking about the hardcores right now. 
No, that's not how they. That's not who they sell pay per views to. No, but I'm. They, I'm, they I'm, buy it. I'm. I'm putting out the poll to the hardcores. No. Well, fair enough, but no, I think that's the money fight on this card. All right. Uh, money, after, quote unquote. No, yeah, maybe pun intended. Right. After small glimpses of Saki's takedown defense, this is from David and clinch work against De Silva. Has MMA developed enough? Uh, has his MMA developed enough to take light heavyweight top ten? Essentially. Let's not really like yeah. break down his takedown defense or anything like I that. I think the jury's but still out. Do you think he could crack into the top ten? I think the jury's still out, right? I think you know we were talking about this a little earlier. I think that division is so weak, except for you know a, a handful of guys at the top, that he could really get in there pretty quickly. Um, if you give him another uh, fighter who's going to stand with him, I could see him cracking the top ten. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, soon. who's in the top ten? Yeah, like who's number ten? But like. Uh, Oh, I get. I guess. I get. When I think top ten, you like you think of a certain caliber, but the top ten of the UFC light heavyweight division is kind of playing by different rules these days, right? Because it's so shallow. So yeah, sure. Who do we got? Number ten is Patrick Cummins. Number nine is Alir Latifi. Number eight is Misha Serkinov. Number seven is Corey Anderson. Number yeah. six is OSP. Like our uh, number five is Shogun. Number four is uh, Jimmy Manoa. Number three is Glover. Number two is Volcano Ozdemir. And number one is Alexander Gustafson, champion Daniel Cormier. I don't see anybody on there that I'm going, oh, no, there's no chance he gets to the top 10. I think, you know, maybe he fights a guy like a Tyson Pedro next. He could vault himself in the top 10. I don't know if he fights a Tyson Pedro, but there's guys on the back end there like a Jan Blachowicz, like a a John Volante, um, you know. The answer to, at least my answer to this question straightforward is... Yes, very easily I could he see him. He will crack the, top, the top 15 after his next fight, just given the fact that there's just not so many guys. And then he'll win that fight. If he wins that fight, then he'll go into the top 10. One thing I forgot. Yes. If you were watching before, we had Rick's picks. One thing I for- totally forgot, but meant to mention, mm-hmm. Claudia Gadelia and, uh, and Jessica Andrade. Incredible fight. fight. Although um, I saw There a lot wasn't of like one little highlight that sure. stood out, but it was just an amazing fight all, all overall. Should have highlighted that. That's that's on me. I saw a lot of people who say that, that that was the best fight in women's MMA history or UFC women's MMA history. No, no, it's great though. I agree though. Not the best. Uh, I mean, Misha Tate, Holly Holm, um, Ioannia, J. Chai, Claudia Gadelia too. Those are better fights. Yeah, the swings and momentum yes. in in all the Joanna and Gadelia fights were were more impressive than mine. This was actually after the first few minutes of the first round. It was rather one sided. Yeah, great fight. Great fight, but it wasn't the greatest of all time. Yeah. I think we're on the same page there. With Jones' situation, uh, looking at the light heavyweight top 10 versus the heavyweight t- top 10, which division is more exciting right now? Heavyweight versus light heavyweight? Yeah. Let me bring up. I'll give you a Dang. I'll give you a rundown of... We just ran yeah. down light heavyweight. I'll give you a rundown of heavyweight. Overeem number one. With, uh, sorry, Stipe is the champ. Overeem number one. Fabricio Verdum number two. Cain Velasquez number three. Nganu number four. Hunt number five. Derek Lewis number six. Seven, Volkov. Eight, Tybura. 9, Olenek. 10, Stefan Struve. 11, Junior Albini. 12, Andre Arlovsky. 13, Curtis Blades. 14, Travis Brown. 15, Tim Johnson. I'd say they're in a similar kind of... I'll go with light heavyweight for this reason. Yeah, talk I to mean, me. I mean, Saki coming in is exciting. Sure. Like, the, 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 the main exciting thing that the heavyweights have right now, to me, is Nganu. Like, I want to see where he goes, right? You can make a small case for Volkov. You can make a case, we'll see how Derek Lewis looks. But there's not a lot going on right now, right? Not a not a fresh group of of talent that's infused. Saki is like super exciting to me because sure. of who he was in the kickboxing world, and now he's coming in. There's not a ton I, going on, but then once we get into like the top three, like Volkan yeah. has that interest. 
Yeah, Gustafson versus DC is interesting to me. Like, there's there's enough there. There's not that much going on at heavyweight right now, especially with you know Stipe's contract issues. So I lean towards light heavyweight. I think I fall on the other end, but not by a ton. I just think that the top, let's say six, up to about Derek Lewis. You know, you're you're talking about Overeem, Verdum, Velasquez, Ngannou, Hunt, Lewis. I think that's stronger than the than the light heavyweight side, and I'm more interested in kind of that title picture. Um, but they're both not in in the best of shape right now. They they need some some talent, and that's why guys like Gokan Saki when they come in um, get people excited. Okay, speaking of that division, any updates on John Bones Jones? Do we know anything further? Um, Nothing. after not the latest round of testing being revealed. Okay, reaction to Claudia losing to Jessica. What's next for both fighters going forward? So I thought Claudia started off really strong, but then back end of the first round, Andrade started to adapt. Second round was hers. Third round was hers. I think Andrade is super impressive. I thought that that was an amazing win for her. Um, I thought it was really interesting afterwards how she kept saying how she doesn't have to leave Brazil to get that good training in, yeah, clearly she, taking a she, shot at Claudia, mm-hmm. throwing that shade. Um, it was it was a really fun fight. It was, as far as like rankings go and the level of talent, it was the best fight on the card. There's no doubt about it. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those fights where it's like, who are the people who lost to Joanna who aren't getting a shot anytime soon? You match those up. We've seen that in those divisions like featherweight, um, where there's been like dominant champions, bantamweight, things like that. So it, it was super impressive. I don't think it's going to get her a title shot anytime well, soon. I think it was timely because if, let's say, Rose wins, now you've got oh, now you've got a clear number one contender. Yeah. She, although if Rose think, wins, you know, Joanna could very well get a. That's true. A title but shot. what I think this established was for the longest time, Claudia was essentially number one, and then there was everybody else. There was Claudia is the second best. She's given Joanna her best shot each of the times. Now we've seen. Jessica Andrade is is not to be trifled with um, yeah. and kind of clearly established herself as as that next position. Um, so I think if if we get a shakeup at the top, she's put herself in as good a position as you can to get that title shot. She she definitely showed out. Um, but uh, again, I meant to highlight it, but an incredible fight by both fighters. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What are your thoughts on the next uh, potential opponent for Luke Rockhold? A fight with Romero could be interesting. I think a fight with Romero could be very interesting. Um, honestly, as I said at the top, I really wouldn't be surprised if he finds his way in a title shot. I mean, crazier things have happened. It's all about can the UFC fill these cards with title shots? And if there's no champion available, they're going to start making these title fights, right? Like they're, they, they, they are not... They, the problem, one of the problems I have with the UFC these days is that there's so many shows, there's so many holes to fill... They can't think six months in advance. They can't book, you know, for the year. They they really just have to make it to next month with some of these cards. Two sixteen is an example of that. So it's like it's, it's impossible to predict what's going to happen in December. Everything's on the table. He seems most interested in either fighting, obviously, for the belt November fourth or Whitaker. I, would I be surprised if he fights Romero? No. Do I like that fight? Yes. He wanted that fight not that long ago. Um, but there's just so much up in the air right now. It's a very, it's a very weird time in the UFC. There's just like it, it. Does it not feel like it's a bit of a rudderless ship? Yeah. Like with the marketing, I still don't think they've got it down with the posters. Like the posters, I was just talking about the posters, like the Anderson and Gaslam one. It's the same thing every time. It's the big guy over the little guy. It's like let's make a big image and then put a small image. Yeah, the like, big head. 
you know, it did great looking, with GSP Diaz and now they keep doing it over again. Um, it just like, there's, there's no, like to me, combat, like, where's Dana White? Why is it like, like to me, combat sports is all about, you know, there's a promoter, like there's a system here. There's a formula. They don't have that system anymore in place. They don't have that formula in place. Like it's important to have a promoter. It's important to have a carnival barker go out there and talk and, and, and scream and tell people why these fights are so great. It's important to have that system in place. I've told you that in the past. That's one of the things I, I thought Glory was missing. You know, Coker over time has become better at that. He wasn't always very good at that. It's important that they don't have that right now. You know, we don't know what's going on with Connor. You know, Ronda's clearly gone. John Jones, like it just kind of feels like, and this is a super important time for the UFC. This is one of the most important times in their recent history. They're about to get into serious negotiations for their TV deal. The TV deal is up, not this December, next December. But now's the time that people are looking at your product. What do you have? How are your ratings? Where are your stars? Now's the time that you're you're actually being looked at with 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 a very fine tooth comb. This is a fascinating time for them. Yeah, I, I think all those things that you mentioned are definitely factors and contributing to this. But I think the biggest one overall is that fighters are not rushing into fights as much as as they had in the past. There's there's a much more prevalent sentiment about sitting down, holding out for money, um, not fighting injured. The the ship just kind of running itself and continuing to sail on smoothly um, has, been, has been disrupted. Yeah. It, it's, it doesn't happen like that anymore. There's a lot more hesitation um, and you just can't trek on to the next thing. And look, one more thing, like you can't compare the two. I know it's not apples to apples, but, and, 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 and what we're going to be talking about here, what I'm going to bring up is obviously not the same, but like now in this important time, are the fighters going to realize that if they get 0% of the TV deal that the UFC is going to sign at some point in the next year and change, that they like, are they going to wake up and realize that that would be a horrible mistake? That there is a lot of money that they could be privy to if they play their cards right, if they come together, if they unify some respect, or are they just going to say, you know what, we're not entitled to this. Thanks, but no thanks. How's that going to happen? I don't know how it's going to happen. Honestly, that's not my job. My job is to talk about these things. My job is to bring light to these things. It's not my job to get them to come together. But it's got to be somebody. How are job. you not sitting there and saying, look, my brother and sister, they're about to make a lot of money because of us. Any network that signs the UFC is going to sign the UFC because of their roster not because of the UFC. It's because of who they have, what they've got going on, the big fights they have coming up. That's why they sold for $4 billion. That's why WMEING wanted to get into this business because they were killing it. Are they going to smarten up? I don't have confidence just based on history, but that's another interesting story to watch now. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm in the same boat. I don't, I don't have much confidence. None of those associations that were, you know, around before making much noise these days. Uh, from Chuck MMA, how do you guys feel about the Diaz-McGregor trilogy? How do you see that fight going? So Chuck Mendenhall? No. No. Um, well, I addressed this a little bit. That's the fight that they want. Will actually happen. There's a lot of hurdles. Both guys are going to demand a lot of money, but it's the biggest money fight. Don't you agree? It's the biggest money fight. Two million, I think you could do. Right? Do you agree? It's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. This, is, this is the fight. 
um, as Anderson Silva would say. And by the way, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem with with with, with that being a title fight. I really don't. Mm, that I'm I might have an objection to. Yeah, I don't really. Care. Although, look, I mean, this there have been age? worse title yeah, shots. Yeah, there have been. So I don't have a problem with it. It's it's not. But why? It's big enough. You don't need to make it a title fight. Well, I mean, why wouldn't it be? Why wouldn't it be a title fight? Yeah, because Connor's the 155 champion. Make the third fight for the belt and end it. That's the one. Well, why wouldn't... Uh, I guess you're right. I mean, if it's not the next fight, that's that's the only way it would not be. Um, no, I think it will be. Again, unless something really bad happens in the negotiations. Yeah, well, yeah. Why would Connor fight a non-title fight? He has to... Defend. Well, it depends. It, no, well, if it's okay. going to happen at lightweight. Yes. It's going to happen at lightweight. It's not going to happen at 170. That makes no sense. Made no sense the second time they did it. I get it. All right. He beat me the first time at 170. I want to beat him again. Okay, now you're 1-1. Now change the stakes. Up the ante. Make it for the belt. Yeah. Winner takes all. You know what? You convinced me. I don't have a problem with it. Okay. Make it for the belt. Yeah, of course. I mean, there's no alternative. Yeah. Um, Unless they didn't fight at 155, but I don't want to see it at 170 again. No. I didn't want to see it at 170 the second time, but I get the, I get the narrative. Yeah. Scott Wiley... If you are matchmaking in the welterweight division, who are the next opponents for rising stars, Mike Perry and uh, Kamaru Usman? I, like we said, I like Usman versus RDA. I like Perry versus Condit. Perry called out someone last week. Who did he call out after that win? It was someone who was high up. Um, Robbie Lawler. Yeah, that's right. Gosh, that would be nuts. I love that too. Why not? Let's make some new stars here. I'm down. Mike Perry versus anybody. Usman versus anybody too. I, I feel like he really needs really to step like up though. I really like the Usman though. versus RDA fight. Yeah, Usman I don't know he, if RDA is going to take it, but that's 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 a I, tough I one. like those fights where it's like Jared Cannonier versus Glover, you know, like a, Right, like a where somebody's guy. getting an opportunity. Yeah. And if but he loses, okay, back to the if, the queue and and If you're the veteran though, you feel like somebody's sure. trying to build their name off I your feel, back. I you really like. have to you really have to be able to play the game with that one and, and see the the bigger picture. From Mushroom Mike, any info on the next fight of uh, Yair Rodriguez, please send power to all the MMA community in Mexico. So yes. I imagine Mike is or Ike is from Mexico and looking for some info on Pantera. Much love to all the people in Mexico. Um, we spoke to Pantera in Edmonton. He's feeling things out as far as his training is going. Spent a little time at Team Alpha Male. We'll see if he actually, you know, goes there full-time. He hasn't fully decided whether or not he will stay there full-time. Um, said he didn't have a fight. Said he, you know, felt a lot of pressure in the Edgar fight and, and is learning how to deal with that. So I think he's just taking some time to get things in order. But as of right now, he doesn't have a fight. It's interesting, though, that he's changing scenes once again. You know, he was in uh, Albuquerque. He went to Chicago, now looking elsewhere. So you'd like to see him find a stable home and, and, and just stay there for quite some time through the ups and the downs. Ray Borg, if he misses weight again, is he a 125-er? No. That's it, right? No. I think we have to be done with that. Yeah. Um, sounded today like he was confident he's going to be able to make weight. So. Yes, but the one thing I still don't understand, why did you fire, but he didn't want to get into that, but why did you fire your nutritionist if it had nothing to do with the weight cut, right? Sure. But he didn't want to get into that. This was a question that was asked by multiple people, actually. 
potential headliners for the Detroit pay-per-view. A lot of people interested in this one. Yeah, the DeRozan guy. I would imagine he's from Toronto and he wants to go. Um, Take a trip to Detroit, yeah. Look, the one that I think makes the most sense is Stipe because Cleveland is next to Detroit, but it sounds like he's targeting end of the year if they get the contract situation resolved. And of course, um, there's also the beginning of, of 2018 if they can't get it, in, it done in time. Um, there aren't a ton of options. You know, these are the ones that are options. Um, so Stipe right now, I don't consider him an option just because he made it pretty clear last year, uh, last week that he wants to come back at the end of the year. Uh, I don't think DC will fight on that card. Um, I don't think Michael Bisping will fight on that card. I don't think Tyron Woodley is going to fight on that card. I don't think that Conor McGregor is going to fight on that card. I do think there's a chance that they do Holloway Edgar on that card if Holloway can get his contract situation figured out. I don't think the winner of Cody and TJ Dillashaw going to fight on that card. I'd be very surprised if DJ turns around and fights on that card. I don't think Ioana is going to fight on that card. There's maybe a chance that um, the 145 pound belt is defended on that card, you know, because that's a that's a potential one with Cyborg and Holly Holm. By the way, with the Chris Cyborg situation, there's a chance that she's extended um, one more fight because of the USADA thing. Remember, I, I reported that her contract is up in October, but th there's a chance that they will just extend her contract for a few months because they'll consider that time like sort of a frozen time in the contract. So there's a chance that her last fight will be that Holly Holm fight if they're able to get that fight done. So to recap, you know, maybe the featherweight title fight for the men or the women, um, I guess there's an outside chance heavyweight, but right now there's, there's not a ton going on. They, they still have those issues to deal with. You know, Stipe's contract, Max Holloway's contract, Cyborg's contract. Again, fascinating time. It ain't so easy running an MMA promotion. Could be a tough one, the DeRozan guy. They, they, Hang in there. They got, they got to Norfolk, right? They just kind of finalized Norfolk with Pettis and Poirier. So we're getting close to December 2nd, but not quite there yet. Lorenz Larkin. Benson Henderson, after all the talk about their signing, was it a good move ultimately by the UFC to let them go? Too soon to tell. You touched on this a yeah. little bit earlier. Uh, the free agents that Bellator has signed that have come from the UFC haven't really all been home runs that that they may have hoped for. But that's was kind it of a looking, good move by the UFC? That's kind of looking at it with the glass half empty because it does elevate, like Daly gets a knockout over a name, right? Um Pitbull gets a win or Chandler gets a win over a name. So it's, sure. they don't have to necessarily win. It's it, it just kind of like the, the theory that a rising tide lifts all boats. You do want your big, you know, your big signings to pay off. It's, well, especially because if they're getting the, the higher paychecks, sure. you don't want them to be on the losing end. Absolutely. But there is something to be said also for, you know, like, look, the Beltor talent ain't bad, right? Nope. Pitbull ain't bad. Chandler ain't bad. Um, Douglas Lima beat Larkin ain't bad, right? So there is something to be said for that as well. Um, I don't think it's been horrible. You want kind of a mix. You want like it, you know, you, you want it to be 50-50. You don't want them to just come in and smoke the Bellator guys. You don't want them to just lose. So, you know, they've had some wins. But um, from the UFC perspective? Oh, from the UFC perspective? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, look, they're, they're, their business isn't going down because Lorenz Arkin is there. Lorenz Arkin was fighting on the fight past prelims against Neil yeah. Magny in his last fight. Um, Benson was a headliner, yeah. but I don't think that he was a, you know, a, a, a huge name for them. So mm -hmm. yeah. So the UFC is able to afford to let these guys go. Like they're not going to cry over the fact that Roy Nelson is gone. They're no. not going to cry. Is, is it unfortunate that Gegard isn't there? Like you, you want the top five guys, especially when that you built up again at middleweight to be there. Yeah, of course. But 
they're not, they're not going to crumble because those guys. Now you want to talk about a Connor leaving, obviously, or a G, GSP leaving, or you know one of the a, a Cyborg or a Holly Holm. These could be difference makers. For Bellator, it's about collecting them and building them. Like one or two names aren't going to make the difference to them, but them together starts to build up the promotion. If you get what I'm saying, should Bellator implement the five round main events? You know, I was like never the- a huge fan of the five round main event, but I've kind of gotten used to them, and it does feel weird now watching a Bellator show and it's just three rounds. Um, you'd like the sport to be uniform. You know, I, I've never really asked them why they haven't adopted it. But yeah, it it does kind of feel like it's time. I, I didn't like it when the, the UFC did it. And now? Now I don't mind it. I'm firmly in the five-round camp. Yeah. I think it's time. I'm more, I'm more worked up about boxing having 12 round title fights when it should be 11 or 13 that just pissed me off fair enough uh bellator 183 was great they've had some big signings this year how close is bellator to closing the gap with the ufc still a big gap the ufc is still kleenex the ufc is xerox they're the brand name um if you look at the ratings you know the the, and there's way more ufc events like it's you can only really compare the two if they have the same amount of events in the same calendar year, and then you start to compare everything, right? The bigger shows, the ratings, the gates, and all that stuff. It's harder now because Bellator has less shows. So, you know, the UFC product is a little more thinned out. They've got more toys to play with. Um, do I think that the gap is closer today than it was a year ago today? Yes. Do I still think that the gap is gigantic? Yes. It's still the UFC. They're still the brand name. Do I think that Bellator has made some nice moves? Yes. Do I think that the UFC has had some self-inflicted wounds? Yes. Do I still think that the UFC is the brand for the foreseeable future, barring some kind of disaster? Absolutely. They're still the home to the best fighters. They're still the home to the biggest names. They're still able to put on the biggest, most important shows. They're still the home to Conor McGregor and the like. They're not going anywhere as far as this two-horse race is concerned. But it's nice, you know... um, a friend of mine once said he he got married and it was like two years in and he's like, you know, sometimes it's nice to have, you know, a little meat when you're having chicken every night. Of course he was joking, but when it comes to being an MMA consumer, it's nice to have a different product to watch from time to time. I wish there were three, four, five other promotions that we could watch in North America who are thriving and putting on great shows. Right now there's only really two. Um, as far as like the big leagues are concerned, there's, there's other ones like, you know, LFA are doing their thing and we'll see what happens with PFL. Um, but right now there, there, there's two big dogs. So that's good. Um, I wish there were more, but fine. I'll take two over none or take two over one. The gap is closer, but let's not kid ourselves. It's still a massive, massive gap. Can you repeat what the thing, the person who's getting married said? I didn't get it. Uh, it's good to have some meat. You're talking like, it's good to have a hamburger when yeah. you're getting chicken every night. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what I mean. Like red meat. Sorry, yeah, like I meant red meat. Because uh, um, he said it to me in Hebrew and basar is is the, so meat. I was the basar is meat. Yeah. And, and yeah. chicken is chicken. Okay. I was a little lost, but Sorry. I'm with you. Yeah, you feel me. I, and, and, I, <laughs> and I definitely feel what he was saying. I, I want that. I want that hamburger uh, every once in a while. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Ariel. Yes. Oh, here we go. What is your fondest memory oh, of the Carmelo God. Anthony? You're going to get me all emotional. I was really emotional on Saturday when this actually happened. Uh, I've seen some pictures of him pop hey, up. Hey, let me ask you another question. Yeah. I want you to answer this, but I also want you to answer, how does it feel that Huddy Mello has emerged as possibly the best player in the NBA and now you've lost yeah. him? By the way, 
I don't love the fact that he showed up wearing the hood today. In the interviews? Yeah. I love it. Oh, all right. But I mean, Melo is a, I, is, is a I like the fact that he now. didn't really acknowledge it, and now he's like acknowledging. It's almost like Bellator and the Fedor sweater, and, and then they did it with the Rory turtleneck. Like, no, see, you can't. other people are pointing it out. He didn't go, I'm hoodie Melo today. No, but he just he showed wore, up. That's the move. Yeah, but he That's wore it, he smiled, he put it on. You know, like, don't wear what? it today, but give it to us tomorrow when you're No, hoodie, Mel- H- hoodie Melo transformation is complete. I think they're going to let him wear it on the court. Yeah, right. Um, but if the Thunder are smart, start making some hoodie jerseys. Start making hoodies. Oh, I, I, I would have snatched one of those up in a second. Um, so my feelings are Carmelo Anthony getting traded very short. So I was in, I was at Syracuse when he was there, right? For that one year when they won in 2003. So I've always kind of like rooted for the guy. I was at the draft in 2003 when he got drafted by the Nuggets. And of course, LeBron James went first. So I, I, I felt a kinship to Mr. Anthony over the years. Um, us being New York guys, you get the story. <laughs> <laughs> when the story came out that he wanted to come to the Knicks in 2011, I believe it was, I loved it. I was all in. I couldn't believe it. Superstar coming to the Knicks, our first superstar since um, Patrick Ewing. I was in Sweden, no, in Sydney, UFC 127. And I remember the trade going through and I was so excited. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. It was great. It was so great to have a superstar. Over the years, I've been a big mellow backer. Um, I always supported him. I feel like he's a great role model. I feel like he's a tremendous player. Um, people love to shit on him. No, I, I, I've always backed Carmelo and he's given us some great years. Um, I hated the way it ended. I wish it didn't end this way. I hated the fact that they gave him a no trade clause. If they were going to sign him, don't sign him with a no trade because you never know what's going to happen. I hated the fact that Phil Jackson devalued his, his stock. Um, I hated the fact that he openly tried to get him to leave. I hated the fact that the rest of the league knew that the, that the, that, that the Knicks wanted to get rid of him. Um, I hated the fact that once Phil Jackson left, they couldn't make amends and, and get him back on track because I really think that he's going to have a great year. And and I, I like him on this team and being sort of a role model for the likes of Chris Porzingis and Billy Hernan Gomez. I, I, I like that and I'm sad to see him go. And I, and I don't really feel all that impressed with the return, although I feel like they got what they, you know, the, they got the best that they could actually get because everyone knew that they were desperate and especially yeah. knew that they were going to, you know, want to get rid of him before media day today. This is not really answering your questions. But yeah, so like very, every lemon, what you're saying is like every lemon that's ever been purchased. very cathartic for me. He, um, the first day was the best day and then it was all downhill from there. You were very excited to get him and then you, you found out that the engine wasn't, you know, what something it, like what that. It, but uh, 2012, 2013 season was great. phenomenal. 54 wins. That was a great year. I went remember to most when of you, the playoff games. Remember when you called me just to rub in my face that Kyrie Irving was going to come to the Knicks and then <laughs> he went to a division rival and, and then you lost Melo? Listen, I still believe that Chris Stapps is going to lead us to the championship. I still believe in this team. I think it's a good thing. Addition by subtraction. Yeah, it hurts. Melo's a great player. It hurts. But now it's Chris I saw, I saw. I saw that video of the, the OKC fans you know, They'll, at the at the airport, embracing him, and then I see him today in the Thunder jersey, and and it hurts a little bit. I want two months from now when he's playing ISO mellow ball. Yeah. They'll, they'll I can't long look, for. Here's time. the silver lining. I can't wait to see the Porzingis era. I can't wait to see him lead the team. I believe in the team. I I, I will always be a Knicks fan. I'm not a believer in Jeff Hornacek. I'm not so sure on the front office. I'm certainly not so sure on James Dolan as an owner who's able to stay out of the way and lead them to a championship and put the right people in place. I wish we had a Presti, a Masai Ujiri. I wish we had an R.C. Buford. I wish, but we don't have that. So here we are 
you know, with our situation. Um, it's sad that the, the 2012, 2013 season is our only, you know, respectable is, season in 17 years. Is, <laughs> uh, is your fondest memory of the Carmelo Anthony era, Jeremy Lin, when oh, Carmelo stop. wasn't even playing? No. Um, that 54 win season was tremendous. He was great playing the four. He was tremendous. He was, he was very good. So I don't know. I don't know what to feel about all of this. There's no one moment that stands out though. Is there one game you're saying? Yeah. One fondest memory. I don't have one. Yeah. Really when he was traded, that was the most exciting time. Oh boy. Right. And then he played against the bucks and they had that commercial. I'm coming home. I'm coming yeah, home. You know, it's just, it's mostly sad that like, I feel like he's worth a lot more than Enos Cantor and Doug McDermott in a second round pick. And I feel He'll like- cut his legs yeah, out. Yeah, and, and that's what pisses me off. And I'm so nervous about this rookie, Frank Nilakina because I feel like they should have had um, Dennis Smith Jr. And that would have been very exciting. And, I, and I'm, just, I'm just worried right now. I'm really worried. <laughs> I will comfort you. I just, don't, I, just, I just don't want them to be like, one in 12 in November and, and completely out of it because I can't go through another depressing season like that. And guess what? It's trending in that direction. On the flip side, though. Just kidding. I can't comfort you. By the way, it's going to be bad. By the way, on the flip side, as a basketball fan, this is great. I mean, Melo, and if you have to go somewhere like Westbrook and Paul George, and then, you know, like I like the fact that it's not a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are going to win. Like they're probably going to win, but I, I like this. Wade's going to go to the Cavs probably. Thank God. Oh. The, the, I'm excited about that one. No, stop it with that music. Get out of here with that. <laughs> I'm going. <laughs> not nice. Okay. Here's an interesting one. I thought that was it. No, we're not done. Oh. Have y'all, more oh, you, yes. have ever been interviewed by Canadian sensation Nardwar? I love Nardwar. Do now, you know I Nardwar? Love, I love Nardwar. Do, 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 do. That's the only reason I asked this, but he only interviews musical Yeah, he, he's not going to talk. It, it, Although he has tweeted me. If you go through my likes, you'll see that um, he has tweeted me once. Did you ever tweet doot doot? No, but he tweeted me that. Of course he did. Yeah, that's, that's his thing. Uh, those interviews are yeah, so great. Yeah, that's the end of every interview. If you do, yeah, but I didn't know he actually tweets it. Um, he gives he does these interviews with musicians and he gives them all kinds of random um, objects and that kind of tells Is the Is he the most story. well-researched interviewer of all time? Oh, man. Does he know the most about each subject before going? I'd like going to know, in? is it just him or does he have a team? I mean, he's Is incredible. he the one who's going out and buying that stuff? But yeah. You could sometimes get into Nardwar rabbit holes. Oh, I've done it. Right? Oh, I've done it. It's just amazing. Nardwar. Find him. And you know what I love most about it? The reaction to the gifts. Because it's all very genuine. Like, you know that they're not reacting. What I hate is sometimes people aren't appreciative of the level of yeah, research he yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, cool, yeah, man. That's, like, the it's, that's the flip side. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's uncomfortable. Dude, I just did like hours of research. Not only the research. These incredible actually things. go out and get the stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. That is a but the people who do appreciate it, if you ever see like Jay-Z or the Jay -Z ones where one like their minds are like completely blown. I love that. Love that. Um, Nardwar. Shout out to Nardwar. That's Canadian royalty. That's interview royalty right there. Okay. Here's a, another one. What hair products do you use? Me? No, you. I don't use any. I don't use any. This is all, this is all, all natural. What kind of question is this? Look, maybe you put a little clearly you don't balm use any, or something and in And I there. don't have any hair. Wait, wait what? <laughs> what do you mean Clearly. Uh, no, I don't use anything. Implying. Although our good friends over at the uh, the Dollar Shave Club do hook us up with some nice stuff that I like. That that yeah. butter. The beer no, butter. But actual hair products? Nothing. What are you talking about? Got nothing. No. Still um, still going for my Tuesday haircuts. Still haven't found the right barber. But That's unfortunate. Uh, yeah. 
but no hair product. No. But what do you need the right barber for? You're talking about no hair product. What 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 kind I of need haircut? The trust. I need the consistency. Your haircut seems very simple. I have no. to admit. You know, I'm trying to switch things up. I got a little fade going sometimes. <laughs> <you know? laughs> a little skin fade. You know, I try to feel fresh. Uh, try to feel fresh. Ariel, last question. This okay, one wasn't on the list, oh. but uh, somebody tweeted it, and it's probably worth highlighting. Did you see the? Um, this is not the question. No, no, I'm reading this. Oh, one. Okay. This one's not on here. Did you catch uh, any of the ADCC, the jujitsu um, tournament? I did not. It was good stuff. Did you? Uh, I didn't watch any of it. I was following along on Twitter. I was at a wedding in Calgary, so I wasn't able to like tune in. How was Calgary? Beautiful. Lake Beautiful. Louise. Yeah. Ever been? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've oh. never been. I've been to Calgary, but not Lake Louise. Primo. Lake Louise is beautiful. Um, shout out to my boy Keith yeah. and Kara, uh, who got married. Um, ADCC was good. Gordon Ryan established himself as uh, probably the next star, 22 years old, won his division. And then Chelsea was victorious. Absolute. Yeah. Um, always, always interesting to kind of keep aware of the ADCC sure, stuff because sure. a lot of champions end up kind of transitioning over to the UFC or. Yeah, Guillermo Cruz was reporting MMA. on it, but uh, no, I didn't have time. I was in Montreal. You know, there was a lot of MMA this weekend. There was. And that was enough for me. Plus, I had to sort of cope with the whole Carmelo Anthony thing. You know, Stephen oh, I feel Curry, so bad for you. Bomb, Trump. There was a lot going on this weekend. I feel so bad for you. That's it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mr. New York Rick. Thank you very much to everyone in the back. Thank you very much to everyone who sent in questions. Thank you very much to our good friends at Twitter. It has been another fun day here on the MMA Hour. The MMA After Hour is in the books. That means you can hear my music, Mr. Rob. Thank you very much for that. Got a gift today. I don't know if you saw that earlier, but I got a mug from one Mickey Gall. We also buried the hatchet. We're best buds again. I'm going to text him later and I'm going to say, Hey, Mickey Gall, are we cool? I hope that he at least responds. But I must say, I'm kind of... I'm kind of impressed that I could tell from his lack of responses that he was really pissed off at me. Anyway, the new and improved Mickey Gall is a sight to behold. I could just feel the energy and the confidence just oozing out of him. He is ready to go. Loved it. That was a lot of fun. Thank you very much to him for stopping by and uh, his pal Wild Bill as well. Thank you very much to Gokan Saki. Congratulations on the successful UFC debut. Thank you very much to one Luke Rockhold. Great stuff. And Mazel Tov to his mother on her wedding this past weekend. Thank you very much to Ray Borg. All the best on October 7th, UFC 216 against Demetrius Johnson. That is just two weeks away. How about that? Thank you very much to Kamaru Usman. That was great stuff. Great to have him on the show for the first time. Thank you very much to Matt Brown. Love Matt Brown interviews. Very introspective, very intelligent very thoughtful wish him the best good luck on november 11th and again congratulations on a phenomenal career thank you very much of course to mickey gall best of luck on november 4th and finally thank you very much to one aaron pico congratulations once again and happy birthday 21 how about that back next week same time and place until then say peace i'm out of here